Okay, awesome, awesome, brilliant. So uh, here we are, uh, Wave Dash 13, which is all about, um, what are we talking about today? What happened recently in, in the world of tech? And I, I forget. Season four. season four. There we go. Four. <laughs> That's right, season four. So um, yeah, season four. And I'm really, really glad to have, um, well, two familiar faces uh, for this podcast, but one uh, fresh face on this podcast. I'm very, very happy to introduce Cuddlecore. Thanks for having me. Hey, hey, and Fergus. Hi, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Awesome. And Mihawk. Nice to be here as always. Thanks for having me. Hello, hello, everyone. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Mihawk, when did you like jazz up your room like that? It looks awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, I just got, I just changed the arrangement of my room. I had these figure figurines that you can see in the back for quite a while. Yeah. I got the PlayStation lamp gifted for my birthday, which was like two or three months ago. Mm. And uh, yeah, I bought those those other lights. So around uh, like two or three months ago, I've I like slowly upgraded everything. Yeah. That's super cool. I really like the PlayStation lights. It's, it's, it's a nice touch. Thanks, man. Yeah, you can yeah. get it on Amazon. Get it on Amazon. I might just do that. I <laughs> just do that. Mm. I might do that myself too, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steelers. <laughs> I might also get a Ricky Martin poster as well. Just, Aww, just, you know. just, <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, season four. Um, and I guess the first thing to talk about is, well, the trailer dropped. Um, and I guess I just want to throw the first question out there. Well, what, did, what did you guys all think about the trailer? What, what was your impression from it? Your overall impression of season four from the reveal trailer? Honestly, the first thing I thought was, was this a reference to June? I didn't care about anything else in the trailer. I just saw that Cassia scene and the words. I was like, oh, it's June, it's June, it's June. I, I, I didn't even pay attention to what was happening. I had to watch the trailer again afterwards to see, oh, it, there was mention, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's new moves. You know, I had to rewatch it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, so just new moves coming in, which is, is one hand, it's kind of exciting, but the other hand, it's really worrying because you know, when you introduce new moves into the game, you know, it could potentially lead to overtuning. It could lead to increasing combo damage because we saw in season two and three, the new moves were staple as part of the combos for some characters, mm-hmm. thus increasing it. So, I hope the balance update will address the characters around these moves, like maybe nerf the characters. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like like Paul, the Paul may crush, uh, may the power mm-hmm. crush sounds really obnoxious <laughs> already, and. Uh, oh. Julia's homie move or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, I think overall the trailer looks. It looks very promising. Um, what I liked about it is that it gave us a whole a whole idea about what's gonna happen in the future, but it didn't like fully go in detail with everything, which I liked to an extent. And so, I have a very positive feeling moving on with Tekken Seven Season Four because after Season Three. Uh, to me personally, it got a bit stale. And um, what I really like about season four update is that they're addressing the most prominent issue that we were facing ever since release, or you could say since season two, uh, which is rank issues, uh, connect, uh, connection issues. I mean, Murray said it himself, like 50% of the player base is playing on Wi-Fi. That's that's a crazy number if you just think about it. And like, horrifying. it's nice that's that they're, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> for a fight game that people um, play on Wi-Fi. But like, it's good that they're addressing it. And it's good that uh, 
they're finally taking care of it so that we can have a overall better player experience. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also what you all mentioned as well, but um, the season four trailer was super cool. We had the new moves introduced, which was super dope. But at the same time, it can be a little daunting because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, so we already have a ton of stuff that's already introduced every season anyway. And it changes, sometimes it changes the whole mood of the game um, or how people have to lab or like, things like that um but at the same time it keeps the game alive some people were like oh no taking it i'm like i don't think it's time for that yet personally i don't think it's time for it um but i think uh the new moves are really exciting i think uh hopefully some new stages you know that'd be really cool um i think it's kunimitsu it looks like kunimitsu on that on on that building or whatever which is cool but i don't I kind of don't see why she would be brought back. I didn't know she there was a demand for her, but I didn't think there was a demand for Zafina either. But they brought her back, and she was a she's amazing in this game. So it's like, why not, right? So I think, I think it's going to be a cool, unique pit, uh, pick if they do go with her. Um, I'm excited to see what her options are. Um, I think the trailer was kind of, it just the trailer really made me miss. Uh, that in-person live reveal thing you know but like you're there and then they're like hey here's the new stuff yeah, yeah. I, I was kind of disappointed that uh couldn't experience that in person because i think it would have been more hype but it wasn't that hype for me i'm just like okay this i knew this was coming i knew this was coming but i'm glad some things are getting fixed i'm for me it's kind of like uh it's about time and i'm excited and i'm glad they're trying to keep everybody's spirits up while we wait for uh, things that you know the virus to kind of get solved or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i I've, i mean the whole trailer seemed kind of centered around that 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 recognition that uh you know there, there was a whole talk about light in the darkness and whatnot and people kind of interpret that in, in a bunch of different ways uh, but how I read it really is that we're, we've all been going through a really tough time with Corona. Our lives have changed. Perhaps they are. This is the new normal. And yeah, keep keep keep. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to stop myself from just shitting and saying something. What, what, you, you, so, you, you, huh? you, <laughs> why choose those wordings? So why choose that wording? <laughs> so, so, yeah, right? The other interpretation is that yeah, it's it's a reference to June, right? Right. Yeah. 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 I think it's a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. But look at my tweet. Look at my tweet. The the second six story. The Mitchum scene. It's 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 that. It's literally that. I'm I'm looking at tweet. I'll 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 try and keep quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you know, I I guess if you really, really believe and wanted to be true. true. (laughs) I kind of thought it was her though too. It kind of seemed like her. It kind of seemed like it was referring to her. Why would they show Kazuya? Literally she's like the light to his darkness. Because Kazuya's the main character. Why would they why would they show Panda on it? It doesn't it wouldn't make sense to show Panda in the same never. But they never referenced Kazuya and light really like this like it's always like it, it, it's never it never looks like this i'm just saying it makes sense mm-hmm. that they would bring her back because she, she i'm a big glad there's someone out there that agrees with me i, I think mean, it's personally, her personally i would i would like it i mean i wouldn't mind if jun made it but it would make honestly thinking in my opinion it would make more sense if 
she made a comeback in Tekken 8 when like Heihachi well, isn't around deal. anymore, and they're, deal. and then they're and they're like dealing with Heihachi Jin, uh, Kazuya Jin issue, and then Jun comes back, and she right. like is involved in the story. That would make more sense to me right. instead exactly. of randomly adding her into the game for the sake support. of having her. Just I, just like for, yeah. No, I agree with you. I, like if I had a choice, I would keep her in age. Like I agree with you. Yeah, well, yeah, because if June comes back, that's that's a huge deal. Not, of course, not just gameplay wise, but of course to the story. Dude. Yeah, yeah, she's central to everything, so you can't just yeah. throw her in. Season so four, like, oh, hi. hey, here's your character, super important to the story. Have her, bye. Yeah, I think they're gonna do, I think they're gonna, they can't, Namco has this thing, I just noticed. They can't just do that whole, oh, okay, we're going to drop like kind of like one character thing. They're not going to do it. So who do they need another character? It's not just going to be Kunimitsu. Maybe who, who else? I, I'm sure it's a Yakuza character. They, they have, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. No. It's going to be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Sorry, before, before I forget, uh, I knew I forgot something at the beginning of this podcast. And I just wanted to thank Cuddle um, for spending so much time for that amazing series of tutorials we recently did on Elisa. Uh, oh. I'm not sure if you guys managed to watch it, but like she just basically, she spent days and days and days going through every bit of like tidbitty knowledge that she knows on this character and just kind of laid it all out for us. And it was, um, yeah, such a pleasure Super to work nice. with you. Yeah. Oh. oh, it was a pleasure working with you too. It was, um, honestly, I'd never done a guide. I'd never done a guide for uh, my character. Um, so I was really glad to get the opportunity and who better than with the, uh, the blasted salami, blasted salami. <laughs> and I was like, I like I confused it already. and, and I was like, well, like, um, while I was going through it, I learned a lot about my character as well. Things that I, mm. I tested. And it's funny cause I picked Kazuya for most of it. And then sometimes I would switch characters, but I, I kept on switch. I, I want to make sure it was characters that people like saw like they had normal movement like stepping wise Mm. so like that people understood how to deal with uh her with regular sized characters because i i get that there are some characters that have advanced movement Mm. like stepping wise i mean Mm. so i wanted like show like hey you could still you know you still have options even with characters like this or like jack or like you know because even characters like him can step things too and it gets elisa i think sometimes stepping is almost key depending on what the care the, the player is doing. But yeah, no, I, I love doing it. So uh, thank you so much. <laughs> no, no, I just, yeah, I just want to say thank you for being so generous with your time, with your knowledge. Uh, it, it was awesome. And, and I really want to do more of those um, in the future as well, where we kind of pick a top player's brain on their character of choice and explore that space between the character and the player. That was, uh, that was the whole focus of the Inspire series. So, yeah, just want to just want to thank you. Um, so back to season four. Um, I guess we were talking about characters we want to see, um, and I, I know a lot of people want to say see June, but I, again, I, I agree with Mihawk here that I, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen because it just seems like <laughs> such a, it, it just doesn't seem like it'll be right random. It's it'll okay. Be random. You can see it. It's okay. You can see it. It's fine. Yeah. It'll be random. It'll be random, and I, and I think it would <laughs> it, it would cheapen the importance and the weight of that character. Uh, she yeah. she's central to everything. Um, 
But I, but I do think, um, yeah, it's probably Kunimitsu. I mean, you know, the reveal is very ninja esque. Um, yeah, yeah. Solid choice, I think. Yeah. But- also, I, I had this idea of what if the character that got shown there uh, might be a whole new original Tekken character that might be a, a ninja as well. I mean, we, we had this with, in season three. We had it with Bakumran. We had it with Leroy. Uh, yeah. What if they make a new female That's ninja character that may not be Kunimitsu? We don't need. Like, any, we don't need any more of that. I'm yeah, sorry. we don't. But uh, we yeah. don't. I think I think we suffered enough. Because <laughs> yeah. it's gonna have the same syndrome as the other two new characters that the whole like they have to tone down super super bad because yeah. they're just super od in the beginning. No, no, no. Just, just I'm just saying it could be. There is the possibility of I it. Know. Of it so. I mean, yeah. Tekken's never had like a typical ninja looking ninja they're all kind of oddballs aren't they yoshimitsu is yeah. prankster yeah. the ravens are very unconventional when you think of like you know ninja so maybe they're going for like classic you know mortal combat style ninja mm. who knows mm. i something but like please just just bring with the ogs it should have been bruce by the way it shouldn't have been Bakram. <laughs> it should have been bruce i forget it should have been them. yeah we yeah, have they many did, times they did bruce Nasty. They did Bruce I, he, was, he was good. He was really good. And he was like iconic as a character, you know, like you never heard somebody say, oh, man, Bruce is bad. Or like, no, he was a well-rounded character. Sick. He had a- yeah, sick. <laughs> he has a big fan base. Like, mm-hmm. like I know bad. them. And Nanashin from Europe is like a diehard Bruce fan. And he has been through hell twice with Chelsea. And <laughs> <Mike Bachman. laughs> he just yeah. wants his character back. I think the best thing about Bruce is that he wasn't freakishly tall to the extent that he <laughs> ruined the game. Um, but yeah, um, but he's still hella good too. And you know, he—I I didn't feel like he broke the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was because he had clear flaws. He didn't have this typical 13 frame down forward one. He had a 50 frame down forward one. Now Fakumram has everything that Bruce has, pretty much. On top of that, he has a 13 frame down for one that reaches if you're on another stage. He has a three that reaches you if you're standing on another stage. Like, it's just <laughs> impossible to touch this character. That, Very I mean, hard. Yeah, Dinosaur touched on this on the, on the last podcast in that uh, when Leroy came out, it was, it was easy to see why that character was so obscenely overpowered because his frame data was just ridiculous. Um, but then Leroy mm. comes out and a lot of us, I remember it was like Wave Dash 8 or 9. We were like, oh, he seems kind of mid-high tier. But no, no, I said, I said, you know, I you're right. said, <laughs> you said, well, I, I said, but what did I say? No, you, you actually say it because I don't want to be I, like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I said he was mid-high tier, but I'm, I'm a scrub. So what did you say? <laughs> I said this character was going to be a massive problem. I and said that right. a character that has five down forward one extensions can't be can't be good in any way possible. And the counter argument was to it was yeah he has a lot of range he has a lot of pressure but his lows kind of suck. That, that, really was, that was the argument. That was they, the argument uh, back then. Back um, then. Wait. The, well, well, okay. <laughs> we had he had pros <laughs> and cons, and I thought because it was clear they had weaknesses with high crush. Yeah, I thought yeah, characters right. with a good magic four would give him problems. And I thought his panic moves were rubbish. And those are still true. His high crush is bad. His panic moves are bad. The problem is, is that his neutral is so good that you can never take advantage of those weaknesses. You can never get near mm-hmm. him. He totally yeah. dominates a neutral because he's really fast, really tall. And he's a range of a god. Yeah. yeah, keeps you out. 
impossible yeah. to approach him. Ridiculous mix-ups, just overall too but much. His, but his Ibaki is good, though, like on the defensive aspect, because it, it beats a mid-high uh, punches for a full combo, not even like a little mini follow-up, like a full combo. And it's very awkward for a lot of characters to punish with the pushback as well. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say also, um, I just want to just kind of backtrack to, to the lows a, a second. Yeah, it, those lows are crazy. Uh, I wanted to talk about crazy. Those he has like crazy. three or four, right? So they all look different, right? So when people go, hey, yeah, make sure that you launch punish stuff. Hold on. Re- reacting to them is a whole other thing, in my opinion, because they're really fast. They're, they're, and, yeah. and the damage on counterhand or not, those add up. Three of them, and you're already kind of like starting to suffer. And um, I think the fact that he has so many great lows really keeps his like off. His offense revolves revolves around his lows sometimes as well. Mm. The lows are down for one. Um, so it's like yeah. the fact that they all look different, and you're just getting hit by all of them. And it's like okay, he's had like two good lows. Leave it. That's it. His, low, his <laughs> lows are damaging. That's the thing. Like I, I, I talked about this with um, on Main Man's channel a few days ago. But like there is that archetype in fighting games where you have a tall, fast character. Uh, mm-hmm. Like Vega from Street Fighter is the best example. He's super tall, super fast. But how they're usually balanced is they have poor defense, um, but they also have low damage. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcon Rum does crazy damage. He's one of the most damaging characters in the game, both in terms of uh, ground hitting pokes and in terms of combo damage. Um, yeah. So. And there's no execution barrier to it. You, you can it, literally input. You can literally input the combos with your feet. It's so easy. Thank right? It's the fact that the damage is so accessible. That's my thing. It's the fact mm. that it's hella accessible. You don't have to. For example, okay, I'll just use this example because why not? Okay, so you know, remember I was talking to you about Ling earlier, Fergus, and like the the whole problem she has with like getting in and and all that. And but you know, to get the damage and everything, it's not. It's hard for her. It's not as accessible. Um, mm-hmm. and for a lot of second characters, you have to, you know, kind of get your way in, right? Falcon Ram really has the range where he doesn't have to even worry about that. Oh, he's already in there. All he has to do is do one move and he's already stepped towards you. Like, you know, like, so it's just kind of like the fact that his execution, there is none really. And the fact that the damage is so accessible and it's so high, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't take much for you to put somebody's health yeah. up. <laughs> and it's also the fact, like, it's, it's uh, three, like this. 13 frames standing mid poke with this massive range. Yeah. And it feels like when you block yeah. the standing three, you're immediately in a mix up on block. Because yeah. if you try so to throw early, True mix up. Card, you'll get counter hit. If you try to step, yeah. you'll get launched by the homing high. If you try side set right duck to beat the homing high and the follow up, you'll eat the non charge version of the guard break. Mm. So, like, for, mm. far as, like, and like, even, as, the as three, even the 3 1 has mix ups to it. Like, mm. 3 1 down 4. Three, yes. one, four, four, and it's the thing so is, much. like a lot of things are natural. Are like the the moment that the second or the third hit hits, the follow up is guaranteed. It's the same with his one, two, one, four. Like why is that? Why is that even minus eleven? Like one, two, one. The moment the third hit hits you, you can confirm the fourth hit, and boom, you have like fifty damage or what? Yeah, it, and it's only minus eleven. Like why would you not throw it out? You'd be silly to not use the move because it's so good. It's. Like, so- yeah, his three is his biggest problem in terms of moveset. It's, it's just, I mean, the range for its speed, it just doesn't... It's, it's you know, um, it's a game-breaking move. I mean, uh, Leroy is chock full of them, but this is this is really... The thing with, with Leroy is that he has so many silly moves, but Falcon Ram has just a few, but they're really, really stupid. I think the best way probably to play Falcon Ram is just to play him really dry, 
run around a lot, and throw out a bunch of standing three. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I've seen that a lot. Actually, it works so effectively. It works. It works. Oh my gosh. It works. It's so, um, so I, I guess the best way to balance that character is like make a standing three like 16, 15 frames start yeah. up. That makes so much more sense. Add, add a bunch of whip recovery. Hit. Like, I don't know. It's, 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 too much on, it's too much on hit for what it does. It's plus five on hit, 13 mm-hmm. frames. It punishes Brian's three plus four at certain ranges. And it, think about the pushback that Brian's three plus four has. Like, your only armor king can pu- somewhat punish that. And Falconrum now is a second character that can sometimes reach it, except for Anna's rage art. But, like, it's too much frame advantage for what it does. And the, the risk reward is so favorable mm-hmm. for Falconrum that you just need to use it. You need to throw it out. And there is literally very, very low risk for using it. High, risk reward is always a. Important thing when it comes to fucking man, he doesn't risk a lot. Yeah, like, like, like coming from an Asgard perspective, where I play a bit slower range game with my Demac threes and my Den twos and stuff like that, having this character with this thirteen frame mid poke that has similar, if not more, range than my tools, I, I just can't play my game at all against him. Like, I, there is no range to a game with Asgard against this character. Like, right. I just, it's hard, man. Especially a character that's struggling against turtles already. It's just, yeah. it's way too much. His backdash yeah. is kind of good too. Why is his backdash good? Am, so am I crazy? Good. It's good, step. right? No, it, it's super good. One of the best backdashes. Yeah. Why? It's, it's yeah. I, I think a lot of his problems stem from the fact that they they kind of stretched him out before release and COVID hit mm-hmm. and they didn't have time to properly see through the implications of that. So, you know, tall characters, uh, or at least characters with long legs, generally have better backdashes, right? Like Miguel. Mm-hmm. Um, but see that? Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing the issue factor, kind of right? was. Hmm. Mm, yeah, it is. And I think. Yeah. yeah, I think. I think a big issue also is that a lot of people feel so uh, sad about fucking rum in the sense that they feel like these new characters that got released, like let's mention Zafina, let's mention fucking rum. They're they're kind of new characters, but they control space so well. And when you look at your own characters, and most of them, I mean, there is characters that have a very good backdash as well and sidestep, but there is so many characters that can't move in the same way. And so you just feel like in order to even be able to compete, you have to pick these characters. Otherwise, you, you won't even know how to touch, like, yeah. Leroy, uh, the, Zafina. You won't have around. a chance to. Yeah, you won't have a chance. And that's why Nii, that, that's why Nii in this, in this tw- uh, Twitter post said, as a professional, I have to pick what's top tier. Otherwise, I won't be able to compete. I, can, I could play Brian. Yeah, I could try. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you want to win, you have to play these characters because they, they force it up on you. It's too good to not pick them. It's, it's increasingly a trend that new characters in Tekken 7, their defining characteristic is ridiculous range. Um, and mm. I and, <laughs> I mean, uh, started with Katarina. I mean, to an extent, Claudio's uh, running two moves like that. Um, Noctis, Gigas. You know, his whole Gigas, existence. Dude. Yeah, Gigas. Yeah. Um, Gigas, of course. Yeah. Leroy's four four three. These moves are designed to shut down movement. That's that's yeah. these characters are designed to shut down movement in a game, yeah. which most we, you know the most interesting thing in Tekken is its movement system. And you're you're throwing in characters to shut down movement. It's hmm. it's very frustrating. It's very Sorry, frustrating. Yeah. yeah. It's. I just feel like there should um. This is this is what I I, I think. Oh, I also want to mention this. Ganryu. I know people don't really talk about him, but he was one of the new additions too, and I think he controls space 
and range really well too mm. and the fact that he's like yeah. a wider like bigger character not like as in tall but like wider like you know mm. yes yeah, so i decide and the fact that he can still step and he has really good movement um and, and was it his down forward three his down forward three is one of the best souls i think yeah. in the game he can oh, really sure. keep pressure mm. like mm. he's amazing but i think it's super slept on because nobody really used him yeah. Maybe because his like stances are a little weird, but like the fact that he has a uh, power crush, um, 50, 50, uh, throw game. Can mm-hmm. we like talk about like this character, that character is OD too. More glaciating is playing him, right? Glaciating from America. Yes. It's like, and he, he makes him look really, really good. But the problem is like he's releasing season three with three really stupid characters in the same. Exactly. You're right. You're right. He's overshadowed just, by those strong characters. He is not get still, any space. But yeah, he's, he's still good. like right. He's good. Like okay, because I feel like he's got some 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 busted stuff too. Like it's not just like yeah. oh yeah, but um, I think he's probably the more tame of them. But mm-hmm. uh, even like when it comes to, yeah. I, I think they should either like change like the movement so that it's better for everybody, or mm-hmm. like really tone down some of the ranges on some of these moves then, um, and make it more fair, like so that um, it doesn't feel overwhelming for one character to fight like certain other characters because of like a range problem or anything. Uh, I feel like Elisa has great movement and great range. So she can, I, I feel like she does great against Bach and Rom. Personally, I yeah, think her and him, like game, right? Mm. Yeah. It, like I could just keep, I, I, if, cause I'm backdash once, twice, if he tries to do like a down four or something, it whiffs, I do a back four, four. Like I mm. have the tools to do it, but not every character is, is as privileged to have that. So I really think they need to either nerf his range or like in, in, or extend everybody else's range on certain moves so that they can always punish him or better backdashes or something, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. the question is, why uh, would you would they constantly introduce characters with, with such absurd range? I guess the answer to that is, what do, do you players struggle with? Or how, do they, how are they often beaten? Well, they whiff, right? New players tend to whiff a lot. Um, a good player is uh, will try to bait out whiffs with movement and whatnot. With a character with that much range, you can't whiff, or at least it's easier not to whiff. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, like just to throw the question out there, what what are your thoughts on that kind of trend, and would you like to see it stop? And what should be done about it? I mean, the general trend of Tekken 7 is is so that they're trying to, as you said, as you mentioned earlier, they're trying to go away from movement a little bit and mm. they're trying to force mix-ups more on you. Mm. You can see that. You can totally see that with Fuck'em Rum. You can see that with Leroy. There's a lot of new characters that in their whole toolkit, as they, as they work as characters, they have a lot of mix-ups inbuilt. And so even though you know the answers, even though you know the character... You still can't shut down everything by using movement. You have to, at some point, you have to take guesses, and uh, that's that's where they kind of want to head towards. I would say um, less about less about making your opponent whiff and punishing him, more so about brawl in each other's face and um, force mix-ups up upon them. I mean, that was the the best example was the Mishima Hell Sweep back then. It was it was not about. They made it so that you can't can't get out of it by using, or they made it extremely difficult to get out of it by using movement. And so you had to take a guess. the The clear route was, hey, you have to guess now versus Kazia. You can try to sidewalk, but mm. it'll be ninety percent of the time you'll get hit. So try to guess. And uh, they're yeah. trying to do that with new characters as well. I think. 
Yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's um, what they're trying to do is uh, in season two, right? They got all their fan favorites out, right? They got Lei, Julia, Anna, Army King, Marduk, right? They got the favorites out. So in season three, they're kind of like scraping the bottom of the barrel for like fan, uh, fan favorite characters, right? So we're thinking, okay, let's introduce new characters, like so introduce more characters, mm. but let's make them really cheap. So they'd be incented by them if you want to do well as a competitor. Mm. So uh, I think that's another mm. aspect because they're running out of ideas a little bit. Yeah. So let's get new characters in. Let's make them super strong so that they'll sell properly. Mm. Uh, I think Leroy is really cool. I love Leroy's design, but he's forever going to be a tainted, I think. I yeah, I think on release, like, like you said, he's hella tainted now because like, did mm. he look cool? Yeah, I had a little gripe with the name. But aside from the name, like, he was really cool. Super badass. But the problem happened was, like, um, he was overpowered uh, completely in every single way. Um, so character design, really, really cool. Character designs are super cool. But, um, like, uh, what was like what was discussed earlier, like, um, the kind of the way, like, it feels like they're going with, like, brawling in each other's faces, that 50-50 kind of thing. I, I hope it doesn't go that way. Only because I feel like it, it kind of is, like, it's gonna start limiting like what Tekken was, what the other types of like other parts of Tekken like you were supposed to learn. I, I don't ever remember Tekken just being a full downright brawling kind of thing. I remember you it being kind of like you know more spacing, you know, you know really forcing like some like uh, sometimes some mix-ups, but like really trying to play that mental game. So like using all those techniques in Tekken, right? But if if it goes to well, like a like a uh, in your face kind of thing all the time because especially because of the nerfed movement which it does look like, like it is sometimes but um depending on the type of play i i, I hope it doesn't go that way because i like the the spacing like that we had the stepping that we you know we all right the core. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it feels good because you know like oh i learned another technique you know especially for newcomers like you know that you have options and you don't have to just be in somebody's face and try and kick their ass that's ridiculous because that's not the only way to play this game that's like saying i always have to mash a button why would yeah. I want to do that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let me play devil's advocate, though. Um, there's definitely a, a reason why movement is being downplayed and why generally the newer characters tend towards having longer range. Um, is this better or worse for the Tekken scene or Tekken as a whole? And I know as a competitor, of course, you're going to say this is terrible. Movement's the best thing about Tekken. It's expressive. It's complex. It's cool. But let's try to see this from a broader angle, from from uh, new players' perspectives, from a business perspective. Yeah, how would you try to make Tekken more inviting? And is this the way to do I'm it? Say something. Go for it. I mean, um, since since you were since you were asking if uh, movement on a large scale, uh, if if it's the right decision to nerf it for the for the newcomers. I kind of keep repeating myself in that regard is that it's obvious that us competitors would like to have better movement or the movement or keep the movement at least as we're used to use it. And as for the newcomers, I don't on, I don't even necessarily feel that it's going to be a disadvantage for them because if they don't like it, like the thing is just because you have something doesn't mean that, that they use it. Like for example, um, just because there is good movement, doesn't mean that everyone perfectly uses it or even uses it at all. There there could still be a bunch of players that even though they have accessibility to movement, they won't use it. They would still take the 50-50 guess versus any character. But the the fact that on higher level where the skill ceiling gets uh, higher and higher, 
that you have answers for these options and your answer doesn't need to be take the guess and uh, make the right read, but instead use your movement, use your skills that you practice in, in practice mode and um, do the best you can in order to avoid this situation is something that is really important. And I don't see why why this conflicts with how, how would Namco attract this game to newer players? I mean, it's one doesn't have to do with the other. You can have good movement, and the game can still be accessible and interesting for the people. I mean, we have we have slow mo in Tekken Seven that did a lot for the game. I think it just it just makes the game visually way way more appealing. We have rage arts and rage drives kind of supers, which uh, a lot of people find cool to look at. And so, in terms of visibility, in terms of lookings, the game has made fantastic progress. And by saying that movement is a is a factor why newcomers would wouldn't enjoy the game as much doesn't really make that much sense to me because they they can use it or not use it it doesn't make a difference to them but for higher level players that uh that, that kind of need to go or they, that kind of want to improve they can they can gain access to it and they can practice with it and they can see the results and that's also a very satisfying thing in fight games when you see the results of your training and you see that you're becoming better you see that everything is working you become more motivated and you keep more practice you keep practicing more that's that's how it goes with all of these fight games i'd say so yeah yeah. Oh. No, no, sorry. I just want to say I, 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 great point there, Mihawk. And and I think the most important thing you uh, think for newcomers, I don't think they really care about the movement system. I think exactly. newcomers care about. Yeah. I think they care about ha- the characters having fulfilling storylines. They care about tech and beach mode. They they care about unlocks yeah. and uh, you know the the, the 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 universe of this game. And when I look at most people's criticisms of Tekken 7, it's that, well, the, the story is terrible. Where, where, are the, where are the interesting character endings? Why are all these new characters so dry and boring? That, that's the main criticism. Yeah. It's, not, it's not, oh, I can't sidestep anymore. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Was the Tekken 5 rival cutscenes, they were so good. Like, so I watch good. them sometimes still on YouTube nowadays. It's just yeah, see yeah. the wee so interactions between the characters. Stuff like that's important. Character interactions, like unique character intros, you know, gives flavor mm. to the universe, to the world. It's why, it's why casual yeah, people play games. So well. Yeah, and yeah, NRS does that super well. Exactly, NRS does it super, super well. Yeah, um, they. Um, I think that with um, like story mode would be really cool. Like like a amping it up. I mean, so making it more interesting, like with the cutscenes or like having those really cool interactions that you know that they depending on who the character is i also think strings or like not the strings but removing certain moves now would be really good maybe condensing certain things down um because i think sometimes move lists can be overwhelming yeah. for newcomers the, the move lists are insane but i also think there's this like thought that like you have to like <laughs> I, people have asked me like oh i mean how do i go about approaching the move list uh it I, how am I supposed to remember everything? And I always have to say, like, you don't actually have to remember everything. I, I always say, like, just, you know, mess around with the character a little bit. Look at look at your, like, top 10 moves um, or, like, look at, like, a, a like a, a video and see, like, what are the top 10 moves that people are using? Or look at somebody playing that character. What are the moves that you're seeing the most? Um, and go from there. That's what, because I, it's funny, because I, um, when I was, like, a kid, like, of course, I looked at the move list, but I never remembered everything. It, I only did that by literally playing all the time. I never once thought about the move list, uh, but that was just because I was playing. But for, mm-hmm. especially, like, maybe people who are new to this altogether, I really think maybe condensing some of that down would really help, because it is overwhelming for newcomers. Um, mm-hmm. 
dealing with the move list because it's, it's important. Literally, that's your, your toolkit. It, it, that's what you use. But like if everything looks the same and it, I mean, just because it has names on it doesn't mean like it doesn't give it, give it any personality. So it's kind of like either that or they need to put, I personally think that for every character, they need to put, uh, for example, Kazumi's top 10 moves. Put it in every every uh, put it in every character's like the, the practice mode. Like put in a list. You just put those top ten moves in there, just so that people know. So it's just. Yeah. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think there are basically three categories of players um, that, and you want all three cate- uh, all three categories to be satisfied. Um, you have beginners, casual players, however you want to put it. You have experts, competitive players, and then you have. Um, Base or beginners or casual players who want to become competitive players. So these three um, categories of players want different things. Um, competitive players, of course, want balance, expression, depth. New players care about storylines, characters, interesting, uh, an interesting universe. Um, just game the modes. full package, game modes, mm. beach mode, tech and force mode. And <laughs> right? It was so much fun. It added so much character. Character. And we can sum up as character. And then in the middle, if you want your uh, your casual players to become competitive players, you need to give them a roadmap. You need to give them a guide. And I think the best way to do that is with a with an easy to understand succinct tutorial mode i've said this so many times and cutting out the fluff as cuddlecore suggested um it it just seems like the way they're going about this is so backwards you know they're they're trying to attract new players by watering the competitive side of it down but it should be when they don't care real part right yeah like if they literally okay if if Namco had a tutorial that literally said, hey, you have options, like stepping, and there were like literal like uh, videos or like, you know, little like exercises that you could do, you know, easy and, and beneficial that would be if, 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 if it was in the game and it just said, hey, you can step stuff. Hey, and of course, of course, there'd be a little the difficulty, little display at the top that says like, you know, from one to five stars, how difficult is it, right? But it would still be there. And I think stepping and moving and backdashing is such a huge technique that people miss so much especially entering into this game or if they're even like intermediate they don't know that stuff so they're always brawling with people at range zero i see it all the mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. so if they that's so big and if the tutorial actually had that that would be huge even showing like back dashing and like mm-hmm. probably would be like you know level four difficulty but like you know even showing that and then showing okay yeah here's kazu doing a back dash cancel or whatever mm-hmm. he's able to get away from this show that in the exercise and then say, now you try it. And then and they have the little input at the bottom. And then you have like five times to try it and, you know, work it out. And then, yeah, just, that'd be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> just be so fun. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Like, I, there's so many things, uh, even the middle level or even like some expert level players don't actually know anyway. So like, like uh, I know Spike says this a lot. And I only learned about this in late. So I had to, if you sidestep and do a move, it's it's harder for you to step things. You know, if you sidestep and commit to a button as a whip punish, your your hurt box gets bigger. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, I had to find that out through someone else. Like that's that's something you wouldn't even think about happening. Yeah. And even stuff like um, if you are plus four, chaps will track you. For example, right? That's essential information. 
but that is not explained anywhere. You have to find that somewhere from someone else or online or whatever, right? Some resource. video or something, yeah. But that's, that's the I biggest think, part. That's one of the biggest parts in movement, in sidestepping. Um, like, I, I, you know, I think a lot of this comes from Tekken's arcade heritage, where the game is kind of intentionally designed to be opaque in some ways, so that you keep plugging uh, coins in and keep trying to understand it. I think the developers want that to be this level of mystery around the game, which is this very outdated game design. It's not how the world works. It's not how we communicate. It's not how we play games anymore. Um, I, th- I think what developers are worried that if you give them like frame data and, and you show clearly how to play the game, then you sort of unravel it for them. The, the sense of mystery is gone. That every that anyone could become you know, that anyone could become the next Arslan Ash and just go and win Evo or something, which is, which is ridiculous. That's, um, that's a nice thing, though. That's nothing bad. Yeah. We're making yeah. it sound like it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because it, it like, yeah, I mean, how exciting was it to see Rangchu win TWT with Panda? How exciting was it to see Arslan destroy the scene in uh, 20, uh, 2019. So like, yeah. 2019, yeah. So like, it's it's exciting for us as a whole community to see that if you put in the time and the effort, you can you can become that one person that everyone starts to admire. It's it's accessible. And what, what you just said is by releasing frame data and stuff, just by having frame data, you're not going to become a very good player. You need to use that information. That's just a, that's just like saying you want to you want to build a house. Here's the materials for it. Now start working. Now <laughs> yeah. without the materials, you can't even start building the house. N- now you have the fundamentals. Now go and work with it and start learning for another fifteen years. And then I'm just saying I'm exaggerating on purpose, Oof. but I'm, Oof, I'm, no. I'm, I'm, I'm it's just, a great I'm analogy. Just saying, like, it's a great analogy. I'm just I'm just saying like. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a base. You need to have that in order to be yet even able to somewhat compete or to somewhat improve. And like, it's crazy to me that they think they should keep that from us. Like, mm. how is a newcomer gonna find all of these things out by on his own? By the by, the middle of the time where where he gets hit while he tries to do a sidestep into a move. And by the middle of the match, he's going to lose all the all the patience, all the passion for the game. And he's just going to drop it because he doesn't understand what's going on. And I don't understand why they would hide this information. And besides, we had a we had like a tutorial mode in Tag 2, but it was super terrible. It didn't teach you anything. And uh, I'm just I'm just hoping that with with the sales that Tekken 7 had, that we can expect something. Not for our sakes, because we know how to play the game, but for the sakes of new players that really are interested in the game. Um, that would be nice to just see that, yeah. And it's, it's so frustrating that the conclusion that developers have come to is, our game is too hard. We yeah. need to make it easier. <laughs> Instead of... Exactly. Let's, <laughs> let's, give, let's give players a roadmap. Uh, the idea should, shouldn't be, let's make our game easier. It should be let's make our game easier to understand. Hundred percent, completely. And it's it's it's. I really hope this changes. Um, it's not gonna happen for season four, but you know, PlayStation Five around the corner, new gaming, new console generation. I hope these lessons are learned. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Uh, let's. We're talking about season four. We got so derailed, but. 
<laughs> it's just so much to talk about. Yeah, I know. Is, uh, um, we haven't talked back. in a while as well. That's why. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're all we're all cooped up at home and lonely and <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about that's the next topic. Okay, so uh, let's go back to the season four trailer, and they showed a bunch of moves, and um, I think the first one they showed is Horong's right flamingo hop kick. It's really similar to the animation is exactly the same as Bake's one. So you know, pour one out for Bake. He's he's gone. <laughs> you know, he's gone. He yeah, was so cool. Yeah, so I like that. Yeah. He was kind of uh, OD with that step too. That movement was sick. Now, whoa, what? Oh my God! What if? What if Horong has that too? What if he has the crazy movement that Beck did? Because he had a oh, whole like yeah. he can get your whole back. Super remember? huge sidestep. Yeah, yeah. Huge, yeah. huge sidestep into Raha. Yeah. yeah. I was like, he's so good. I think the half kick isn't a big deal at all. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I, I think agree. It's like yeah. negative fourteen. I mean, it, possibly it's minus it has fourteen. To be yeah. Yeah. Oh, so like, whatever. So it's like, I mean, he Huang needs something, I think, in that regard, because I think the character is is good, but like, eh, like he's so so sometimes. I think it would be a really nice edge for him. I think, mm. I think a hop kick is nice. Um, I, I think it gives him some more tools to use. Um, I or, I mean, they just made him a whole hybrid of Beck and his, uh, his own style together. So it's kind of like, yeah. I think they're taking like, the wrong approach oh, with Huang. Sorry, sorry, you go. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but it's like a problem where it's like they're removing character weaknesses. So like, you know, I mean, like Horang's weakness is his defense, right? Yes. But they're making this easier by giving him a hop kick. I know it's locked in a stance, but right, right. I think That's in this stance, like I, you don't I, have I, an option to. Sorry, who's talking? <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, no. Um, okay, but so in this stance, you have an option to dick chop some of his options, right? But this yeah. hop kick removes this option. So he has to take more pressure by horang in the stances. That's the problem. You could step, but you could step though as well, right? Said, yeah, so like, exactly. Right, mm-hmm. don't that, but, step, yeah. they're, they're not really. They're they're kind of buffing horang each season, but they're not giving him the things that he needs. Neat. He gets yeah. he gets like unnecessary um, unnecessary buffs, like the 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 throw buffs that he got, the guaranteed follow ups after. Now he has some sort of weird crushing hop kick. Um, the power it's still, crush. Yeah, it still it still doesn't make up for the fact that his punishment is kind of trash. Mm. His range on certain things is not as good. I mean, the thing is against Warang, you backdash against this character and you sidewalk left. You keep sidewalking left against this character. Then the down three four becomes less and less irrelevant. Uh, less and less relevant. Um, just frame skyrockets. You can you can evade by that. And then the moment you start doing that, the Horang has to take the Horang player needs to take risks by using homings. He either can use backlash or down forward force homings. But after after each homing, he loses this turn. So he doesn't really have anything in order to it's it's to an extent, it's some sort of fake pressure, you could say. Like he has pressure, but if you as since we mentioned it before, if you use movement against it. The pressure becomes less and less prominent, and it becomes way, way harder for the Horang to play against a player that uses movement. And also, if you if you keep if you keep poking him, and if you don't even let him get started, and so I think this this hop kick buff that he got, or this old move from back, it doesn't really it doesn't really help with his current issues. And it's like that's something that saddens me a bit about the Horang mains because it doesn't it doesn't fix like what he's lacking. But mm-hmm. I. But should like they fix Miguel what he's lacking? Low. But should they fix what he's but, lacking? I feel like I feel like characters should have weaknesses. I feel like characters yeah, like yeah, perfectly fine. 
perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. I'm like, just saying, I like, think a little, just a little. Just think, I think they need to tune those things a little bit then instead of like adding more things, maybe tune the things or some of the weaknesses that the character has and then add like one move or something like that. Don't give them like tons of stuff that uh, doesn't really deal with those problems fully. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I also kind of think that especially when characters aren't being used like that, there might be a reason why. Because um, he's not used like that at all. And a lot of these characters aren't. And I think what happens is, okay, they're like, okay, we want to make it more accessible. So we're going to get all this stuff. Like, okay, so that's these weaknesses, but like this covers upward. The, the throws, the, the power crushes, not a hot kick. Like it, it just makes them more accessible, I think. And um, still have those so slight weaknesses, but he still has to do a lot, I think. Uh, sometimes apply pressure. Somebody's like walking you left the whole time. Like what can he, re- like, like you said, like it's, you know, he has those weaknesses and it's fine to have weaknesses, but I do think that, uh, I think yet again, it becomes this thing where it makes it uh, uh, characters more accessible to people who want to play. Is it like a general question? Is it even necessary at this point of, of, st- of state that we're in with Tekken? Is it even necessary to, to buff characters at this point? Or do we kind of agree that yeah. Yeah. it yeah. would be I- more fun for the whole player base if, you know, if, if the top tiers were, like, above my camera, you can't even see my hand anymore. And if, like, the <laughs> low tiers are, like, underneath my camera, is it really necessary to widen the gap even more? Or put the put the low tiers a bit, like, here? Or is it, like, you drag them down to here where you can see my hand again, and then the, the, the low tiers stay where they are, and so that the, 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 the gap just naturally closes instead of buffing everyone again that that like that's the question that i ask myself a lot when it comes to this i i think season four i want the main focus of the balance changes in season four to be nerfs and generally i don't say that when it comes to fighting games i'm i'm firmly a buffs before nerfs kind of person but that that's not a unilateral thing um sometimes nerfs are the best thing for your fighting game uh case in point i was i was talking to dinosaur a bit before uh, this podcast, and we're in a five Tekken 5.0 situation. Yeah, Tekken 5.0 um, had a bunch of really stupid shit in it. DR was mainly focused on nerfs. DR is way better than 5.0, um, and I hope that's what season four is. It's it's a recognition that these characters are too strong for the Tekken system. Uh, they have they've outgrown the system there are uh, you know and generally in Tekken your most powerful tool should be movement but it's mm-hmm. not and partially because that's because movement is weaker but also you have tools designed to beat movement mm-hmm. uh, to shut it down and it basically means that fundamentals aren't as, aren't as important anymore and as you said it comes a close in brawl um so yeah, like I think at this point, um, the best thing for the game is nerfs, really. Yeah, I agree. I, in in almost every way, like uh, you know, um, I think everyone agrees that uh, wall carry is kind of ridiculous. You're almost guaranteed to get to the wall with every launcher, um, and it adds yeah, that's a. That's also it, silly. Mm. And it. It kind of makes uh, a lot of rounds very homogenized in terms of their pacing and overall flow. Um, you know, I I really do feel that nerf's the best thing for this game. Yeah. Mm. Um, but people Fair say, enough. like, let's buff the low tiers a little bit. But 
Well, the big, big problem I had with the last patch was Eliza's Moonglide 4. Like, for me, that's an extremely toxic move because she can do Moonglide, everything, you can fuzzy guard it, but she can delay the two to catch you if you fuzzy guard the mix-up. Mm. So, like, maybe nerf the top tiers, be careful <laughs> with buffs to the low tiers, cause, or you get stuff like Eliza Moonglide 4, which, yeah. you know, helps the character a lot, but in a wrong way because it's it's yeah. extremely toxic right now, I think. Because she can uh, combo you know, it, right? Yeah, she, she come off with a meter. And she takes you to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very big, a good point. Thank you. It's, like, it's a mix-up. It does little damage. It's like, it's like, it's like they, they do yeah. damage. But she takes you to the wall. Like, she's one of the best wall games. I think. She I, does. Yeah. She has really good, yeah, you're right. It, it's scary. Like The um, thing is... The, yeah. Hmm. Sorry, sorry. Like, be careful with the buffs. That's all I said. Be careful with the buffs for the low tiers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Gigas is another example. You cannot make that character good. Because... He's then become yeah. fucking rum. Then he's fucking rum, basically. Right. <laughs> he's too easy. He has so much range. If you make that character good, he will be insufferable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be careful, folks. That's a really good point. I think, I think, okay, so I'm probably just going to, you know, I just, I'm going to say, why not both? So buffs and nerfs. Just do buffs and nerfs then. Honestly. So buff, carefully buff low tiers. Carefully, and then nerf the like the the, the OD tiers, and then just go um, from there. I think. But I I I agree with nerf the top uh, the, the top tiers. I mean, fuck him, Ram. Yeah, nerf him. But um, buff low tiers. I mean, there's there was a recent tournament in Korea where where Gigas won it. Uh, that was Jotorin. one time though. That it was, was pretty, like that's that pretty really, recent though. But it, it shows. Really yeah, but this was like last week. It I mean, it shows you that it can happen. Yeah, but, I mean, it, but it's still a struggle, though. You know, like, like it's not like it's because of the person playing the character. Because honestly, like, I still feel like there needs to be like, you know, like it, it, just because somebody won a tournament with them doesn't mean that the, that that the character doesn't have problems. That that does that that, that there doesn't need to be buffs because Giga still needs them. Um, same thing with Panda. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, just because Rank Two won with Panda doesn't mean that the character doesn't need buffs. I, 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 I'm inclined yeah. to agree with Fergus here. If, if you make a character like Gigas too strong, it's a very delicate balance. Mm. He just becomes like, insufferable. Really yeah. good. He, he becomes fucking like, Rum 2.0. I think that's that's the main problem. I think the main what? problem with buffing and nerfing low tiers is that what Fergus mentioned earlier, it was a really good point because I didn't think about that. The Moonglide 4 is a buff that is very apparent to Eliza these days. It's not a buff that makes her as a... It does make her as a character better, essentially, but it doesn't make it any more fun to play against the character. What I'm trying to say is they're, they're kind of... They're, when they buff low-tier characters, or when they, when they do these type of buffs, it's usually buffs that just make the 50-50 of the character stronger, rather than rounding the character up more. And this is something that I don't like to see. I would like it if Eliza had a better down forward one. Because Eliza, Eliza players, usually, when they want to track you down somehow, they use back one, two, or back two, one, or whatever that two-hit string is that tracks super much and is punishable. They, they use that all day. Instead of getting rid of that or getting rid of the, all these 50-50 situations and giving them or in giving these characters a proper down forward one, proper tracking, just like everyone has a proper conventional down forward one or a, co a conventional poking, um, and then go from there. Because the thing is that, as, as you said, if we buff Eliza, if we buff Gigas slightly in the, in, in the wrong direction, they become the next Fakum Rums. 
and the it's so it's so hard to find the to find the middle ground between these uh, between these buffs and nerfs. Here so, comes a new challenger. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello. He's back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's up, what's up? Nerf Julia, man. Delete Julia, delete fucking Ram. Delete Roy. Nah, man. I, I get Fergus at the call, man. No one wants to hear him. <laughs> <laughs> you guys there, man? I, sorry, sorry, I, 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 I think I interrupted um, someone, man. What's up, what's up? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's good, it's good. Uh, we, okay, were cool. ju- we were just talking about what, which way we want to see the, the balance direction for uh, Season 4 to go, and I think we're all pretty much... In- agree that this game needs nerfs more than anything else. We're in a 5.0 to DR situation and that the, the best thing for this game right now is just 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 bring these guys down. Now, I mean, I think some people I mean, Cuddle, you're arguing that the lower tier should also be buffed. I mean, yeah, I agree, but I, I think you have to be really, really careful about that. Yeah, well, like, you were pretty so- sad about it. You have to be mindful of it because mm-hmm. we would have a whole ordeal right where you know it'd be like fuck around or leroy right but like my whole thing is like it can be done it can be done but it's just carefully and they have to actually pay attention to what other people and players are saying or they need to watch tournaments for sure because um you know like okay for example with their balance team uh the fact that i mean they randomly like changing things like mishima hell sweep that's kind of random to me so they need to actually be paying attention to what's going on not just experimenting because uh, it changes the whole mood of the game. You start losing people's attention when you just start messing with stuff and playing with playing around with stuff like that. Like it's, I think it, it kind of stirs up the community, which can be fun. But <clears throat> actually, look at what people's concerns are. Like mm. the ones who you know, like the what you know, people's reasonable concerns. You know what I'm saying? Not like F Namco, you didn't bring back my character. You're nothing crazy like that. But you know, like just true concerns because they're watching the actual game like you know you're seeing what players are going through dealing with other matchups oh sorry one more challenger possibly struggling to get in here uh <laughs> we'll see we'll see having technical difficulties right now um he's trying his best okay no i i i agree with what you like what you said cuddle um i i kind of it seems like frames trying to get through here on that note i i kind of want to talk about maybe we should wait for frame before we talk about elisa (laughs) but um but yeah like i think um dino before before coming on to this he wrote up a a list of uncontroversial nerfs or changes for season four now let's go through them i'll I'll read through them and, and let me know if you if you guys agree yeah um no. number one pull down forward two should be more punishable on whiff because down yeah. forward two to down forward two is ugly <laughs> so good but yeah it's cheap totally yeah. change that i agree right or get um, rid of its high crush man get rid of the high about, crush isn't it? how about and, both then, why not both you can do both but i've i can i went online it's very hard to punish <laughs> that down forward two but i have seen people uh consist i mean fergus could tell you right when you know vitalik versus kirby was at the best example right Kirby's a good player, but I mean, this guy gets away with a lot of down four twos online, offline. I mean, every time you try to do it, you know, hop kick punish, you know, people can, you, you can't react to it. It's a good move. You shouldn't, yeah. you don't want to, you want to be careful destroying moves and making moves that are good, like not that good. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I think when you get uh, the same way, they got rid of Katarina's um, uh, cr- high crushing, uh, even mid crushing from the fifth frame, right? They completely got rid of it. So now in that situation, you can magic for it. You can jab it. 
and you don't got to be you don't have to be scared that you're going to get crushed. So against Paul, you know, I, I'm scared to just do jabs, you know, because they're down four mm. two. I shouldn't have to be scared about that. Do you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, um, yeah it could be fine to 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 make it easier to with punish. I'm I'm okay with that. Nothing, Paul. You ain't gonna hear no arguments from me. But I'm just saying, <laughs> isn't it? Like, you know, to be um to be fair, and like I think the, the 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 problem with it is it's crushing more than it's like recovery, isn't it? Even the yeah. rate, uh, even in because that's the thing. It's when he's enraged too. Like that's when it's even more scary, right? And so it shouldn't just be this whole thing where it's like, okay, oh my god, I have seventy percent health. Paul has like what twenty five, fifty, you know. And I have to yeah. now. I have to even play even more concerned. And, and then Delver two just crushes. No, there needs to be like he he needs to still have some sort of weakness because he has rage. Um, mm-hmm. you know, even the, even mm-hmm. enraged because you know he has the rage arc cancel. Like that yeah, needs to be yeah. considered. He, I don't know why he's overlooked sometimes, but that character's still OD. No, like Paul, I Paul's like top five, no question. He's, you know, yeah. I think I think me nee said it once. As long as your character has damage, they're always going to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Fergus has an opinion on the rage art cancel. You want to talk about that, Ferg? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, no, please, please, do tell. <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> why? Why am I eating sixty percent for doing a job? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> he to my job. I just approached my job. He demper twos. Maybe he meant to do it. Maybe he didn't. He probably didn't anyway. And he has. He happens to have rage or cancel. And I'm just dead. If I'm not dead, I'm at the wall. Then I'm dead afterwards. Or sway so, back yeah, forward to rage or cancel. Why is he the only like, one that has it? Why is he the only one that has that cancel? Right. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Because it's him of all characters. Because <laughs> America. That's why, bro. America. What do you to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, the the yeah, other like, right. the other change. Just why am I dying? Just why? For for because mm. of a jab. No, I completely agree. It's nerf that, <laughs> please. Yeah, yeah please, please, please. Um, no, I agree. I, I think it's uh, this is a, you know this is the list mm. of uncontroversial changes to um to you know moves in Tekken Seven. The other one yeah, yeah. Is, is is also Paul. Uh, forward one plus uh, four. Forward one plus four. Should be far more punishable on block. He's not a defensive archetype. It makes absolutely zero sense that he has one of the most rewarding panic buttons, which isn't even launch punishable by most of the cast. Mm. Yeah, minus agree. fourteen. It should, it should yeah, be uh, minus, know, 15, minus fifteen, sixteen. I think. Uh, if, if, it was, if, if it stayed minus fourteen, they would have to entirely remove the pushback. Like I, I had a deathmatch a couple of days ago with Brian, and it's funny because dinosaurs main is Brian as well. And so when I was playing uh, as Brian against Paul and I, I blocked the, the evasive shoulder, I couldn't jet upper it because there was pushback. And so I had to do down forward one, two or jabs. And that sucks because you're, ma- you're making the right read. You, you mm-hmm. are ready for it and your punish just whiffs. So either make it zero pushback and then it's minus 14 and people can con- very convincingly punish it or make it minus 15 or 16 even and then it has it can have the pushback but the way it is it, it's just not fun mm-hmm. it's a little it's too good I yeah, think, it's too good i think if you block it paul should dislocate his shoulder and forfeit the mm-hmm. round <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not so much the punishment on block it's just so evasive like yeah. like I, I tested my options in training mode if i'm plus eight I can't even dumpert one him. Yeah, like like uh, I should be able to dumpert one him. A high frame advantage, but I can't do that. I have to res- I have to respect this move completely. So it doesn't make sense that it evades so much 
and also yeah. get so much reward on hit as well. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm less worried about the punishment of block. I'm more worried about it. just nerfed it face it, the evasion on it. Yeah, that, yeah, that'd yeah. be good too. Mm. So I guess you do both even make it less evasive and yeah. I, I'm gonna say minus seventeen because I'm a Steve player. I actually want to launch punish it. Yeah, I agree. That's important <laughs> for me. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, you're not gonna find any disagreement here with nothing poor, man. Can anybody yeah. hear me at all? Or we can hear you. Yeah. We can't see Hello. you. You're kind of clipping in and out. How are you doing? Why can't you on that Wi-Fi, huh? Mr. Robot. Why? You need to turn those torrents off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um but okay, so on to the next um the next nerf that that's being suggested. Alisa. Alisa's power crush should be minus 14 again. She has boatloads of defensive options. Not sure why she gets a faster activating mid airborne screwing power crush for only minus 13. And also, isn't it? Doesn't the armor activate at six frames, not eight frames? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yes. Yeah. That's, that's why? it. Oh man, it's so. It's Is it? because cause Tekken. I'm sorry, Cuddle, but I agree with us completely. I said this on Twitter. I was like, why is this a thing? I'm sorry. I mean, to be honest, I don't care because, like, the only thing is, like, I was using it when it was fourteen. I was using it when it was safe. I was using it. I was using it when it's thirteen. So it's like to me, like, you just, you just have to think about your matchups. Then at that point, and who can launch it with fourteen? I mean, like, it just makes people more considerate of how they're using it. I don't see that as a crime because it's still good and it still activates at six frames, so it's still really good. So people should deserve more reward for blocking it. So like I ain't mad about it because the power crush is still OD. So like if it was just trash and if it was like negative fifteen, I'd be like, well, it's time for me to think all the time about it. But I, I think it's if yeah, it went back to fourteen, I, I would not care. I think it would be good. Um, that's funny because right. I, I just know the situation where like she does magic four on block, for example. But I still have to be careful because it's only minus five on block or something. Like she still yeah. has to threat the power crush, which goes into her chainsaw game afterwards on hit. So yeah. I have to be constantly wary about blocking Alisa stuff in case of this power crush because I can't keep her in check without doing lows on read. But, you know, there's a risk of being low parried as well. So it's, it's a pretty scary situation trying to initiate her fence on her. No, you're, you're right. Especially um, when she has like, oh. So no, no, no. Carry on, carry on. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I completely agree. Like, it, it's hard to like create offense all the time when that's an option, right? So mm-hmm. I think people deserve more reward mm-hmm. for yeah. I'll be fine uh, making yeah, good yeah. reads. Um, actually, I want to ask ask you a question, Cuddle, as, as the resident um, Elisa expert. Why why is it uh, six frames to activate? There has, there has to be a rationale or reason I, I, behind that I in her frame don't data. No, because like because it, it comes up really quick, right? I don't know why it's like that. I I, yeah. I actually don't know because um, I thought I thought maybe it was just the prop. I thought it was just the quality of it. You know, the thought, hey. Something fast, something that's better than her back forward two, because her back forward two is is it's it's kind of fast, but you know it's it's a high, and you know it can be stepped sometimes. So you know maybe they thought, hey, let's give her one that's like a bit better, but it's more uh, risky. So maybe they tried to balance that out with like, okay, yeah, it's it's punishable, but like it comes out faster. But I'm not sure why they did that. Um, but it's really good for no reason to me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that again, another uncontroversial nerf that would make the game better. Like what, minus fourteen? And it, what would you think they made an eight frame to activate? Would that? Yes, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I still think like it would still be a successful move. 
Um, It just, you have to be more considerate on where you use it. And it should be that way. So, you know, the person going against Elisa gets more reward for blocking. Um, They can apply more of that pressure. And then the Elisa player themselves can be more considerate of where they're using it. So it's just not, okay, I can do whatever I want. And I'm, you know, and that's fine. You know, so you start abusing it. No, you have to be considerate of it now because, you know, it it balances out uh, the matchups, I think. Mm, no, I, I, I mean, does anyone disagree with that? No, yeah. no, 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 that's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, you gotta think of the, the question. The question is why, right? Like, why is this move different from have different properties from every other move in the game? Why is it yeah. six instead of eight? And yeah. if there isn't a, a solid answer for that, then you you have to think that it was probably unintended, yeah. and then it causes issues in certain matchups and scenarios. Why is it like that? And is there a reason for it to not be changed to eight frames? If there's not a reason, if there's not a rational rationale, then then change it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, let's yeah. let's keep it as uniform as possible when it comes to stuff like power crushes. Okay, I guess we're all agreed on that one. The next one is a bit controversial, <coughs> and this is um, this is something that Dino, I know he's asked for since time immemorial, since way back in remember even Tekken Six, he was asking for this. Heihachi, Devil Jin, down forward two should no longer launch on counter hit. It's a, yeah. it's a fair, because... I think you mean, that's what Hassan, right? The reason I'm for this... Right now, why, now, you don't even have to say, I know why, because if you mess up your electric and you get a launch anywhere, and I make a read on ducking that electric, and you just mm-hmm. sit there pretending like that was your read... <laughs> oh, yes, I, I better no. do that. You should oh, not yeah. record it for your crap execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna like, think, yeah, I meant to do that, bro. I think they should go one step further. They should make their down forward two this pathetic mincing like yeah kind of attack <laughs> like make you feel ashamed for football right yeah, yeah like oh, no you you didn't intend to do that you didn't intend to do that and yeah, don't cha- lie, like. and change what do you think, that yeah yeah what do you think <laughs> i don't yeah, mean he looks Hawk upset he yeah. looks upset He's like, mm. how dare you? No, 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 no. I, 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 I understand where you guys are coming from. I am, and I agree to an extent that it really sucks if you get hit by an accidental down for two and you get launched. Uh, I was just, I was trying, I was trying to think <coughs> I, while while you guys were discussing it. I was trying to think of it. Um, Heihachi doesn't really have a mid counter hit launcher that is fast. That's his fastest mid counter hit launcher. It's fifteen frames. Devilgen has doesn't have a fast counter hit fifteen frame launcher either. It's um I'm I'm trying to think as in like what other move would you use in order to get a quick counter hit that is mid with Heiachi? His fa- his next fastest option would be four three, which is eighteen frames, which is kind of slow again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, really I can, good though. Four three is yeah, it, it is it is really good, but it's still slow. Like it it's slow it, compared to other other mm, other moves that launch on counter hit. Hey, there you are. Um, I don't know. I think I think I would be. I would be okay with it. I mean, yeah, I would be okay with it. I think I would I be more okay I don't okay think Hayashi as a character is, is crazy about counter hits though, right? You know, like, yeah, I don't think that yeah, he's not, he's not. He's not, he's not. But like there's, there's, uh, there's certain situations where you force up a frame, frame advantage situation where a down forward two will counter hit them if you press into it. And like other moves are going to be too slow in the same, for the same purpose or for the same situation. And so... There are setups where you can try to use it, but I, I, I could see it being gone. I wouldn't mind it as much, I think. Because I, I understand the feeling that it's kind of frustrating when you get launched randomly by it, and then people pretend like, yeah, that was super intended. But like, I mean, if you watch Kudans, if you watch Kudans, he uses it a lot. He uses a lot of 
standalone down forward twos with Devil Jin, and uh, he gets a lot of counter hits. So I think that there is a there is a purpose for it. It's just um, yeah, I don't know. It's a good check duck too. That down forward two uh, is a good way to check people who are ducking. I always thought it was really good for that. You know, wave yeah. dash, wave dash, down forward two. So I mean, I don't know. I think they kind of need it. Mm. Um, I, not on counter hit, but just you know. I still think maybe something about it needs to. I don't know. I I don't think it was a terrible thing that they had it. I don't. I think it was. It, it, I don't think it really made. I didn't. I don't know. I didn't feel like it really affected the gameplay that much, or it didn't make it like yeah overwhelming. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Clearly, down forward two ha- is a big part of their game plan. It has utility, and it needs to be there. I think the question is: is just the <clears throat> overlap with the electric wind godfist input? So, how about just? I know it's weird and unconventional, but just maybe move it to up forward two or something. Mm, but isn't that uh, that thing that, you know, that weird, like where they do the, the weird punch thing? How about reverse yeah. the weird punch, the integral <laughs> weird punch thing and down forward two just yeah. for the machines? Oh, gotcha. That, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, you could. Audio has that up forward two. So it's the yeah. same thing. Mm. Yeah. Frame. Hello. Thank you for joining. Am I, am I on this podcast now? You are now officially on this podcast. Amazing. Okay. I'm so sorry if I was fucking stuff up with robot voice and stuff. I don't know. That's Japanese right. internet. I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah, Japanese that's the worst. Good, bro. It's good to be back. Good to have you him here. Good to have you here. Yo, let me, ask, let me ask you a question, uh, Frame. Yeah. I want to ask this. Is, I mean, because I, mean, uh, I knew you were going to be on the show, and I, I thought this is the question. I want to ask this guy. What do you think of the new horror hopkick? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't know the frame data yet because they keep fucking up when they Probably show minus new 14. moves. Probably minus 14. Probably minus 14. If it's, ba- no, it's but, like Bakes like, one. When Namco show new moves, they keep fucking up and they start showing the move when it's already animating. So you can't yeah, even yeah, yeah. So I... how fast it's going to impact. Like if they show the whole move, I could be like, okay, that looks like 15 or whatever. But I've only watched the trailer like once. But the one thing I saw is that it's he's doing it at an angle towards the opponent so it looked like me to me like it might be like a sidestep move or something you know kind of like fucking rum has his fucking sidestep hopney or um i don't know uh i mean if it's just another tool for huarong another hop kick uh in the game then i don't uh, know i we were talking a bit about it earlier and, and i don't see it as much of a big deal it, it it seems like it's from right flamingo it's it's just a hop kick from right flamingo you shouldn't be pressing buttons when he's in right flamingo anyway and it's um like if, if it's minus 13 and i can do something about it then you know it's fine yeah like, i don't know man i feel like with Hor- with how horong is now yeah with that <clears throat> in certain situations you know if you want to try and sidestep or do a down four as a as an os or these sort of things, I think is is in my ad. You know, there's not a lot of um, of low crushing options. You know that Huarong. He's and, got like, um, you know, very especially good point, from but also as well. down jabs, right? Like that's how I deal with Huarong a lot. I just down jab. <laughs> yeah, I think so it's interrupt, and if so. it's gonna you know go clean over down jabs, then it's just you know, yeah, uh, it will, it will, it will. That's the that's yeah, the will, intended will, purpose. That's clearly the intended purpose yeah. of it. Um, mm, yeah. but but look, this, the, I'll, I'll just read out. Right. Actually, Dino wrote a little little paragraph on this. I mean, he couldn't join us today, but he he wrote he wrote some notes over for us. Um, he thinks that the Horan up forward four from right flamingo probably doesn't look that significant as a neutral tool, partially because Horan doesn't really go into right flamingo in neutral very often. In general, this seems like a fix 
for the way that you get a semi-free generic down four on Horang whenever he does Rifle Flamingo forward four on block. Um, this can only be beaten with Rage Art or Step Kick three, where both the down four and the Rifle Flamingo three will miss, which kind of sucks. Uh, yeah, and but even why, why, why do that though, man? Like, why, why, why say okay? There's an option selector, or there's a way of beating this dancer. Let's just let's just add something in there to beat it, like, which mm-hmm. which gives you a, like a massive reward. We all, I mean. It's understated how much Horang, uh, his damage and his wall carry is. You know how much damage it's that guy does? No one talks about it. It's yeah. so it, much damage. And pressure combat. once he gets to the wall, you have to guess all over again. I mean, you know, he still has to work for it and everything, but once he gets you to the walls, you're good. Like, that's, like, it's scary. So, I, like, yeah. This is the thing. A lot so of people... I don't, I don't, I don't sorry, go, go on. Yeah, I just saying, I don't, I don't like when, when it's like, okay, there's an option to beat this. Let's just, let's just, get rid of characters weaknesses that's what we've been seeing i feel like a pattern of like oh this character has this weakness let's give him a strength let's let's mess strengthen it or um let's let's get rid of this sort of situation where and, and, and add an option in where he can get big reward if the opponent does an option select or something it's like I, you don't need to do that you know what i, I mean <laughs> i don't i i think like horang's main weaknesses are terrible hype we talked about this on on the big horang uh podcast uh the other week but like Bad high crush, bad low crush, terrible punishment, um, weak neutral, <laughs> bad pan- panic moves. Um, well, you don't have to this- worry about that when you're um, never not attacking, you see? Yeah, but if you want to play Tekken when you can just attack all the time and uh, a constant flow of mix-ups just naturally, organically happens. Uh, I, you know, I, I think I don't really I, agree with that. I, I think um, and neither do I. I'm just, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think this is the thing. Like whenever Horang gets a bunch of buffs, the Horang cycle happens where everyone's like, ah, oh, Horang's OP. And then a month later, oh, no, he's not. He's, he's just Horang. Basically. I don't know why. Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. Go, go, go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, I mean, I kind of see what people are saying about him being OP. But I don't at the same time because I, I mean, maybe also my character, I'll say that. I know I have options. So, you know, whether it's a dick jab or if I'm sidestepping left or I'm back dashing or I'm applying constant pressure to him. He has a hard time uh, dealing with people who get, uh, apply a lot of pressure to him, too. Mm. So it's kind of like, I don't now once he hits you and it's, you know, if you don't know that matchup, you're going to get obliterated. Like that, that's just going to happen because if you don't know that matchup, you will die. So you're going to get counter hit all the time. You're going to get tail spun and stuff and everything. But if you actually know that matchup, I don't, I think it's, I don't think it's OP. I don't think he's OP. I think his wild carry is great, but he has to actually hit you first. He actually has to, you know, counter hit you or launch you for something. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like the character's kind of pretty, pretty balanced if you know the matchup uh, and my kid, you know, depending on the matchup, Elisa does great in that matchup. Uh, yeah, I'll show you. Uh, characters that can go to stances really do well against him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think that I don't think I'm not, not I don't think anyone's saying that she's that he's OP. It's just like you know how you said like in certain situations like I don't know Zafina and maybe Elisa as well can backdash to avoid the sweet bang after certain moves yeah. and these sort of, you know these sort of options that characters have right. What I'm saying is imagine they gave Huarong an option to beat Zafina and Elisa from backdashing in certain scenarios. Yeah. Exactly. Well, why well, would you do that? You know, I meant that's like what, I'm the, what was being referenced earlier about like people yeah. sometimes saying that he's OP. That's what I meant. I, I know that's not what was being discussed. Oh, right, yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. yeah, no, but um, you're right. If that, yeah. you know, if, if something was put into his tool uh, toolkit that, you know, allowed him to kind of stop characters like mine and Zathena from like avoiding those things, it will be 
huge. That would be a game changer completely. Yeah, yeah. and it's the same way that like you add the hop kick in, and it's like it beats certain option selects. It beats like using down four, which is a good option to you. I mean, Haroon is in the chat now. He can tell you like he's on Tommy. You know, if you use this move in a certain in certain situations, then it beats like most options. You know, and it's like now you've got an option which could potentially beat the down four, but you could get like a huge amount of damage from it, and it's probably only going to be like what minus thirteen or maybe fourteen or something. You know, so. I don't know. We've got to wait and see, right? But it's like I just don't like when you when when you add these things yeah. into into character tool sets when it's when it, when they when they're weak, um, when when their offense has an opening, and you just mm-hmm. you just you just you just you know say you know what let's close that opening and give him it's something like another band aid. Yeah, I think yeah. you have a very good point. I mean, the um, an interesting character design in this game is, I think, uh, built as much around weakness as it is around strength. So if you have like King and he's supposed to be the grappling character, then his grappling should be very good, but that needs to be compensated for by him not being as good in other areas. Otherwise you're just building characters that can do everything. And so looking at a character and, you know, asking what are the weaknesses and then trying to patch those isn't the way to go about it. Unless you have a character like Gigas where the intended design being scary on block, being good at, high damage throws isn't working then you need to patch those up so that gigas can do what gigas is supposed to be good at um i I completely agree i completely agree but i uh, i think we're i agree on the (laughs) end result but the road we're taking on the way is different i I agree you should consolidate a character's strengths and leave their weaknesses alone uh, like having clear defined strengths and weaknesses on a character is what makes them interesting learning how to work around their weaknesses by putting yourself in a position where you can leverage their strengths is one of the best things about fighting games. It's just when it comes to this um, Horong right flamingo thing, his hop kick from right flamingo, I see it as exactly that. It's consolidating his strength. It's consolidating his strength in flamingo mix-ups. It's not affecting his panic moves, which are still bad. It's not affecting his crush moves, which are still bad, or his punishment, or any of his clear-cut weaknesses. It's making his strength even better. Now, you know, you don't have an easy option to get out of his um, his pressure after you see right flamingo forward four and block. So he has an option now to beat you. Fine, that's what he's about. No, 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 but but you, you, it's just, it's, I think this is just like semantics now, because then yeah. I can turn around and say, hey, you know, yes, it's it's definitely strengthened his strengths, but it's also gotten rid of a weakness of his as well. I'm reading what Haroon said. Weaknesses can be adjusted, but just not with a launching option that completely shifts the risk and reward, which is exactly what it is. It's like down yeah. four was, a, that's a weakness. I mean, and in Tekken Tag 2, where there was no power crushes in this, using down jabs, and we all know down jabs were very useful versus Huaran when he was in pressure and stuff. And even, you know, no. yeah, because you can't, now they're not as good because well, the have. system with power crushes, they will absorb those down jabs and they'll just, you'll eat them. Do you know what I mean? So they're not as good, but the down four being a low, it eats the power crush and it would, and it it crushes over certain other options as well. But now you've got this hop kick. Now you've got this hop kick here, which a hundred percent is going to do bare damage. These guys are going to find combos day one that take you to the wall and do 85% damage. And they're going to be like, oh, sick. You know, and it's like, (laughs) yeah. So I, I think that was one of his weaknesses was that, you know, if you use these high crushing tools, that are very quick, like a down four or down jab, his pressure can be um, can be stopped. And now they were like, you know what, let's just add this in there so that they can't do that anymore. And let's do it with a big move, which which can do 80% damage. You know, why, you know why he has it though, right? You know why they gave it to him, right? Because it's, it's a kicking character. It's a favorite yeah, kind of 
They could have given him a kick. I think character needs to have all the kicks. I honestly believe I like Tekken character design, but moveless twice, it is so fucking surface level. They're just thinking about kicks that Huarong doesn't have, and they're adding kicks to him. I bet. I think it was nobody really uses them anyway. Like if it's just a low crush move, that's like a little bit bad on block. That'll be okay, but not a launcher, man. Like maybe give him something to stop. There's a uh, there's options that you have for a stance, but just don't make a launch. Don't give him a lot of reward for it. It's just maybe like a little knockdown into free back three or like a little tailspin on her or something, right? But, like a ballerina spin. Uh, but right? if it's, so it's something, if something like, like, like well. that, the low crush, you have to take away the low crush, I think is the problem. But the low crush is the entire point of that move. I mean, if it's anything yeah. like Baek's move, it's it's going to be minus 14, which is, mm. which is yeah. I mean, but, but like, I think it needs to be made to... Mm-hmm. So my whole thing, I think negative 15. Because, yeah. I, mm. yeah, it's cool that maybe like 10% of the cast can launch it at negative 14. But I think for blocking a hot kick like that, <laughs> uh, you know, there needs to be more reward. So mm, yeah. they need to... Amp that, please. Thank you. Something I, I, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. noticed in season three was the trend of making a lot of moves that were minus 13, minus 14. That was a constant trend. A few went the other way, like uh, Elisa's Power Crush. There were a few outliers on that. Who knows why they did that. But, <laughs> but generally, a lot of moves that were minus 13 became minus 14, like Miguel's back four. Um, I think of some other examples, but like minus fourteen seems to be a new standard now. And, and of course, if you have a minus four, I, I guess the 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 point of that was to um, make characters who have a minus fourteen launcher, like Brian or Law, stand out a bit. Um, mm. But do you, but do you think that should be minus fifteen instead, so nearly everyone can get a launch? It won't matter. <laughs> Because he'll hit you with it and the round will be over and you'll be pissed and you'll have to take a break <laughs> and, and it will suck ass. Uh, it won't matter. I think the reason they're putting all these moves at 14 is the same reason they're buffing electrics for no reason. Namco are waiting for that moment where somebody actually punishes something minus 14 with a really dope electric in tournaments so that people over the world will start caring about their boring soy boy main characters in their game. Yeah. <laughs> This is what I like. This is what I like listening to uh, the frame. Mm. He's funny. Yeah. You're funny. Frame, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met you before, It's so nice to, to meet you. And I wanted to say something when I, I knew I was going to get to talk to you. When I started this game, I'm, I'm not, you know, I haven't been playing for that long. I used to go in your Twitch chat and, you know, I, I knew nothing. And whenever I asked a question or, or anything, you'd always answer and you'd always be super cool. And uh, I really remember that, uh, and I've taken that with me. That's why I'm I'm careful about looking at comments and stuff when I make stuff now. So I just wanted to to let you know that uh, I always thought you were really cool because of that. So it, it's really nice to meet you. Oh, nice to meet you! Too. Oh, wow! Yeah, no problem. You know, that's what we do here. You know, like yeah. I'm I'm usually ninety five percent nice until somebody tries to come at me. You know, so as long as you know, you know, as long you know, as yo. I have no problem helping anyone. And I like your videos. I actually watched yours on Elisa, and I thought it was really cool. Hey, like, cool. I used like to play Elisa the- back then, actually, when I started watching you. Then I grew up and then played everything. <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you play now? Elisa. That, that's why I had to come on. I heard Mihawk talking shit about her downford one. <laughs> and you said, hey, hey, let me get in here. Let me, let me, let me come in real quick. That's when he got in, right? Next thing. <laughs> that's what no, but I also, uh, I also play uh, Zafina lately, which is... Also a disliked character, but maybe not as much. 
I mean, but you know, if we're gonna talk about well-rounded characters, man, that's one of them. Like she has the damage, she has the mix-up, she has the tracking, she can block from stance. Like, dude, like mm. that is one well-rounded character, underused yet again for some reason, but great choice. Like, I think she's super cool. One of the things I like about her, we're kind of getting off topic, I guess, but when I play Elisa, I usually jump a lot with her instead of backdashing. I don't utilize movement all that much because I have all these crushing options and jumping options. So I wanted, I guess, to uh, play something more movement centric and she's the best at that. So she is, yeah. Mm. That's so wholesome, that whole interaction. I was like, that's how cool, you know, back in the day. <laughs> no, but it is super dope when you like watch all these content creators. I mean, all of you guys have been named since before I started playing the game at all. And now I'm like on a podcast with you eating curry. It's it's wild. <laughs> I'm calling like, through I, Star Trek. I learned some of the new moves, um, like like that's like under like talking about properties about like at least like stuff by watching your videos like a couple months ago because you know i mean i know the game but it's like you know for a long time i wasn't really breaking it down like that that so it's, it's interesting seeing other people analyze that and it makes you think about the game in a different way especially when it comes to your character and it's always good to look at different perspectives and see how people are approaching the character or, like the new stuff that she has and so i mean you know you can always learn something like so I, I always like looking at what people think. Yeah, about. Tekken is such a sure. deep game, man. You can always learn something of of anyone. You know, it's it's one of the cool things about it. You know how because it's so deep, and if someone is you know focusing their attention on a certain thing, which even if you like you, you know you're focusing more on just like the competitive side of it and just like you know reactions and matchups and stuff, someone will always know something that you don't, which is the best thing. You know. Yeah. Um, I was able to teach. I was learning something about about Kazumi. He messaged me like, "Yo, I didn't know this about Kazumi. I learned from your from your video." I'm like, "Really? Like, okay, okay cool." You know. Yes. Uh, maybe I'm just amazing at the game. I don't know. <laughs> you're just you're just a G. You're just you're. I'm just, just I'm just a G. G. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. That's what's There's always something to like, learn. Always something to learn. That's that's yeah. the cool thing. You know. Mm. No matter how long you've been playing the game, no matter like what you've done, like you can learn something from someone. So it's like it's. I just I don't know. It's always good to remember. Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's so cool that somebody think or sees this in the character or like they're using this. It has these properties. I didn't know that. So it just you know it's a nice, especially when new moves for a character comes out. You know, sometimes I don't want to automatically touch the new moves. I want to see what somebody else is doing with them first. Like, let's kind of see what their approach is. So then I can kind of, I have something to go off of when I go into the lab. And I'm like, okay, they were doing this. Like, okay, now I know there's a launch. Okay, I can use this. Like her back four four kind of thing. Like when people were looking at that and, and some of Elise's new stuff. Like it was really like, I like when other people can analyze my character. And they, you know, don't shit on the character. They just break her down. Like that's all you have to do. It's not hard. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I'd definitely like to see some more positivity in general in the community in every respect mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I feel way. really good about the community right now because I kind of feel I don't know but a lot of people rallied around um, your content your channel recently Ori and it was kind of like that was amazing. the developers weren't really showing us a lot of love and kind of you know uh, shutting us out a little bit but it felt like uh, I, I so- sort of felt like we don't need them then they can just be the fucking vague fuckers in a room somewhere making the game and then we can do like everything else if they make more broken characters we can figure it out uh and but but we dictate like everything uh at this point and we've got each other so i mean i'm super excited about season four and i feel better about namco now and stuff but um i also feel like the community is in a really good spot somehow yeah i 
I have to say it's been an amazing week personally, just, just to see the amount of support personally. I think a lot of people are shitting on the game. Um, yeah. but like when usual, comes- like usual, but when it comes to our kind of interpersonal relationships, uh, I think the community <clears throat> is in a tighter spot than ever. Maybe because we're shitting on the game, we're shitting on the game in unison. Just feels so unified and wholesome because we're shitting on it together. <laughs> but but I, I have I have to give a massive, massive, massive shout out because I don't know if you guys are aware, but um, like a week ago, I went on Main Man's uh, stream and uh, we talked a bit about uh, you know the the difficulties in in creating content uh, for TPS and how just long and expensive it was and how it was basically unsustainable. And uh, once the word got out on tech and Reddit and the word spread, my Patreon's basically tripled over the past week. And it's Ooh, com- that's nice. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's gone to a, a place where <laughs> like yesterday, yesterday I was, I managed to do a full day of editing and I can't remember the last time I could do that. And not have to constantly look at the clock and think, ah, how much longer can I spend editing today without having to, you know, <laughs> earn some money, right. basically. I mean, your, your content's um, okay, man. It's, it serves like... It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, I, I just can't begin to express my gratitude for that. It, it, I just don't know where to start. I don't have any words. Um, it, you've, you've kind of... People have made this channel um, secure. You've reduced so much personal anxiety from on my end i can actually edit now and and not have to worry about a million things it's um mm-hmm. yeah it's just thank you so much I'm, I'm i'm incredibly incredibly grateful thank you um you deserve awesome, it bro. nice congrats very nice cheers cheers huge congrats and you, you, you um, deserve it your team deserves it you all are amazing at what you do ah thank you i'm humbled seriously i'm humbled um Let's let's carry on with season four. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about. We've we've been at this for like nearly two hours. There's still so much to so much to <laughs> cover. Yeah, too, much, too, much, too much positivity, man. Too much positivity. Shut up. You all suck. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. So we got one through. Move. We got through Paul. Down forward two, forward one plus four. We got through Elisa, down forward one plus two. Um, Mishima's down forward two. Curiously, uh, he didn't add Kazuya down forward two to that. I guess because if down forward two is blocked, it's it's unsafe. Kazuya's anyway. Yeah, he doesn't have um, the conventional Mishima down forward two, yeah. Exactly, right. Um, and we, we got sidetracked a bit with Horong. Um, and now we're on to Steve. And the, the two suggested nerfs are... Steve one one two shouldn't jail. Totally agree. I why agree. Does, I agree. Why? Why is it jail? <laughs> like the whole it's point of his one. Like, yeah. yeah, it, it doesn't make I mean, sense. Intact to it used to be intact to it used to be minus ten, and you could duck the last hit, and now you can't duck it, and you can't punish it. Like it's just, it's just you can throw it out for free, pretty much, and that's really silly. Like, yeah, silly. You should only be using that move as a 10 frame punisher. You have one, two, one as your kind of neutral counter hitting tool. Yeah. I, 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 it's just, um, it just feels you weird. You get it free it's- after the throw on the wall as well, right? Yeah. 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 You get free after a, oh, after a yeah. shot at the wall. Um, the position changey looky thing from Tech Report. I always call it that. I know it's not, but it looks like it. Like the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The official yeah. remnant from Tech and 4. Yeah. You get a free one, one, two if you do it from the front. 
And then if you do it from a side or back, you get a uh, quarter circle forward one, or it's easier now to do back one too. Um, it's so whack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. He's has an amazing <laughs> war game, but yeah, his, Steve's one, one, two is just really anomalous. Doesn't make sense. And it makes his one, one down one kind of irrelevant. Because if it jails, yeah, why, why? Just put something more crap there. I didn't even know it was breakable till like last year. Like I, I've never broken it in my life. I've never seen anyone break it. So, so I just assumed it was one of those breakable crafts. Yeah, yeah. But I only found out last year. I played for eight years and I only found out the wall grab was unbreakable last year. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard. It's really right. good. It's it's amazingly good. You know, like, and you know, you know. Sometimes you don't think about. Oh yeah, watch out! I'm at the wall. Steve's gonna throw me into the wall. Like you don't think about yeah. that, right? So it's like I just thought it was guaranteed if you get to that. So straight up, right? Yeah, you, you can break Which, it, but yeah. the, the break window I think is a, quite a bit short, smaller than than a, than you know your conventional twelve frame break window. I don't know what it is, but mm. it's definitely it's yeah, a little smaller. It's tighter. Yeah. Mm. How much? Uh, I don't have empirical data. Yeah. Small anyway, like Yeah. Probably like mm. I don't know, ten frames or I mean usually you have usually you have twenty frames, uh, Sorry, 20 frames to break a throw, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean I don't know the exact numbers, but it feels like two or three <laughs> frames less time, maybe seventeen, sixteen, I don't know. Do you so think that's it's, it's, Yeah, I messed know, up like it's twelve frames difference? to impact, twenty frames to break. So, so Yeah, exactly. Ignore, ignore. Is that like a lot? Like does that feel like a lot? Because I don't know, it doesn't I mean, it's 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 much faster than regular throws, but you can break it, especially since he has to do it out of the. I think he does the back sway into the throw, and so you, it's only that throw that can follow up. So you kind of, you can also kind of know when it's coming. So um, it's harder than regular throws, but it's breakable if you're if you're just ready for it. So yeah. Is, wait, is it like a? Oh, I forgot again. I, I said it was one plus. Two. No, is it a? It's a one, right? Or is it one plus two? One plus two. Oh, I was okay. I was yeah, one plus two. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, one plus two. Um, it's kind of od. <laughs> yeah. What? Don't what? bother practicing it. Just down jab. Mm-hmm. Don't oh, bother down practicing jab. the break. I mean, it's gonna feel all dope in practice more than you're gonna eat it anyway. Just go under. Yeah. Chat, I've never chat, broken in my life. So. Chat, chat is saying it's a fourteen frame break window. Yeah, fourteen could be. Could be. That's, that's, is it like the? Uh, Falcon Rams? No. Yeah. Oh it? It's exactly the same. Uh, must have been. <laughs> the same. But it, it is it is breakable because as I said, it it comes out from a specific stance and yes. they mostly yeah. do it once you're at the wall, so it doesn't really make sense to throw it out in the open. Um, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can kinda know when it's coming. There there is only particular situations on when it's really useful. It's not like with Falcon Ram where you can do it pretty much any time during the Never. round. It's yeah, I mean, yeah, you have time to do everyone plus two, wall black key charge, and then do it again. <laughs> That's how much time you have in between. Yeah. Toxic. Can, can you remind me, yeah. what was oh, the break window? This, this guy deserved it, that's all I'm saying. What, what was like the break it. window in Tag 2? Because they made it bigger. 15 effort. frames. 15, 15, 15 frames. wasn't it? Yeah, 15. So they improved it by five frames. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So Fakum Rum's old throw was basically a tag two or a legacy tag and throw and so steve yeah. still has something of course because he's still od and he's still really good and super <laughs> yeah. safe and top five yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um the the other suggested change with steve is um this is a bit more controversial for down forward two to duck not to work on whiff basically uh so you, you can mm. only duck cancel on block or on hit and I totally agree with this. I think this 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 should never have been a thing. 
Um, it That's makes change. Yeah, I, I, especially for Mihawk. I know because you know for a Mishima player who wants to launch with EWGF, this must be so frustrating for for Steve to whiff it down forward too. I and mean, then just slip not essentially it. only as a Mishima player. I think any any player with any character would be happy if you'd be able to somehow whiff punish Steve once in your life because this character. <laughs> Is simply not designed to be whiff punished. It's he's he's not designed to 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 be whiff punished. He's designed to slowly chip him away, turtle a lot, and blah blah. But so when he has his down forward two into no duck uh, on whiff, that would be that would be great because right now the 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 way how you play against Steve, it feels like you're blocking either back once or down forward twos the whole time, and you take turns against him all the yeah. time. You need to know when to interrupt Steve, and so. Steve players become a bit lazy in a sense that they feel like they can just throw out down four twos, Stuff. and even if it even if it whiffs, it doesn't matter because they can duck cancel and then they're safe again. Yeah. And I think that would be, yeah, just it would just raise more awareness to the Steve player, knowing yeah. that he would have to be a bit more cautious about what moves he uses and and especially the ranges as well that he watches the ranges. And um, good idea. You definitely build bad habits as a Steve player. You you, you get accustomed mm-hmm. to the idea that you can just throw shit out and, and you won't yeah. get with punished for it. Step on the ones. toes at the wall. Yeah. 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 Guaranteed follow-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they removed the guaranteed follow-up after for down back three, too, unless at very specific angles. But yeah, his 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 wall 50-50 is insane. His whole wall game is crazy. Yeah. One more nerf I'll add to Steve is that they should also remove the duck cancel from his rage drive, too. Mm-hmm. Um because why is it there? His rage drive two is already absurd. It's probably the best rage drive in the game. Um, if you remove the duck cancel, what you do is you remove the um, the mix up on block, and mm. you reduce the damage and wall carry on hit. He still gets a combo, mm. um, but yeah, like I don't understand why you could have a duck cancel from it in the first place, and of oh. course to make it easier to whiff punish. The yeah, actually, I want to say why this is a problem. I'm going to say why the the, the rage drive, the, the duck cancel to the rage drive thing is a problem. So say this happened to me a lot of times, especially for like characters that have like um high power crushes. So I make a read against Steve. I do show his power crush. He so like my power crush makes contact with him, um, but like he can like. Not, I don't know if it makes kind of, but like he goes under it. He goes under and he can do a launch. That shouldn't. Mm. I uh, but the, with the the rage drive, I don't think that should be possible. I made a read, so he should get hit for that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really like kind of they need to reduce that or remove that or something because that's actually a really big problem. Because if I'm making a read, then why is that? Why am I getting punished for that? It's a good point, and that's exactly why I want them to reverse the improved recovery on electrics as well. Yeah. Because um, uh, if I like, if I duck under it because I knew it was happening, but you still recover so fast that I get nothing, um, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't at all because I'm like, okay, I made a read, but now I can't even do anything, and I can't even do my power crush. Like, and, and I'm not saying sure I use power crush is that good because, well, I mean, I like using it because it kind of tracks. So, oh, but if I make a read, then I should be rewarded. I shouldn't have to be afraid every single time I do it. I, I can't be afraid of making the read then because I don't have a power crush. And so I'm relying on my down four ones. I'm relying on AOP and I can get hit out of that too. So I want to go for safer options sometimes. And my power crush is one of my safer options. Even though it's a high, it's safe. Mm. <laughs> I, you yeah. know, 
Fergus, I remember you, you, you made a really good how to play whatever character online video recently. I really enjoyed that. Um, and one of your tips you. for, mach- for Machimas was just like, throw out electrics. They won't whiff punish you if they the try. Heart. I really came from the heart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, you can, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah, true. This, well. this is from eight years of playing online. So I fought every character. In Tattoo, I played every character to an extent. So you know, I knew the hobbits. I knew the player hobbits. And I played so many good players with these characters now they're good mm. but i think online just gives us gives you habits no matter what right yeah so like i know each character and what they can do online what they can abuse online it's not like oh uh, you know this moves good offline anyway it's just like certain moves that get stronger online purely maybe because it's good recovery or it's hard to because of the range it's hard to dash block it or something like that mm. you know it's, it's or it's so much reward for not much risk in doing the move itself so yeah, there was a lot of heart and thought put into the video. No, it was a good video. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I could, I could feel the heart and the frustration and the pain. Um, all right. So uh, I guess next character, Law. Um, and Law uh, 3 plus 4, 4 should be just one move assigned to 3 plus 4. So he can't do 3 plus 4 and whiff confirm it. You have to confirm <sighs> No, I don't. Yeah. I don't like that. What, okay, I, I know that I've spoken to some law players like Gosain who said that they they wouldn't mind that. In in my opinion, and from what we've seen in the in the past, with how they nerfed the Leroy's up four deepers four, what they'll probably do, what, the, what I think they should do, is to make uh, it interruptible. So if you do a deepers four, um, then it's always jab punishable. You have a ten frame window to punish it. That will be, and the second hit won't interrupt it. Um, then there right. becomes a read between you doing a ten frame or ducking and going for a full launch, depending on the scenario. Like if you if you if you have a massive life deficit and you think okay, three plus four is coming out, if you he might have in this scenario he probably tried to confirm the whiff, so let me duck and then you know you, you launch him for it. So it's a mix up between either a ten frame or a or a full launch. That's that's what I think would be a better better change to that, which is what they did to Leroy. Mm-hmm. Is it interruptible? Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think for now you only get den chop interrupt anyway, which is obviously good for two D characters, but for the rest of the cast, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, yeah like, uh, yeah. Oh, um, I was <laughs> gonna be super random, but laws three plus four. I think that the three plus four four should only be accessible during rage drive, and so that he'll have a better rage drive, but he'll still have some sort of whip punish and maybe amp some a little bit of the damage on the three plus four, but uh, don't make it a um. You make it a dope, like long range, fourteen frame launcher, and then I guess do you make it safe on block as well? Then probably. Uh, the rage drive. If it yeah, was a rage drive, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Mm. So basically, like Steve's one, then like exactly. Yeah. And like Zafina, and there are a lot of characters like that. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it gives him, you know, so it's not like, but it's only accessible during rage, and so he actually has a rage drive then, and, and but but he's a good character, but you know, it's still like he has a really crappy rage drive and. Um, three plus four four is really good, but to, I think just to balance it out, it it um, three plus four can still have some good damage and can still be a good whip punish. Um, but he also has that sidestep uh, was it three plus four move, which I think is pretty yeah. okay too. But he needs a rage drive. Um, for him to be so good, nobody really uses him. And I, hey, why not give him a better rage drive? Um, nobody. So you mean him, but... remove the three plus four entirely and just give him that as a rage drive, but remove it no. from like his actual moveset or? Oh no, three plus four. No, you... Four. Yeah, make oh, Deepest oh. make make Four as it was in um, Tag 2, like just the 3 plus 4. It had more damage, I yeah. think, on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then and Rage Drive, once he has Rage, 
then he oh, has okay. plus, he has access to three plus four. Four. This is, this is dangerous for law. This is very dangerous. <laughs> but he needs something it, for rage. This is dangerous. Law's rage drive is terrible, but I, I kind of like that because <laughs> because. That's his weakness, can, right? That's one of his yeah. weaknesses. I it like it. Crush, at least. Exactly. Yeah, like, so if he has a rage drive that is too good, it's going to be risky. Very, very. I mean, that that's what kind of happened between season one, Steve, and season two, Steve. It's mm. when everyone, when everyone was screaming after he got that ridiculous rage drive. It was Steve <laughs> was not bad as a character in season one. He was very, very good. He was already top tier in season one. But after he got that rage drive, so it just stupid. changed things entirely. I really and now I imagine that. Law also also having that type of launch for free which is most likely going to be plus on block as well since it's a rage drive so yeah but you're balancing it, out, it by, by getting if you're balancing it by getting rid of his deepest four in the neutral exactly. yeah exactly so, and it doesn't wall so split i'm gonna say that don't let the wall yeah split. <laughs> so you get rid of three plus four four as i mean this oh. is a, again this is something i've spoken with gosen about before you know with like imagine if three plus four four wasn't just a launcher i'm, I'm imagining this move as a rage drive Actually, we actually spoke about this like a couple years ago. Like I was like, the three plus four four could easily have been a rage drive. This movie is ridiculous, and you know, go say, all these law players know it's ridiculous. They don't. They kind of you know, don't talk about it too much. Forty frame the range as Yeah, in, more, in rage, in rage only. That's the yeah, thing. If you have it in rage only, yeah, yeah, then it's balanced because you get rid of it in in yeah, the opening. Okay. Yeah, 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 I see. I like it. I think it's a good idea. Mm. They also mm. need it's to make him shut happen, the though. fuck up. That's the most important nerf to law. They need to make him fucking quiet. <laughs> it's so he's, important. He's I mean, super annoying. I, I am. I am not joking even a little bit. Screaming really loud constantly is a powerful strategy in tech, and Poke Chop has been relying on it for a while. Law players out there are constantly taking wins on people because the opponent is just so defeated by the experience of having to be on the stage for law that they. It's not that they start losing the match. They don't really care about Tekken anymore. They start thinking about, you know, uh, all the difficult things in life and, and where they went wrong. I mean, I mean I, honestly, like, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm joking, but I'm also not, like, just a little bit. If you could turn, like, down opponent character volume or something like that, it would be reflected in law win rates online. I promise. <laughs> no, like, Dragon Ball's hitting anymore? No? Yeah. You know, whenever I play Guilty Gear... I uh, I always have to go to the sound menu and turn the voices right the way down. Otherwise, that game is just right. unplayable for me. I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah, deal the with screen, it. Their country hits and everything. Yeah, like they can't just do a move and just do it. They have to like scream out the name of their move and yeah. like even on block animations, they're like saying these full sentences with every like chip of very block. anime. Yeah, I like that some color work though, because like it, when you do certain moves with a character, they have like little quotes. And I, I, th- I like that because it gets more personalized into the character. It's cool in you know, Soul Calibur, except for the fact that they wrote the lines in Japanese, translated them to English with Google Translate, but then they got actual American voice actors to do the lines. So you have oh, people who speak correctly you know, in English saying things like, you know, that are completely don't even try it. Disgusting. It, like, it <laughs> so, like, disgusting. 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 Yeah. <laughs> So when I watch when it's I watch so those games, yeah. I'm like, huh? Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm really glad I don't play this because then you hear the same stuff over and over again, and this just doesn't it doesn't, and it doesn't translate well. So I'm like, mm. but like, but Fergus said the yeah. charm, right? You said the charm. Is that what yeah, you said? Like you know, it's it. easy. Okay, you know, on the uh, screen, right? You can press a button and they go, yeah. 
<laughs> but you're right, right. There's the charm to it it definitely is yeah, it brings um, more character to the person more personality to the character like hell yeah. epic though too in some ways I i'm really like, glad that tekken yeah, characters from 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 quiet. I, I like that though i like that grunt. they just all grunt at least it's like good ah! i'm like okay girl all right can you just give me a little something like you know <laughs> right. like Oh my father! You know, so I want a little something. I love, like, you know. I love that so much. Like, yeah. like when dude is super and I do like low coke before us. Like, I'll stop everybody with my blade. Right, right. I'll crush you. Like, please, more, more voice lines in the next game, please. No, thank you. No, thank you. Give me options. Give me epic dialogue during intro thing, like or yes, during yes, fights. Yes. If I do magic four, I'd be like, gotcha. Like, you know what? This will count everything. Like. <laughs> I remember. I remember when Harada said, "I almost remember it was Harada." There was some kind of statement that they were considering making the characters in Tekken vocalize more, and I was oh. like, "And I was like, well, I guess it's time to stop playing Tekken." <laughs> I guess it's time to find a new game. Time to make some new content, some different content. <laughs> Yeah, you could I, fix it though by putting a, a volume slider in the options where you have sound effects and then you have voices. A lot of games have that because what I do when I play the game right now, I hate some of the songs in the game so much that I can't yeah. play on those stages. So I have sound turned up so I can listen to yeah. moves and then music turned all the way down. And then if I want to listen to music, I just play some, you know, in my room. Okay. And that's the way I've played for years. So it was funny. I had to make a video like a month ago when I heard the character select screen music of season three for the first time. And I was just shocked at how awful it was, but it was the first time I'd heard it. Mm. Well, the thing is, the things that comes with it is that you, you could also potentially put yourself at a disadvantage because there's exactly. a lot of moves that you can uh, react to by using sound. So like when you, when you turn, I mean, you have the option of turning down the sound for yourself. You can do that, but you also have to be aware of the fact that you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. I mean, it's personal preference at the end of the day, but, um, yeah, I agree. For example, the perfect example of that is, um, Lars is up for three. The biggest nerf it got in tag two is that he says, yeah, when he does it, which makes it much easier to block punish properly because we, we like, react more quickly to audio stimulus than we do visual. The sound cues, mm. right, right, right. Yeah. I, I love that. Show you have the snake edge with an occasional sound. Because she only makes the sound like half the time, right, when she snake edges? Mm. Wait, huh? Show you, her snake edge. She only has the sound cue like half the time, right? Yeah, because she'll be like, eh, and then she just yeah. goes like, eh. Everybody like, else has snake edge has the sound cue every time. I think, yeah, having those consistent sound cues could be really huge, too. Like, if she goes, eh, like that little, eh, and then she does do a whole, do it all the time. Like, uh, you know, like Brian does. He always yeah, has a huge a, run after everything. It is a thing in Soul Calibur where people say, oh, um, you know, some characters have different enders to their strings or whatever. Like, in second, like, high, mid, low enders, right? right? Some people say, like, oh, you know it's a mid. If they say, like, oh, the soul of my people or whatever. So if they say that, you know, it's a mid, you know, for example, like that. So it's like, oh, how do I learn this matchup or what do I do against a string? They'll say like, oh, punish the one that says I'm coming for you or whatever, you know. Mm. You know, it's like so much audio yeah, well, think, so uh, Let me, let me, I'm just like listening that. to you guys. You know, me and Fergus, Fergus we, had, we had a conversation about this, right? What if, yeah, Nina and Anna had an Irish Please. accent? 
Please. What if Marduk, who's meant to be from Australia, had an Australian accent? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. What if, what, how cool it would be? Go, I'll break your face, mate. You know, like, it would be That would be funny. We'll have uh, Anna's doing some, you know, Irish accent, sounding like Fergus. Well, not like Fergus, but like a proper, like, you know, Irish accent. Yeah. Accent, man. That would give them even more character and personality. I think that'd be a really cool yeah. idea. I, yeah. I just wish Elisa spoke yeah. Russian. Such a missed opportunity. I kind of, I kind of mm-hmm. like the. Yeah. Why does she have the Russian? You need the weaves on her, man. You need I kind of like the Japanese though, because I'm like, man, that's kind of. I don't know something about the sound of it. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's 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 demolish some mugs in Japanese too. Like, yeah, I don't know something about it. Just sounds so like deadly. I don't know. We, I, we can get Lars talking like frame, bro. Imagine that. Like, right. <laughs> if Lars had a Swedish accent, that would be totally awesome. <laughs> okay, but why does Lars speak it's Japanese? A terrible again? accent. Let's not I mean, use it. half Japanese, but he's half he's terrible accent, terrible character, man. Oh. It fits, bro. Just that, you know, do it. I'm down like, I'm, for it. Like you know those Irish traveler call-up videos. I love with Nina and Anna sending like them. Yeah, man. Little, like, a little Irish like Harry turns. <laughs> You'll do <laughs> nothing. You'll do fucking nothing, mate. Please, Conor McGregor, out here, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's move on to the next move. So, my dad um, is such a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was a real Mishima. That- <laughs> <laughs> you have Lars and Electric. A taste, day. Boom. A, ta- a taste of things to come. Um, all right, so next yeah. move. Um, Akuma, down three. Should be minus 16 like Eliza's. Minus 11 is still absolutely shocking. Honestly, <laughs> remove the character, please. Yeah. <laughs> Look, no nerfs yeah. will make him too bad or anything. Just, just get I agree it. to what you said, though. It should be minus 16. There is no complaints mm. about it. It's ridiculous that it's minus 11. 100%. It needs to be way more punishable, for sure. Um, mm. Make them think twice about doing the move. That's what I always feel like. You need to make people think twice so they can't just do it. You, Oh, my God. And especially if at least with combo and all that. Uh, let's mm. reward people more for making you. good reads. Can, does anyone punish down three on his own anyway? No. Yeah. No, because that, no. They, I've never, I've been, I, you're, I you're, you're afraid of the follow up always. You always block since yeah. you're Yeah, you always do that. I punish him sometimes. I have to, or else he'll just. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it's I'm If you can, like, just get rid of the special council block metagame. Just better off yeah. parrying it, but then it's it's risky still. Um, I agree with Fergus with the remove thing. It sounds crazy, but honestly, you know what's going to happen when they nerf Leroy and they nerf fucking Rum and all these characters become reasonable. Then the tournaments are going to be all the Kumas again. We're just going back to that. So you think he's Perhaps still not going to nerf, nerf them as well? Perhaps they're yeah. going to take care of them as well for season four. Well, hopefully. That's the, they have to do something because otherwise we're just going back to the Akuma meta. And I remember how, like, how sticky it mm-hmm. felt when the world tour champion shame swapped to akuma in the in the last match it was kind of it was kind of messed up i mean he he know he had to do what he had to do but it's like yeah, yeah this character's still od like he's still really good so i wonder though then you know how many times this character's been nerfed so what what, what are is namco missing something about what they're nerfing then yeah yeah, I mean, him, yeah i'll tell you right now what i think what i suggest to do with this character yeah so you to the um Fireball cancel sh- should be uh, plus thirteen, so you shouldn't get um, you shouldn't get a back one, which is fourteen, into the flip into the tailspin. Yeah. So imagine you do down three fireball cancel. Um, if it's if you have thirteen frames to do a move, then it'll be like uh, down three fireball cancel down forward one two, like yeah. for one bar. 
you'd need two bars in order to do it. So if you had two bars, you could do down three, uh, fireball, um, cancel, down two, fireball. Or you can do you can do a bigger bigger combo yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. But I don't know. I just don't, I don't think having ba- getting back one after all that damage in the beginning, yeah. like that's too much, man. Um, so I think that would be a way to fix it. And actually, I've heard people say that you know what to make Akuma a proper Tekken character, or not even a proper Tekken character, but to what they should have done from the beginning is just, is just have have him get a mini combo from down three, like down three Tatsu DP. Yeah. That should have been that should have been all he got, you know. And this yeah. this whole huge damage of just dying from, and he still gets the one two by the way, like I, I, you know down three fireball one two as a wall splat. That's still bare damage. You That's know, bare damage, isn't it? The, th- the so, thing with Akuma is though is that we never really realized what we had until the Pakistani <laughs> community just kind of unraveled that character and explored boy. it. Like, like, like um, you know, I, I, I remember I, I retweeted this like last week where in 2016 or it was late 2016, it was like a few months before the console release or early 2017, uh, Ni posted a tier list for um, ver- version h of fated retribution which was three patches in and he put akuma in c tier next to lars yeah so we didn't know what this character was until Uh, you can speak for yourself man like the europeans we knew bro we had (laughs) super akuma yeah 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 the thing is that the the like Asim was telling me about the Pakistani Akumas from before Arslan and all these guys were competing, and because this guy used to travel there and back all the time, and used to tell me like the, the Akuma is busted. You should see the way the Pakistani he goes. I used to get beat up by little kids in the arcade. You know, this is a person who just beat Kudans in tournament and flew to Pakistan and got his ass kicked by an Akuma that was like twelve years old in the arcade. Like we knew Akuma was good. This is like if you go on and say it, if you go on like if you go online and say that uh, you know a country. To some, someone like me, like me saying he's C tier, and if I say no, uh, he's S tier, everyone's gonna shit on me. And it's the same thing yeah. with Eliza as well. People are saying that, like, you know, just because Chanel one oh. time said that Eliza is b- a bottom tier character, because I say, hey, that's wrong. Eliza's yeah. actually really good. And then I think she's so I, a lot of people started shitting on me. People started shitting yeah. on me. And they're still, they're yeah. still shitting on me. And that then Arslan happened, says happened. she's a top. Yeah, and then Arslan says she's a top 15 character. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe she is. But this yeah, listen to me. Listen to me. I don't give a fuck. I believe you because like, like, hey, I don't Thank care you. if Thank somebody you. says some shit like I don't care. Like I'm going to do the research for myself just because like a player like, you, you know, has a certain like, a uh, you know, is, is, is a lead or something like that or like as a top player. I'm not going to automatically fucking believe them. I need to do the mm. research myself. So I completely understand. Akuma's always been that way. Ni did put him in C. I would never I don't agree with me on that. I mean, I didn't agree with me on that when he put it. And I was like, nah, something ain't right about this character, man. Like, something is wrong. And you could see it, but everybody's allowed to disagree. But you should never be, um, you know, I don't think nobody should ever come for your neck for saying something that obviously came true. <laughs> you know, they should, yeah, they should yeah, say, yeah. man, we were, we were wrong, dog. Like, I'm, I'm, I agree I, with you. I agree with you. I, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, went on, I went on a bit of a run, and I was like, can't people just think for themselves? And I, when, when I said, you know, I was asking, you know, people who are saying Gigas is weak, Gigas is weak, Gigas is weak, and it's like, okay, Gigas just want to talk. I know he's not. He's not. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there's that, and then there's also the fact that I don't personally believe there is a weak character in this game. I think comparative to other characters, and yeah, you can make that comparison. But I, when people were trying to explain to me uh, or say to me that Gigas is weak, Eliza is weak, I go, explain to me why is weak. Give me reasons. Think for yourself. And they weren't able to answer it. Right. And it's like, yes, there are, there are. Yeah, it's just because I heard someone say it, and it's like, don't parrot people, man. Have a, mm. have your own mind. Don't just have an opinion of someone. Have your own opinion. It's like, yeah. I'm not saying Gigas is strong. I'm not saying, mm. I'm saying Eliza's strong. That's for sure. But I'm not saying, you know, 
Uh, it's, I'm just all I'm saying is just think for yourself, man. God damn it, man. Just think for yourself. Exactly. I, I think that Eliza is weak, but I also have my very clear reasons why I think so. I, and I, I do my own testing and I do my own thinking, and, I, and that's the point. But the vast majority of people who post opinions about Tekken and tier lists online, they they might not have enough technical understanding to actually form an opinion of their own. That's another thing. Like if you go on a, a forum and you look at the people discussing rank and stuff, you never see somebody say like, oh, I finally got Tekken God Prime on my fifth character or whatever. It's always people, you know, uh, in, a, in a sort of more casual um at a more casual level of play, but they still get frustrated and pissed when they lose online and they want to talk shit about characters. They want to call their own characters weak, their opponent characters mm-hmm. strong. Mm-hmm. So it's <clears throat> like if, if everybody uh, is a relatively experienced uh, player, then I think that would happen more, but they listen to content creators and then, you know, they carry that with them. One more thing I'd like to say about Akuma's though, since we were talking about him in the first place, I think the biggest issue is a very good point mentioned by SPAC is the down three thingy where it shouldn't be <laughs> plus 14, but also only plus 13. And I think the biggest issue that we've had for Akuma ever since the beginning, and I think everyone can agree here that we knew that from the start, is that his demon flip and his jump is yeah. just silly. Yeah. In Street work. Fighter, you have, you have tools. To, in, in Street Fighter, you have tools. You have anti-airs to deal with that. Yeah. In Tekken... This is such a fundamental lacking thing that some characters can barely play well against this character while others can't do anything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they just have to deal with it. Like Eddie, for example. Eddie can use his backdash. Eddie can't sidestep the demon flip mix-ups. Yeah. There is a lot of characters that struggle. If you pick Noctis against Akuma now, Noctis becomes one of the best characters versus Akuma because with his, with his huge sword, he somehow picks him up from the air. And like... This is something that Namco has been very lazy on in terms of balancing the character properly. I don't mind Akuma being a character in Tekken right now, but the way the way he feels is he just never, never at any single point, he never plays Tekken. He always, he just plays Akuma. He doesn't play Tekken. And because he doesn't play a Tekken, because he always plays Akuma, n- no matter what situation you are, and no matter what the frames are, no matter how it looks, he still is in an ad- advantageous situation. And if you don't have a proper anti-air, or if you don't have good movement to shut Akuma down, he's always just going to jump over you, hit you with a standing yep. four, and then jump, in, uh, jump into a DP, and then get a full combo. And that is the biggest problem that we've seen since the beginning. And even though Ni nee said that Akuma is ma- potentially C-tier, that was still a problem that everyone complained about. Ever since the beginning of Akuma, we all knew that this jumping... Uh, thing that he has is just silly, straight up silly, and that a lot of characters can't do anything about it and can't deal with it. And you know, I think um, we, we, you're 100% okay. right, yeah. Sorry if, if I just uh, sorry, oh. add to that, that he's 100% right in the demon flip. Do you know, I was speaking to Damascus, you guys know Damascus, you know, top uh, Street Fighter commentator, Dragon Ball fighters, and um, I was talking to him about Akuma and how every in those games of Street Fighter, you have anti airs. You have clear options to beat jump. Now they've given him these two D mechanics in this game, but Namco hasn't given us the Tekken the Tekken players yes. a, a solid option to beat that the the, um, the demon flip. Now, um, now Pakistanis have said that you know if you sidestep right and jab, it beats most options, and actually it it it, it kind of does, but not not all of them. And even not a lot of people of who think that jab beats them, you know the j- jab beating demon flip. 
No, it doesn't because the demon palm will count hit you. But not only that, exactly. something that's even worse is that the dive kick will pause in the air, hit you, and then he gets a full launch from it. Yes. Now imagine this. You, I mean, this I've seen Mihawk versus that was probably the most. If you guys want to go watch it, yeah, Mihawk versus Akuma, uh, 2017 Dremolition. It was the most heartbreaking oh, uh, set I've ever seen in my life. I don't want to bring that back up again, Yog. I'm sorry, but you know, it just goes to show like how even from that watching that set, I knew that no one was going to get used to this character until the mm. end of Tekken Seven, and people still haven't, right? Um, no. The Pakistanis, they have so many of them that they, you know, Arslan and people can get re- and react to them and start to get a bit more used to them. But I'm sorry, like when when you guess right on a 50-50, you've done while standing two, which is a launcher, you guess right and now you're in another mix-up. And how many times have I seen someone try to jab the demon flip from while standing two and then get hit with dive kick and die? It's like, mate, I guess correctly. Why am I dying here? Like, so often, yeah. yeah. That's actually, yeah. Ha- like, that happens a lot. So it's like... um. I, when I uh, when I use Elisa for it, I always go for four because her four is a homing and it reaches kind of high and it, and it reaches him. So I can usually use that or I use my power crush because it's like an armor, but it, it, so it kind of protects me. It's like a little cushion and I can activate it as he jumps. So it covers those options. But uh, I think more characters need stuff like that because it, it, it covers a, a wide range. Both those moves do. Um, hmm. and, and more people need stuff like that because jabs do not work consistently on that character mm. to float. But I think more characters need like a, a, a fast homing to deal with yeah. or something, you know what I'm saying? Like something to deal with that up there. You take a, an aerial character and put him in a, you take a character from a jumping game and put them in a game where nobody has anti-air, you run into this problem. But I don't mm. think the answer is to start adding anti-air moves to 50 plus Tekken characters. The answer is I think to bring the one outlier Akuma more into line with, with everything else. If he's going into Demon Flip without advantage, I think that jabs should consistently float him. But that's a point you brought up. He just simply shouldn't jump that high. He shouldn't jump that high. He should go over highs, right? There are two things I think you could do here. Either you could lower the hurt box of the jump so that a jab could consistently um, snipe him out. Or, previously, Mm -hmm. we were talking about up forward two, this kind of flanging move that all the characters have which is kind of unused yeah <laughs> most why don't you just turn that into your bespoke anti-air like they do a move they punch the air that's specifically designed to beat a character like geese akuma elisa and that's an that easy really reliable cool. option yeah that could be that could be something elisa does the, the best the best option the best option the, the best option is what um, is what Frame said. So what you do is basically this is this is what the meta becomes. What while sending two is launch punishable on its own. So a lot of people don't launch it because when they do it, they're expecting the demon flip. Now when the demon flip does come, because the equipment player wants to avoid getting launched with just while sending two raw, then he goes into demon flip, and you can then uh, you you get a jab float guaranteed. You guaranteed. Get the yeah. You could just take and there's a mix up now. Yeah. yeah, you get the you get the, you get the yeah you get the float and then yeah yeah. And then it's a mini combo and you get 30 to 40 uh, damage on him and he has to be careful. Uh, I think that's Absolutely, a good solution. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, they can nerf the den three, but the pro- another big problem is his jabs giving a full fireball combo and hit. And it's very <laughs> yeah. easy to confirm as well. Den one, two, or jab, jab, confirm. And then, you know, you get a full combo off it. And it's really scary to overextend on Akuma or mistime your offense against him. Because if you do, you're at the wall, you're suddenly in a killing mix up it suddenly just off a 10 frame or not even as a punish just as a counter hit confirm and it's, it's just so scary it's, it's I, too scary yeah 
I wish we had um, an Akuma main in here because we actually had a big discussion about Akuma a few weeks ago, and it was like um, Super Akuma Kokyo Akuma. Like it was a slightly biased conversation. But I think though, like he always defends his character. No offense, but yeah. like if if you will say Akuma is stupid, he will say no, just backdash. Like oh, as if we don't know how to play against Akuma, we compete in tournaments. Of course, we know how to play against the, that character. And it's I don't want to sound whiny or anything, but it's just he's he he's only viewing it from his perspective. He's like, yeah, you haven't lacked. I played him twice in tournament. I lost twice in a very very close set, and he's like one of the best Akumas in the world. So don't tell me I don't know how to play against the character. Okay, I know how to play against the character. It still doesn't make it easier to deal with him, and it's still mm-hmm. silly that he. Whenever he has a read, he does a wild sending two jumps, and if I want to do a jab, my jab whips. It doesn't reach him, and then I, I and you get, get, lo- and you get launched. Fumble. By the way, not I just get win. launched you, for it. That's yeah. literally you losing a game off of that. You could lose exactly. a game off so, of that. Exactly. So, or insane. he does a dive kick, or he does a dive kick, and he has so much frame advantage that you have to backdash right after. And if he hits you with a down three, you're dead. Like, hmm. how how can you defend that as if you're being if you're being straight up honest? Like, there there is stuff that needs to be addressed, and if there is a difference between defending something that is silly or saying that something could potentially use a, bur- a buff or a nerf. But this is obviously silly. It's like saying fucking Rums 3 is fine the way it is. No, it's not. Yeah. It's fucking busted. Exactly. And we need, to, we need to address that. Like, it's crazy how people can defend that. It's, it's just insane. Two, two, two Super Kuma's defense. Uh, as before yeah. you have, Sorry. But to his defense, when he said just backdash, I remember I recorded that video of him in Greece where he said just backdash. But he, he was kind of referring to, you know, the down three had a um, cancel. If you backdash then, then the 50-50 isn't real because a lot of people take that mix up. So yeah. he did clarify afterwards that that's what he meant. I actually talked to him again like a couple of days ago and he was like, yeah, when I said just backdash, that's kind of what I meant um, in that specific scenario. So yeah, I mean, but either way, he does defend the character a lot. And of he course he will. Isn't it? But can you blame do. him though? Because yeah. it's, you know, you love your character. I don't, I would, I would defend my character to the end of time. Like, I mean, I'm going to say, Hey, you know, she still, she's got amazing movement and she really breaks the laws of the, of the game. Cause she does. But like, I'm still going to say, no, she's not broken. She's amazing. Cause that's mm. my character. But you know, yeah, yeah. I wonder what it feels like to, to be in a Kuma main <laughs> and, and, and constantly just have those options. The only thing is like you guys said, like making our options, like our jab options consistent. Like us being able to always be able to like if he's flipping without advantage he shouldn't get uh, the mix-up if if he goes in with advantage then it can be like a stance mix-up and maybe it's fine but if he, he if he gets blocked and he jumps in the fact that he's crushing highs by go going over them you're now you're playing a completely different game you know yeah that uh, it's, a, it's, it's that was own. the whole point that that's right. why i said akuma plays yeah. Akuma in a sense and yeah but that's not, not everything he, he does that but then when he's spaced out he spams the fireball uh, he can use the down four which I think needs a range nerf I think it just hits Thank everywhere you. behind him really really far uh, it's like the floor is lava because it goes 360 everywhere and it just kills uh, the floor as well so com- completely disengaged and an interesting thing is you can play like uh, if you're playing online technical prime level Akumas but if you manage to put them at disadvantage so that you're applying all the pressure, if you try and lock them down and really hound them, they always eat all the counter hits. And it becomes obvious that 
they're so they don't play uh, enough Tekken. They're not used to the basics of the frame rate of the game because they're so used to just doing their own thing all the time and not really having to consider you know the opponent's uh, moves and frame data. So it's like you're saying, they just do their own thing. Either they're chilling over here, or when they go in, they're jumping on top of you all the time. And if they're not doing either of those things, then they're hitting you down for. And if they stall it long enough, they have enough bar that they can death combo. And now there's an unsee below that can kill you in a single hit, and you have to try and guess when it's coming. Um, I'm mm. going to come out and say, I, I think Akuma's cool. <laughs> He's um like look he un- undeniably has bullshit undeniably the uh, the entire um roster should have a reliable option to deal with stuff like jump ins down three being minus uh, eleven is ridiculous there is uh, there are a litany of issues with the character, but I still appreciate that he is probably one of the most interesting newcomers in Tekken. Mm. In, hmm. in forever. He, he does something genuinely new and different. So the geese, uh, it's a pattern here, that 2D thing, isn't it? A bit yeah. too different. Yeah. Like, a bit yeah. too different. No, very, very you know, you could, add, you could add one punch man into the game and just one hit KO. That's new. It's not yeah. good. I just think we need to avoid another situation where Chikorin, when he picked Akuma, it's like when you go on Pornhub and you click on like a risky tab. <laughs> With some sort of weird ass shit, and you're like, "Oh God, we're doing this now. I'm gonna watch this now." Um, and it's the same thing with with Book at Evo Japan. It's like they're ugh, they feel so dirty. It's like they win a huge ass tournament and then they go and like rape shower and hug their own knees. You know, they have no choice. They have no choice. They trying to get yeah. that W as a competitor. They had a player, choice. Had no- I respect the fact that it was a difficult choice, but they had a choice, and some other people choose di- uh, differently and. Uh, I'm gonna remember the people who refused to make that choice. I'm gonna, uh, you oh, know, yeah. I, I made that yeah. choice as well. Like, Mikio I had to, is a hero but, to me. Look, I, I mean, he was he was a whole G. They they did really good. Like, they, uh, given that they were two tech, Tekken, uh, like two players using Tekken characters compared to the everybody using Leroy. I mean, like they 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 put on a whole show, and everybody liked seeing that more. I, and I, yeah, yeah it was um, really good to see. I'm gonna so right, I'm gonna defend Akuma. Sorry, sorry. Um, can I just oh, say sorry, something? Just I, oh, yeah. on, well, you want, you want to go say something? Go on ahead. I just want to say something. I'm going to defend Akuma because what he represents is thinking outside the box when it comes to character design. I, I genuinely think that too many characters in Tekken at the moment are too homogenized. And what mm-hmm. I would like to see for the future of the franchise are more interesting takes. And I want to see the developers take risks. I want them to try something different. Um, Akuma um, definitely has issues, but I'm, I'm, I think it's, it's a very brave thing that they try to integrate him into this game. Yeah, they just have to be competent enough uh, and understand their own design well enough that they then also knew how to balance it when it turns out that it was uh, poorly constructed and broken. Uh, I think you asked like how many times have they patched him, and I counted recently. I don't remember, but I think it's something well, of course. like if you take a risk, patches on the same character. I'm sorry, how many? I think seventeen or something like that. He, I mean, before he came out on console, it was five or six. We well, played him but, in the arcade here in Japan, and he was already the more most patched character in Tekken history. Why are you surprised? It's an indication that they don't know what they're doing. No, it's an indication they tried something different. 
I yeah, like but if, then they didn't understand it. It's like they opened Pandora's box and now there's fucking tentacles everywhere and they're just throwing shit at them and, and trying to like, you know, contain it, but it's it's not really working. Can, can I can I ask you guys, um um how many Akuma players have you played? which genuinely take full advantage of the character. And, I, and this is not to you guys who are legit professionals. I'm going to ask this to the chat. How often do you play someone, an Akuma player, who takes full advantage of his insanity? He, he is an incredibly difficult character to play. Let's be real here. Like, the reason he isn't as big a problem as, as Fakum Ram or Leroy is that those characters are piss easy to play. Akuma is genuinely a difficult character, but, not but just in execution, hard, but also but actually he's not even that. He's not that hard. Come on, like, you, no, can, you no, can just no, do. No, no. I, I can beat people by doing down four and forward, forward, four. That's all you need. Forward, forward, four, down four. I've been able to beat top players in like single games. I actually Akuma mains. I can beat. I I tell you right now, I can beat you down four, forward, forward, four. If you're good enough at Tekken, those two moves are all you need. And so, they, but the they, combos, they yes, nerfed, they but they nerfed forward, forward, four. I don't think that, I don't think that works anymore. I think that works. Even down forward, one, two. I mean, it's it, a, a strong mid and a down four, which tracks both ways and it's so, low. Knocks it's you down. It's kind of crazy that, it's kind of crazy that, um, what was his name again? Essen beats Super Akuma in an Akuma Mura in, uh, in Italy. Yeah. Not saying that, not saying that, um, not saying that Essen's Akuma is bad or anything, but he's not an Akuma main. You can clearly see that right. he's not an Akuma main. But he's yeah. beating yeah. the Akuma main with his own character. It's like if someone walked up to me and challenged me to a Hachimura, I'd be like, okay, come at it. I'm, I'm ready. But like, it, it's, it just shows that even though you play the character, even though you know the matchup, it doesn't make it easier. It's just difficult to play against it regardless. And, yeah. um, and Asim, Asim was coming. Asim was playing, was playing. He came to my house every day to train. And he was the one that told me I'm going to beat Super Akuma with his own character because this character is mm. bullshit. So he all he and all he said to me was, "Hey, look at down four, look at forward forward four, look at down four one two, look at these moves. These are all you kind of need if you're a good player. But I'm gonna learn the combos too. I'm gonna learn the bullshit that makes him really over the top. So it's like what yeah. I'm saying is that he has easy stuff too. It's not just like the the you know you people look at the combos the and say combos yeah it's a hard execution. Yeah. But he's not even. I mean, have you seen? Like, I, mean, I, I don't think it's just the execution either. I, that character takes a, a, a different approach, and that's what makes him interesting. And, and right, I don't so think it's. Just, yeah, sorry, go on, go on. No, I, oh, no, I'm gonna I, say, yeah, go on. Sorry, go, go, go. Okay, my bad. So I was going to say, like, yeah, he's totally interesting. Yes, like, design-wise, like, play-wise, yes, yes, yes. But just because we don't see the character as often doesn't mean the character doesn't exist, doesn't mean that people don't play this character, doesn't mean that there aren't things that need to be addressed, you know? Like, um, so I, I just, yeah, he's really cool, but, like, these problems still exist. The 2D character uh, jump thing is still, like, we... I, Look, I, I want to say, instead of getting rid of the 2D characters, fix them. Yeah. And I think they've done a really good job of fixing them. I good think point. they've done since Fate. Look, instead of just throwing the baby out with the bathwater, let's never try uh, something different again in Tekken. Let's have everyone just have generic down forward twos. Like, uh, embrace what this character brings to this series, I think. It, like, Without it being OD and literally like fighting the whole Tekken system, though. Because it makes competitive yeah, yeah. Tekken almost like. Okay, we're going to use these top three characters. That's it. And you know, it, it, it just it doesn't take much. But there needs to be some sort of like, because that kind of thing will cause an uproar in the scene and it happened before. So there needs to be some sort of understanding that, yes, these 2D characters can exist and coexist with Tekken characters. Yes. But we really need to look at like consistency across the board of like how is 3D, our Tekken characters, 
um, how are they meshing with the 2D ones? And how can we make it like a like an overall like you know solid like experience for people playing against each other and using the different types of characters? Yeah, make the character fit in the in the system. Imagine adding a Tekken character in Street Fighter and then giving them keeping them have the, having their sidewalk. And you just sidewalk around these 2D characters. I can only see one direction. They're doing Hadouken and shit. And you're just there. You're standing at a 90 degree angle and shit. Now, make the character fit in Tekken. You get me? It would be broken. Bro, look, like, I just... I'm sorry. We already gave it suggestions on how we can fix it by, by fixing yeah, things and making making down three fireball like plus, plus, plus 13 or something. We can do that. And it will help with us Tekken players to be able to play in that matchup, right? But, you know, still, you have to take consideration with this stuff. Yes, it's new and it's interesting and it's innovative, but... It doesn't mean it's good, you know, for, for the for the competitive scene and for people playing against them in general. I, I'm, gonna fun, man. I'm gonna ask a question. Um, and this is a broader question than Akuma. Uh, let's say come Tekken 8. Would you like to see a refinement of Tekken 7? Or would you like to see Tekken 8 try something different? Take genuine risks. Oh, uh, what we mean by risk, though? I'm scared. I don't know how to answer this. Yeah. If, if the, for example, if the question is, would I, I would be happier if 2D characters in that entire, even though I'm an Elisa main, I just play because I like vampires. Uh, I'd be completely happy with them being gone in the next game. It's fine to take risks, but like we said earlier, the point is you introduce these 2D characters, but then you try and adapt them to fit in the system rather than creating 50 anti-air moves and, and trying to make tech and adapt to them. And I think that's the, the wrong way around. So one example I want to bring up of something new and interesting that you can do, that you could introduce as a new major feature in Tekken 8, but it's, it would, I think it would fit perfectly and it wouldn't upset Tekken purists, is uh, Leroy's item move. Not in terms of balance, the idea that a character has a one-time use move that they can do one time, it does something interesting. It's not connected to a bar or anything, you know, anything superfluous on the screen because we didn't used to have that in Tekken. It's all on screen. It's why I like Claudio's um, Starburst because you see it on his hand. It's not a gauge or anything, right? So what if Miguel has the guitar thing and he smashes you over the head? What if everybody had, you know something they can bring out one time uh, does something interesting and then goes away. That's to me, innovation. That was interesting to me when I saw it for the first time, mm. didn't like the way it was balanced, but it, that's different from having characters that can jump into the air and become immune to moves like indefinitely and stuff like that. So it's, yeah. Because we love Tekken, right? If we love jumping around and throwing fucking balls at each other, we'd be street fighter players. Yeah, exactly. That's Innovate within the confines of the of the system that we we are involved yeah. in. We're involved right. in yeah. the Tekken system, a 3D system. We love it. Yes, yeah, so it has to change and evolve, but it has to stay Tekken. Otherwise, you know, what's the point? Um, let, let's 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 boil this down. What is what what is at the core of Tekken? What makes it Tekken? What makes it tick? The 3D, the three, the the 3D part, like the the fact that we can step, but the fact that we have tons of options, the fact that we have well, somewhat movement, um, that there's tons of different characters, it's like 60 something characters, but like they're all for the most part unique. Um, I think even like our frames, uh, now the rage drives, um, the fact that we don't, we can't jump super high, like in Tekken two. Uh, mm. yeah, so, so stuff like that, but some of the consistency is still kind of there too, but we all, you know, we're on the same, like, you know, 
we can't we can all do the same stuff for the most part with the exception of some of the characters um and there's like weaknesses and strengths like you know if, if the character's bigger usually they can't step that well but they have a good backdash uh but if, if it's like a female character usually they uh they're quicker and they can they can step well and they can backdash uh like stuff like that it's just my opinion but Okay. For me, it's the fact that Tekken doesn't have zoning. Uh, that's why I love it over other fighting games. I hate zoning in fighting games, and I, I hate watching it. Watching, like, Injustice, when two characters are standing, like, shooting at each other, and somebody, tro- like, really slowly trying to navigate through projectiles and, and get in and stuff like that. I don't enjoy that. I, I've always liked the fact that the 3D thing means that even if you introduce projectiles, there's ways to go over and under and around them. We have a lot more of it in, in Tekken 7 than we've had in previous games because we've got, um, you know, fireball characters. But my, like, honestly, one of the most clever designs in Tekken 7, in my opinion, is Noctis' shift break when he throws his sword because they try to create a projectile. But then what happens is after he does it, he teleports and rolls in and stands in front of his opponent at frame disadvantage, basically meaning that it functions as a projectile, but effectively it's also just a mid-poke, and when it get, gets blocked, then you either mix up a close range. They force him to play Tekken despite the fact that he can attack from uh, a spaced-out position. That's very different from standing back here and throwing fireballs and in a building meter so that you can burn it on a death combo, right? So I think uh, that's another example of, of innovation. But the fact that Tekken doesn't have zoning and we don't have to watch you know, beams traveling across the screen right, right, like that, that's, that's the reason I mainly prefer it over other fighting games. Mm. Can I compare Tekken to other 3D fighting games, though? If you compare um, Tekken to, uh, for example, Virtua Fighter, Tekken has a, has a much stronger focus on the neutral. I mean, because Tekken is so rooted in movement, as uh, has such a um, complex and um, wait, a- and deep movement system. A lot of Tekken is kind of moving back and forth between range one, range two. A lot of other three D fighting games that, like Virtual Fighter, is almost exclusively at range one to zero. It, that that's mm-hmm. much more of a rock paper scissors style of game. Yeah. So I guess it depends what you mean by by zoning, but. When it comes to 3D fighters, Tekken has a is very much. I see it kind of as a hybrid between 2D fighter uh, fundamentals and 3D, which is one of the reasons why I think it's so popular and has tapped into so many player bases. There's really something for everyone in Tekken. Like in Soul Calibur, there's a few characters that actually like effectively Sony Edge as their main game plan. The characters like Sigrid and Ivy. Would, oh like, yeah, be designed, would be designed around keeping your edge, so it's not necessarily yeah. like it is a Tekken yeah. thing exclusively to not be sundied so hard. Yeah. But in three D games, it can it can be a thing for sure. Yeah, you know, well, Soul Calibur, you know, with weapons, of course, there's a huge amount of different effective mm. ranges. I mean, I was really just focusing on Virtual Fighter here. I mean, the three main three D fighters are what Virtual Fighter, Soul Calibur, Tekken, Dead or Alive. Dead or Alive is almost exclusively at. Well, for the most part, yeah. Yeah. We're missing a VF in this, though, because I feel like it's not. I mean, we're talking about the three main ones, but I don't even feel like that's in it anymore because Mm. it's not even really that relevant. Mm. Um, I mean, it's still, you know, like played, but you know what I'm like. It's not. We're talking about the most current ones that you know. 
people are looking to as the example of the standard for uh, 3D fighting games. I don't think about BF, to be honest. Yeah, no. uh, I, I'm yeah, just BF is so old at this point, Trini, honestly. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. good. It's just, it's like, really, it's like a harder Tekken to me because I, I still don't know fully how to play it, but I love the game. But it's I, like know. a lot. I get it. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to say there's a massive emphasis on the neutral in Tekken, which is right. mostly unique. I mean, Soul Calibur as well, or Bandai Namco 3D exactly. fighters, I'd say. Mm. Gotcha. Um, I mean, um, Fergus, um, Spag, Mihawk. What what is Tekken to you? What what makes uh, it stand apart? I mean, if Tekken Eight was something radically different, what is the essence of this series that it should retain? Like having good counterplay to options, which I'm seeing is becoming less and less of a thing in season three and bit recently. Like, like there's so many moves that have that does so much at once, have so much coverage. Like, I'm thinking, like, I'm not gonna be biased. Like, Asuka four four three or King four four one, these kind of moves, or Julia elbow. Like a lot of moves that do a lot of things at once for you. Yeah. So they kind of like they move you forwards. They might counter it something. They might give you a launcher. Uh, so for me, Tekken would be having like fair moves and like good counterplay to these to these uh, mention moves but it is becoming less and less of a thing and then that's that's put me off the game completely to be honest okay so i hope in second age like in tag two i honestly thought apart from capo back one four i thought the moves in tag two were really good right a lot, a lot of these moves uh, every move in tag two had counterplay like he had better movement he had uh you know he could punish things stuff was generally unsafer so you could punish them harder. So you had to think about your move usage a lot more in Tide 2. But in Tekken 7, and especially the few, last two seasons especially, it's just becoming way and way more streamlined, way less coverage, way less counterplay. It's just, it's just frustrating to fight against because it lowers, it, it's, uh, makes the skill gap a lot smaller between players. Mm-hmm. It's like, watering you know, it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's my opinion. Like Having good counterplay to options is Tekken for me, which is become less of a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mihawk, your, yeah, your mic. Your mic. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I was muted. Um, I was talking uh, about Devil Mihawk. Say... <laughs> is it working out? No, it's not Devil Mihawk. I'm okay. Uh, what I wanted to say, I kind of want to pick up on what Fergus said. I think he made a really good point. Um, Tekken 7 compared to Tag 2 has really, really become a game where it's about brawling a lot in each other's face. Um, I'm, I'm using this as an example, but I watched uh, JDCR versus Nii in Tag 2 versus JDCR versus Nii in Tekken 7. And it's crazy how much more there are in each other's face pressing buttons and there is less coverage of how to get out of situations. Like, if, if, if you ever have the time to watch that, watch them play Tag 2 against each other versus Tekken 7. Uh, what is Tekken to me? To me, Tekken is a way of expressing yourself through the character in any way possible. May that be through movement. And on, and on top of that, having the ability to outplay someone if you're really better than him. Um, I think that was something that I really liked about Tekken when I started playing the game. And that is something that is becoming less and less in Tekken <laughs> because the skill gap is getting closer and closer it's lowering so now if i consistently want to win against someone i need to try way harder i need to be way way more on point with everything um and sometimes i, I even even that is not enough and in tech in in other tekkens i've seen it that um 
movement was such a big core to the game that that alone allowed you to outplay your opponent in a certain way, which is what Fergus is trying to say as well. Maybe not essentially with movement, but the, the, the better movement just enables you better counterplay opportunities. And um, I think that this is something that I really liked about Tekken. And I just hope that we're at one point, we're going back to the state of where you can actually tell that this guy is Better. essentially much better than the player he's playing against. Not because of any sort of lack factor, not because he's hitting a 150 damage combo or anything, just because he's actually playing better and you can see it in the gameplay. You can you can clearly tell why person A is winning against person B. And um, that's something that I really like when I watch high-level Tekken matches. Yeah. Cool. cool. like it. Hmm. Shall I go yeah. now? You want me to yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fair. We're waiting for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh, cool. Yeah, so but it's it's simple, man. It's very simple. Um, the, the, one of the really good things about Tekken is how, you know, um, there's always an option. You know what I mean? So when you watch a video back, you don't, you know, you're, you're analyzing your own matches and you think, I could have done this here, I could have done that there. You have the sidewalk, sidestep, back dash, and you have, you know, your defensive options, move move wise or movement wise. You know, when you analyze games, you can always see where you can improve and always kind of attribute blame on yourself to say I could have done this in this scenario there's always an answer to something whereas I feel like in this game like with how volatile it is now mm. even if there was an answer to something just back there yeah? um, it's like it, sometimes there isn't you know sometimes you're just in literally a mix up from a 13 frame mid coin flip that reaches halfway halfway through the screen like fucking ram it's like okay oh uh, you got hit by the you got hit, hit by the mid well you should have done this it's like well no but then I could have got hit by that and it's like you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's too vortexy now. Um, like Mihawk said as well, that, you know, you, you, you lose focus for one second. You get hit by a down three from Akuma or something. And it's like, GG's, all that work you put in from that movement, from that poking, from that, you know, the, that neutral has all gone down the drain because this guy got an unseeable, however, however many frame low on you, um, unseeable. And it's like, you know, that's, that's, probably what a lot of people's issues are with the game right now. Not just with 2Ds, by the way, but, you know, there are other characters too, which are, you know, they get one hit on you and the risk-reward is so skewed at the moment as well. So I think mm. what I love about Tekken is the fact that when you do break it down, you know, usually they would, you can attribute blame to yourself and say, hey, there's always an option. This is something that Ryan Hart said as well. You know, that there's always an option for something. You, you know, a sidewalk or sidestep or backdash or whatever, man. Um, you know, I, I love that about Tekken, how it's like, you know, the more you play, the more you learn. It's always something to learn, you know? Um, you can always always improve because it's such a deep game. But I think right now it's like, I mean, how 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 um, how nice is it to play the game where, I mean, I was watching Fergus play against Kuiper, playing his heart out with, As with Asuka versus Leroy, doing so much work and then getting hit by a 21-frame orbital and dying. And it was like... Uh, I, I can't... I know, I felt, <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, we all love the know, mind yeah. game. I mean... That's what it's about, right? And no. it, when it, when options are just when they cover everything and they're too easy, and now we have entire characters that are just complete solutions to everything, like Leroy and fucking Rom, then the the mind game goes away. I think, I mean, it's so difficult because it starts boiling down to a question of whether or not you want the game to be popular or you want it to be good. And I mean, like, good in the sense of like catering towards people who are really deep into it, but. We talked earlier about how it seems like the Tekken community is like mainly made up of really cool people. And I think that's about the fact that if you're a 
fucking bitch is just not the game for you. If your shit is weak, and uh, I mean your soul and stuff, then you're, you're not gonna last. So whenever you run into Tekken players, generally they're pretty cool people because if you're gonna be like, um, if you have you know a bad temper or or you don't know yourself and stuff like that, it, it's gonna break you down and you're gonna give up somewhere along the line. So uh, I honestly don't want the game to become more casual. I want to sort of for us to be able to encourage more people to actually make that pilgrimage to the top and become players who are really engaged with the system and who really fall in love with it. But trying to bring that Tekken down to that level so that anybody can jump in and just start playing right away, uh, I think it dilutes what's special about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, someone I, made a great point in the chat just now. Sorry, Carlo. Um, just someone made a, 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 quick, um, a good point that, you know, dumbing down the game is not going to make it more popular. I remember... The pre-release we're talking about this earlier. The, we were talking about this earlier, like uh, before you came, actually. Yeah. About this. Yeah. yeah. So the pre pre-release hype, and this is something I can speak of personally. Um, so before the game came out, before Tekken Seven came out, and I remember going to these exhibitions. So going to these like um, these places like Eurogame and other uh, other like big exhibition places, and um, I just I just was talking to the just to public people, you know, people just in the public who are just casual with the game, and they're like, "Oh man, yeah, I used to play Tekken Three, man. I'm gonna buy this game." I'm going to buy Tekken 7. I can't, I'm, I'm so happy they're coming. It looks amazing. The people, I mean, the game's popular because the game was good. You know, the game has a name as well. Like, it's got a legacy. And I remember just so many people in the UK. I mean, Fergus could tell you as well. Like, the U, we had a tour in the UK, UK tour. Um, you know, a pre-release tournament series uh, in the UK. So it was like a lead up to the, to the release. And I mean, all that sort of pre-release hype and stuff. I mean, I could see it in, the, in, in people who are completely casual, you know, coming up, coming to these um, exhibitions and playing on the, on the arcade machines or playing on, on the controllers when they had them at Eurogamer. And I'm just uh, talking to people. They were like, yeah, man, I'm going to buy this game because, um, you know, I used to play Tekken 3, used to play Tekken 4. And none of, they were not interested in the, in, the, in the games leading up to Tekken 7. They were like Tekken 6 or Tag on. But when it came to Tekken 7, there was something special about it where they're like, whether it was a marketing or the timing that it came out or just the way it looks and everything, they were like, I want to buy this game. So the game... And we shouldn't attribute it to the fact that Akuma's in the game and he has a down three fireball. Do you think that's do you think down three fireball back one is that the reason game's popular? No, no that's very reductionist. But the fact that's that very he's in the game and that he's in trailers and stuff is probably something that got people excited. Yeah. And that's the other thing, like uh, the monetization and the the continued life of the game is built on these fucking waves of hype, and that's why so many of us content creators are sounding so jaded when we talk about the game because we've been here before we get hype we're super excited there are all these you know trailers and whatever and then the characters come out day two we're tired of them and we're like oh they're broken or like oh this is yeah, but like day two you're tired so it's like it, that, this is the entire point i've been making my content lately yes i mean creating hype and that it is great but if the game is well balanced then you can sustain it for longer yeah. Not about somebody today and then giving up a week from now if they play it for the next year, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally made this point um, a couple of days ago. I was like, don't get distracted from like you know, you know, if if they release new characters, say if the Yakuza character does come out or yeah. you know Kunimitsu or wherever, yeah, don't get distracted by that because you know there are still issues with the game. The game's great, but there's still issues with the game which you know, like the online rank system is, is way too easy. People have like a billion Tekken God Primes and it's just not challenging anymore. Um, you know, the netcode and stuff and all these issues that are really gonna, um, that are really important and relevant to the, to the longevity of the game. Let's keep talking about this and not get distracted by a new character that comes out and then 
we always just get bored after a week. You know, the hype dies down very quickly, but the hype won't die down when you have a new system, like a new rank system or something that you can wake up in the morning and say, I want to grind this game now. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I, I'll get, I made this point before. I'm not sure, Carlo could say if, it's, if it was the same in America, but in Europe, Tekken Tag 2, nobody reached the highest rank legitimately. No one. Fergus knows this because Fergus, you used to do death matches at the highest, highest rank. I mean, I mean, Fergus, who was the highest rank? Sorry? Yeah, Cuddle, did anyone yeah, get no, I, know, I know life that game. Like, I know life that game so much in Tag 2. Because yeah. the network was good, so you could play optimally. The, there was no end to rank. So, like, obviously it was hard to find games when you're higher up because of how the system worked. But mm. you could always be like, oh, I can push this a bit more and get the next rank or yeah. whatever. But in, in Tekken 7, it's like, okay, a new character comes out, play them in the ranks for, like, a day or two, get prime, then you have nothing more to give. Back to amp that up. They need to like uh it, it looked like it from the trailer that there was gonna be some new uh thing added to rank. Like maybe it would make oh, yeah, it more um, Yeah, Tekken prowess. Yeah. Something, you know, skill nifty or something. What like do you that. think that is? I have no idea what that's supposed to be. I'm really it, interested though. Maybe more like, I don't know, it just it kind of reminds me, it just sound, seems like Tekken smarts. So some way to like calculate your Tekken smarts. And it had like some, and then it had like, it zoomed in on the 70,000, uh, 70, something like that. Like it zoomed in on, I, said, I don't know what this means. It's like a, a viewer of mine when I when I streamed it said, it's like a ELO point system where, they, similar to chess, where you can like kind of grind points on top of your rank. And then it kind of distinguishes the Tekken God Prime, so to speak, so that there is mm. that would be really good. instead that would of be instead really of just having a Tekken God Prime, you can now be a Tekken God Prime with a lot of Tekken prowess points or however they're called. And so it's that like a yeah, it's like it's like points on top of your max rank to distinguish the good and the bad Tekken God Prime, so to speak. Hmm. I wonder uh, if they implement something to do with rage quitting in there as well. Like if you rage quit, so. you lose a lot of prowess, and if you go below a certain a certain threshold, then it's like. I don't know, you get mm. I don't know, banned or some shit. I don't know. I'm just thinking out of the box there. I don't know. It'd be cool. Yeah, yeah that's, well, that's a great that's a great one, uh, Mihawk, actually. Yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. It could be cool. It could but like but how how does it work then, you know? Like how do you grind points on top of your rank? Do you just like okay, you're not getting demoted, but you're getting points every time you win. Do you get more points for beating somebody who has a lot of tech and prowess? Uh can you play two characters and then you just double your prowess because you're playing them both at the top rank? You know, what happens if you're only interested in maining a single character? It's uh, it, there's too many questions. It could be bullshit. That's what I'm trying to. I mean, something I'm imagining which could be cool. It would be like that you have your tech and prowess points, and if you lose them, you you you're close to demotion, or you're from that point on you will lose rank points, like legitimate rank points that we have now. Yeah, and they kind of stack up as like a reservoir or however you want to call it. So before you, you can climb up with these with these points and once yeah. they're they're gone you lose your actual rank. The, the Maybe thing that always like- that, that always baffled me about um Tekken's rank system is how your rank is saved locally offline. Which yeah. Probably- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not saved to a server or anything. So you can literally save your your rank, back it up and then mm. And then, yeah, you can just stay indefinitely the same rank, no matter how much you lose. I'm oh, a console guys. player, so I can't do that. Luckily, I wanted to uh, uh I say like sorry to interrupt. I I gotta actually head out. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you so much for coming. Yes. 
Okay. Wow, it was so nice Hello. to meet you. Thank you for nice making the time. You. It was a pleasure having oh. you here. Thank you. You all are awesome. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Have hey, a good one. Bye. 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 Take care. Take care. Take care. All right. And then there were five. Um. <laughs> okay. Um. What were we saying? What were we talking about? Oh, rank, the Tekken rank. prowess. Yeah. The prowess. Yeah. Um. I guess it's glad that they're tackling some of the issues. It's just it's some. A lot of the trailer was um quite vague in its wording, perhaps intentionally. So, like, better online yeah. experience. Um, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure if they had, like, full-on um, functional rollback, it would be, like, front and center. We have rollback. It's amazing. So I, I, don't, I, th- I think they don't want to make promises because they don't want to get caught having to break promises. Like, right. if you listen to the way Harada spoke, it was he was, like, clearly indicating that... I've been looking at this. I've been working on it and trying to figure it out. And I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm doing something with it. And then he just left it there hanging. So it's like, we have a solution. He couldn't say that, you know, it's going to be this much rollback or whatever. But uh, I think that's because they are struggling for goodwill right now because they've been fucking up with so much of this additional content that they just want to like, you know, until they're absolutely sure what's going to roll out. Uh, they want to be very careful. Yeah, I think people are talking about like rank resets, but that's not going to fix anything because you know we get reset back, but then we're just going to be at the same problem. It's, it's just a temporary reset alone. It's not going uh, to. Well, that's mandate. entirely true. If they do a reset after they rebalance the roster, then it would make not it wouldn't fix it, but would make some changes because I, if you look at the numbers right now, the most represented character at prime is fucking Rom. The second most represented is. Leroy. So if the entire roster is rebalanced and those characters are a lot more reasonable, then 10% of the people at TGP uh, conceivably can't get there anymore because now they have to play. So it, it would a rank reset after a rebalancing of the roster would make some changes, but players who can get the top rank easily with most characters are still going to get back up there right away. Yeah, he was trying to say that it gets boring for the people that can get there anyways. Yeah. There is, it's not a real challenge. That, that's yeah, what that's you meant, right? That's a good point. Yeah, so it, it, it yeah. solves problems for a lot of, of people, but yeah, not, yeah. For the, not for the top players. Hmm. Yeah, you're just going to get back to Technical Prime and then it's square one, back to square one. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, A change that all, literally all you have to do, yeah, is yeah, do this, do this rank reset thing, cool. Go back to how it was in season one. Go back to how it was in tag two, mm. where it's like poor, you, season you one know, rank system was good, man. Like yeah, it was good. It was they sh- they should have just they should have just made it so that you can promo off of a lower rank. Because after you hit Suzaku or Mighty Ruler, you couldn't promo off of a lower rank anymore. Yeah, and that that yeah. was that was a big problem for for us higher rank players. So they they could they could have changed that at the rank bar, and everyone would have been happy. Yeah, like, the rank bar was big because we we had need. to get, we had to we had yeah, to guess exactly we had to were, guess right? like how close am I to promo or demo? Yeah. Like, yeah. So now, so now what they've also done is uh, you lose m- less points than you win. So now, if I'm deathmatch, let's say me and Mihawk having a deathmatch, and we go win loss, mm-hmm. win loss, win loss, win loss, win, and that goes on for like maybe I don't know t- half an hour. We're yeah. both going to be on promo, and no yeah. one won more Silly. over the other person. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. That's below Raijin rank, that's what happens. Above Raijin, yeah. there's no pity points anymore. But that was the major change to the system that came in in season two. It didn't seem that big to me, and then just look how the inflation spiked. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's obvious that a tiny change right there has like massive implications for for global distribution of rank. So mm-hmm. I honestly think that 
looking at that pity point system where you can get consistent promotions by by uh, you know winning losing fifty fifty is uh, another way. But again, we're talking about the vast majority of online players, not about the top rank. But it would you know act as a filter for how many people get that far as well. Uh, I'm sorry, just in trust, but I, I actually have to go now because uh, my husband's come back from Japan, so I need to welcome him and stuff like that. So, no worries, that. That's really sweet. Has, has yeah, no, thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, good, good luck with the rest of the podcast. It was All great right, talking man. to have you. A have a good one. Have a good one. Have a good day. See ya. All right. And then there were four. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I guess let, let's continue with this this list of what, what um, Dino thinks are un- uncontroversial nerfs. We talked a bit about Akuma. Uh, down three should be um, minus 16, uh, not minus 11. I think we can add a bigger hurt box to his jump as well so that everyone can mm. can, can punish his, his can anti-air him easily. Um, yeah. Or take all the jabs and add a hit box on top of their hands because we have no other moves that I can think of where we have a problem with hitting too high. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to think if there'll be any unintended consequences from that, but probably not. I mean, I think it'll be easier just to fix Akuma than than to change ev- the other 48 characters. But yeah, like in in Tac Two, in Tac Two, I, I don't know if you guys, uh, I don't know if you uh, frame and you uh, Arya played Tac Two, but in Tac Two there was like this universal tech assault move oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, gave a bound. Two and five, they could yeah. have something like that as like an anti-air if they wanted to have a move that deals with Akuma equally well. They could add that, but much easier it would simply be to just lower the, the jump the, or extend his hurt box while he's jumping and lower his height a bit when he jumps. It's, yeah. I don't know. Makes yeah. Sense. yeah. Um, all right, so speaking of 2D characters. Uh, let's move on to Geese. Uh, one, two shouldn't track as well or should be worse on block. It takes him longer to do, but he can still just kind of fart around doing this and down forward one until he builds the bar to kill you. So less tracking on one, two, basically, and less um, and more disadvantage on block. How much is it on block right now? Isn't it super minus already? They already nerfed Does anyone when know? came to season three. Exactly. Like... I'm I'm looking it up as we as we speak, but maybe someone in the chat knows like how much is Geese's one two? I think it's more than minus five, but I'm 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 just checking to be certain. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, minus seven. So I think minus seven is reasonable and it's fine in my opinion. Yeah, and ever, especially especially since every follow up after that is launch punish. So one two one is launch punish. One two one two is also launch. Okay. So um, yeah. he takes a risk. He takes a risk if he continues uh, with the pressure uh, with, with that move. Yeah, hmm. I'm kind of uh, fine with Geese uh, in season three. Yeah, right. I hated him in season two mainly because of the down jab, but I'm kind of fine with him right now. Yeah, I I, I, I think he's cool now. I think he um you know they they took away a lot of his annoying kind of. Uh, they they nerfed his down forward one, his jab string. They took away the um, low jab into you know natural uh, the you know the count hit combo. Yeah. Um, and they just gave him some ridiculous comeback potential, like the, the biggest. Yeah, I think his game. damage his damage output is a little bit too much. But I really like in 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 general how they managed to um, how to add a KOF character to Tekken. They did that really well, as opposed to Akuma, for example. Yeah. They did that extremely well. Like, he, 
he has a lot of core mechanics that Tekken characters have, like as in really good movement, good backdash, good sidestep. He's known to be one of the characters that has the best movement of the male characters. And um, yeah, he, he still has his like own combo mechanics from his game. And that is cool because it's not, it's not game breaking. I mean, you could argue now the parry is this and that, but there is ways to fight it, you know, mm. which is what I'm trying to say. And it feels... I think I think we all agree that it feels more fun to fight geese rather than Akuma. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take geese every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. He's a lot more. I think he's a lot more Tekken. And yeah, like yeah. you mentioned, the most important point, and you can't stress this enough: the fact that you you know you feel like you have options. You know, like yeah. you know that, that's yeah. what we spoke about with Demon Flip. It just feels like there's there are options, of course, but it's like come on, it's yeah. Mm. And if you if you if you guess wrong, you're dead. I don't know. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. Exactly. The only problem with Geese really is that when you get comboed by him, it goes on for a really long time, and it's just it locks you out of the match for quite a while, which can be frustrating because he will carry you to the wall, put you on the wall, put you back on the wall, put you on the floor, pick you up, talk to you, and then put you down again. And it's, I mean, I've, I've I, honestly, I did a move one time. I don't know if I've told this story. Um, and I saw Geese start to parry as my move came out. So I knew that I was launched and I got up and went to the bathroom because I needed to piss. And I, I washed my hands and I wiped and I came back and sat down and grabbed my controller <laughs> before he was done comboing me. I'm not joking. That's a true story. Now I have a small one, one or two, two room apartment. So my bathroom's right there. But the fact that I can have a bathroom break while I'm being comboed, imagine if you're like, I like, I want to play the game, you know, and you're just sitting there watching, uh, you know, main man do a multiple wall combo, death combo. Um, um, yeah, I'm, that's the I'm, one thing. Otherwise, I think he's fine. I'm going to throw this out there. We talked a little bit about, um, about Tekken and like, if we'd like to see innovation in Tekken or whatever, if you call this a refinement or an innovation, I don't know, but I really think, um, in the future of this series, they need to reduce the length of combos. Just they, I think the combo system needs a good looking at because it's 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 just dull <laughs> watching a combo go on for so long. It's 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 just not fun. It's just. I mean, the overall yeah. animations could have could have been or could be changed entirely. I I think you mentioned a really really good point when you were on the on main man stream the other day where you had like a interview or a discussion or whatever uh, where you said that. It would be so nice if they would make it so that each character has individually expresses himself through movement. Yeah. Where, like, let's say, I don't know, where, I think you mentioned Kazuya, where he does like a different sidestep because he uses yeah. a misstep, where it looks different. Or Marduk, you, yeah. it's a bit clunky. So it, it just it just adds a lot of charm to each character individually, and um, that like could be important. really something. Yeah, especially with with nowadays graphics, like they could easily do that. PS 5s around the corner. Yeah. Imagine for Tekken Eight, you had like unique sidesteps that all look different, different intros. Then maybe the item moves that uh, Frame was mentioning that everyone has this one one per match uh, move that you can use. Yeah. Th- there is there is uh, things that you could do. I mean, this is probably a topic um, for, uh, we should explore in, in another podcast in detail. But mm. if I had to summarize what I'd like to see in the, in, in the future of, of Tekken, it would be um, more bespoke animations in the movement without slowing it down. In fact, the opposite, whilst uh, making it nippier and more expressive um, mm. and just better all around. Um, I'd like uh, to see a 
another look at the sidestep system. I want sidesteps to be more consistent um, mm -hmm. overall. Um, but I think if you the, the danger with going too far in that direction is, uh, for example, tag two, uh, step guard in tag two was a bit much. And I think stepping should have a commitment to it, but it should also be consistent. So if you step mm. in the right direction, you get your reward. But if you chose wrong, then you should be punished for it, essentially. Mm. Um, and yeah, shorter combo, co shorter combo system, basically. Something that just gets to the point easier. I think high damage combos is a... Um, it's a core element of Tekken, considering how st um, strong defense is in this game. You know, there's no chip damage. Yeah. Um, you can backdash while you can block while backdashing. So when you do crack open a guard, you should be rewarded for it. But I don't think it should be like launch, blah 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 blah, screw, blah 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 blah, wall blah 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 blah, blah floor break, blah blah blah. You know, rage up, blah blah blah. You know, it's just it's just insane. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that the the damage needs to be reduced. Someone did a graph, uh, Irish player. He did a graph showing kind of where we are in average um, damage per like person's launcher and main launcher. And we're getting into the 80s, man. You know, like 74, 75 isn't even seen as that ridiculous. That's kind of normal yeah. now almost. And yeah. um, that needs to go because, you know, back not even in Tekken 7, I'm saying back in my day, so then I, even in Tekken 7, you know, 65 damage was seen as a high combo in yeah. the open. Now we're getting 75 out of nowhere. And, you know, some people get in 80s. Out of yeah. sort of conversation, it's like then everybody also gets wall wall flats because of the screw system and because of small stages in Tekken Seven. So uh, yeah. this needs to be looked at. Maybe the scaling of combos needs to be looked at a little bit now to to, to reduce that down a bit. You know, because uh, it becomes yeah. then one combo, one wall splat, okay from the flip over because you got flip over now from um, uh, on the floor and stuff. And it's like okay, you one combo could pretty much be the round now for you and. Yeah. Um, Let's let's have a look at that. I'm not saying get rid of it completely, but let's hone yeah. it down a notch. The wall carry is a very important. The wall point carry is the main issue, I think. I, the wall carry is the main that problem. That is the main the issue. Yeah, it's it's because it's because back in the older games, you really had certain characters that were excelling Except in that regard. Like Lee, that Nina, Lee, Nina. They they were like known as the characters for good wall carry, and you could always see a skilled Lee or a skilled Nina if he was able to do instant wall saying one loops, yeah. back two loops, just just so you could see, hey, he really practiced that, and he's able to do that at any, any given point. Now, I'm not I'm not I'm not shitting on Geese because I, I earlier said that I like Geese, but Geese's wall carry is extremely easy for what it does. It's not hard to do three dash jabs into. Uh, quarter circle back three and you're at the wall or same with Julia you, you like the scrub version of Julia's wall carry combo is press forward forward four uh, forward forward one three or four times and then you get the screw and then you go while running two one and you're wall to wall on a big stage it's super easy it's super yeah. easy it's not yeah. it's not special anymore it's not unique anymore and I kind of I kind of missed it that um that seems yeah. to go away. And on top of that, what you mentioned with wall damage in the open as well, Heihachi used to be one of the characters in season one that was known for his high damage with his electrics and stuff. And now yeah. it's like any character can express Guaranteed. that. Guaranteed but on top of that, on top of that, they also have better wall carry than Heihachi has nowadays. And so they get better wall carry. They have you at the wall. They have better okay situation. You guess wrong, you're dead. Yeah. That's what Tekken right actually, now is. And actually, yeah, yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, by virtue of the system, chimed in. Sorry, sorry. I just want to say, Myk in the chat yeah, chimed in that he thinks the the site 
if this is the new standard for wall carry, the stages need to be double the size. And then I guess that's, we're going to technical limitations, like can these that's stages exactly double the size? That's exactly what I wanted to come yeah. to. I wanted to jump in here because there is a, a skewed relationship between the damage of a combo and the size of the life bar. There's a skewed relationship between the wall carry of a combo and the size of the stage. And mm. there is a, a skewed relationship between the length in time of a combo and the time on the clock. And mm. so I've seen so many people offer these solutions where, okay, we make the stages bigger or we make the life bars bigger. But all you do then is you create more design space for the developers to keep letting the combos grow and the wall carry grow. Uh, and it just becomes even more ridiculous. And now you have like one minute combos and, and whatever. So I, I do think that scaling that stuff down and limiting it is the solution instead of just keep you know, scaling it up. And I think it's a symptom of... It, the game is old now. It's been out for a long time. When you keep adding stuff to it for that long, then this is what happens. But uh, I think looking at scaling is the way to go. Either damage scaling on uh, uh, more damage scaling on each su- successive hit of a combo, or increase the scaling. You know, when they they fly further and further away during a combo and just limit the hits. Because if you play Soul Calibur or even Tekken Revolution, you notice that. A short combo can be extremely satisfying and fun to do, especially if it has some oh, yeah. fun technical aspects to it. Some just frames, some you know mid combo sidesteps, some stuff like that. You can do like a four hit combo in Soul Calibur that feels better yeah. than than most technical combos. So. Guess the point. Guess the, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Sorry, Spag, okay. you wanted to you wanted to say something. I, I kind of just. Uh, what I was going to say. Hang on. Let me think. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, by virtue of the new system, you know of um, of of tail of tailspin, you know, because I think that really. It definitely um, the tailspin now, uh, the way that it works allows for easier wall carry and all that kind of stuff. Like it's kind of already been mentioned, but it's 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 kind of nerfed certain characters in a way, in a, because they were known for their wall carry. They were known yeah. for the big damage. What is Lee special when you for give it now? Every- yeah. What is Nina special I mean, for now? Yeah, yeah. So Nothing. in in that in that regard, it's like you've or you've kind of nerfed them by mm. virtue of this new system that you've implemented, right? And so. And I think I think it's a fallacy to believe that you know if we give everyone the same tools or give everyone the same strengths, it's like we're gonna have a balanced game. No, actually, uh, we yeah. had through decades. You know, these these characters have their specific things, and uh, and that's what made it balanced. It was that everyone had strengths and weaknesses, and I think that we've seen a little a bit of a shift towards getting rid of certain characters' weaknesses. And there's not much we can do about the system allowing for people to get to the get to walls very easily. I mean, what are they going to do? Make the make the stages bigger? What are they gonna, they're not, they're not going to do that. But it's like at least let's not try and address characters' weaknesses or think that we have to. You know, yeah. like and- like Mihawk mentioned before with the hell sweep. Actually, as a Mishima player, yeah, it was a it's, it's a it's a big weakness that you could sidewalk left. But the fact that they made it homing is like no. Now you're getting rid of the whole fun behind using Mishimas because now as a Kazuya player. Now it's not cool for me to do a wave dash cancel whilst anyone. Now I have to just now I can just do hell sweep. It's boring. So yeah, yeah. they need to think about this man really deeply before doing. We, we, we've talked about the screw system a few times on this podcast. Actually, I, I think once actually it was with, it was with um, Spag and Frame that actually it doesn't make sense from a fighting game logic risk reward perspective because it means that your highest damage combos are from the middle of the screen. Yeah. Um, like in a fighting game, if if you are the aggressor and you manage to through movement push the opponent and put their back towards the wall, you should get a reward for that in 
extra damage. Like I, if you look at a 2D fighting game, corner time corner combos are like higher damage than mid-screen combos. In Tekken, it's the exact reverse. It becomes even more of a problem when your highest damage combo is not from the middle of the screen, but when your back is to the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can go from this yeah. wall behind you to the other wall if you're Julia. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. and so you're at a strange kind of advantage when you're losing the spacing game, which is weird, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It doesn't really make sense. But right, lads, um, we, me and Mihok actually have a, we have an exhibition that we're doing. We're doing like this, like sort okay. of Madrid versus Barcelona thing on the UI YouTube. Oh, that's so really cool. gonna, We have to, yeah, we have to go. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah, have yeah. to go do that. Mihok's on commentary. I'm gonna be streaming. Oh, yeah. So yeah, uh, thanks so <laughs> much for having us, man. Honestly, it was. It'll be hey, on the UI. Else, guys. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll see you in the chat. Nice All right, guys. Awesome. Best of luck with that. Take care. Thank you. Thanks thank for tuning in. Yeah. Cheers. All right, and then it became a nice cozy intimate chat the best one <laughs> oh yeah no no actually I, I it's really cool actually having a one-on-ones because you can really kind of i feel like with a discussion where when there are lots of people sometimes you can no one has a single voice and you gloss over a topic without ever getting to the core of it so um, there's the time lag issues which is annoying i was noticing it this time as well because you know we got somebody in america somebody in germany and if, if it's just half a second, everybody starts talking at the same time and it becomes difficult. Yeah, but we're both on the same tiny island, you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, if anyone doesn't know, Frame is, is really close to me. We, we both live in southern Japan. Um, you're actually in Kumamoto. You were in my city like, like a few weeks ago. But I was down there, but what happened was now with the floods and everything, yeah, yeah. I had to get down there and I had to get, I wanted to get back the same day. And the rain started falling right as I was yeah. getting on the train. And the person was like, get on now because there isn't going to be another departure today. You're going to be stuck here. So I would, l- would love to like hang around and come visit. But yeah, yeah, no, uh, like, I hear you because, like, what was it? It must have been two weeks ago now that I was literally thinking, should I cover my entire house in plastic so things don't get damaged? Because there was a real risk of my home getting getting flooded. Um, yeah. yeah, that was that was a fun time. It's been <laughs> weird. Yeah. yeah, been a weird year. Um, but I guess you know, let's let's um, plow on with this list. There are still yeah. some characters. So- Actually, you know what? Now that you're here, I want to talk yeah. to you about Elisa. And I think okay. I think this character is massively yeah. underrated. Nah, she's crap, dude. No, she's not. <laughs> she's not. She's not. I think she's the most underrated character on the entire roster. And especially after you, um, yeah, you helped. Well, you basically wrote the Elisa script, and I played around with her. Uh, I yeah. think especially after the the buff she got. Uh, what was it like? In the latest uh, Moonlight, yeah, Moonlight Four, four into EX Dive Kick, uh, Instant Dive Kick Three or Quarter Circle Back Two, which gives you, um, I mean, you could sort of do it previously, but the down three D. Oh, you wanted to guaranteed wall combo. Uh, she, you know, potential guaranteed follow up after four four three three on hit, but that wasn't really that big. But it was enough of a change that the character in my opinion, remain low tier, but mm-hmm. had some life breathed into her. And she at least, you know, moved a little bit on the tier list. And it was honestly enough to really invigorate me. And I think a lot of other people who play her, I've got a lot of Elisa players in my sort of viewer community. And we talked about that. And so uh, it just goes to show that you don't really have to do much to a character 
um, when you buff or you want to like improve a weak character, you just have to give them something in a spot that has really been itching, you know, uh, poke range or jab range for Miguel, tiny bit, and then all kinds of possibilities open up. Yeah, I. This is my thing. I, I she's so focused on her wall game. Um, yeah. And her wall carry is so good. And she's so intimidating at the wall that I think that being able to knock down a character with Moonglide 4, pick them up with the EX dive kick, and then take them to the wall really changes her dynamic completely because then she gets a legitimately scary low that can turn rounds around. Um, yeah. And and for that reason, I would say, like, if you're on a wallless stage, she's kind of just, just a nuisance. I th- I say she's bottom 10 on a wallless stage. She yeah. she can kind of fart around and throw fireballs and she's hard to approach, but she's not you can you can wait her out. If you play patiently enough and you don't walk into a, a counter hit, um her damage potential on waller stages isn't great. Um you can play a slow patient game and, and whittle her out. Most characters can beat her. But Completely on a wall true. But there you go. The fact that you've struggled that much to compete on a stage without walls is really a pretty significant weakness when we have that many wall of stages, you know. But I think on the other hand, conversely, on a walled stage, I think she's potentially top 10. And, and I'm not shitting here. I think no. she's insane. No, seriously. Like, she can she can dictate the pace of a match. It's so hard to approach her. And then all the time she's building meter. She's building meter. You're on the clock. There is this pressure to get in. There's this pressure to get in through this wall of fireballs, through these slippery evasive dive kicks, through these counter hits. And then at any point she can moon glide in. Then you're at a mix-up situation. She can literally just press, you know, forward and three. And, and then her approach is very easy in that respect. She can moon glide in and then you're in a mix-up situation. If she guesses correct, you're at the wall and then you're in a terrible 50-50 situation. She, she's like, without walls, she's a character without, an, without, a, um, without a game plan. But with walls, yeah. um, it, it, it totally changes the dynamic of that character. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, you, you have good points with everything you're saying. And of course, I'm going to be biased because I just yep. think of all the ways I, I usually lose when I play this character. But um, uh, for for example, you talk about her building meter. Uh, unlike Akuma or Geese, uh, Elisa having a lot of meter doesn't really change that much about her. Uh, she gets the EX option uh, from down three into wall splat at the wall, which is mm. one of the reasons she's so good there. But, mm. um, you know, it's not like her EX Moonglide is um, uh, a low into a guaranteed launch. And when she has two bars, if you have multiple bars on Geese or Kuma, you death combo. You can burn both of your bars with an Elisa combo and not get 65 damage. Um, you can extend your wall carry uh, by burning a bar at the end of a standard combo and you get like 64 with meter burn and stuff like that. So um, I agree I, with, with some of what you're saying. It's just that sometimes you run, this is the whole thing with her, right? Mm. I agree. I can like rely on all of her tricky stuff and run through people online, but every once in a while you run into somebody really good who knows what to do. Mm. And then you're uh, such a toothless animal. And I think when we're talking about tier lists, we sort of talk about, you know, what are what what is the potential of the character in a seriously competitive match, right? I think that's why people don't bring her to tournaments because 
then you're playing against somebody who really knows, you know, how mm-hmm. to not stand and wait for Moonglide, but maybe, you know, move to the side and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree that she's, she's a nightmare until the opponent figures her out. Um, she's much, much easier to win with in the first match than in the revenge match, for example. So right. one and done is a good strategy with her, but now you're a fucking pussy who uh, doesn't want to play death matches. So uh, I think it's a problematic design, and I have my my views on her. But I will agree that like if I still think she's kind of shitty, but if they leave her the way she is now, I'm happy. I I but I I legit think she has a a really solid game plan with walls though, because without again I'll just reiterate what I said again. Like without walls, I feel like she. She's a bit annoying, but ultimately it gets nowhere. But with walls, you you have a reason to approach. And if you have a yeah. reason to approach, you have a reason to walk into counter hits. Uh, but if you don't approach, she's building meter and she can she can take you to the wall. And the, at the wall, she's one of the just arguably like one of the best wall yeah, games. The game. pressure is more plastic than you imagine. There are many more ways of escaping it than you think. It's it's less mm-hmm. true than it seems. Um, and um. What was the other point I was getting to? Um, I was looking at the chat and I lost my train of thought. They were talking about down three range uh, being really bad, which is a, a huge thing. Um, in open ground. Oh, yeah. In open ground. About, you just talked about counter hits, right? So the counter hit you can walk into when you try and approach her is back one, two, mm. which is a good move with good range. And it is a standing, counter hit. Long standing shirt. four as well? But standing for it is, is, is not that good. It's it's kind of a, it's, it's very yeah. short range, very high yeah, hitbox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of got left behind when they buffed Elisa's version of that move and not hers. But the back, the back uh, one two is good, but punishable on block. Uh, if she does the extension to try and deal with a punish, it's walkable to the side. So it at least involves a risk trying to apply it. Whereas you know, I don't know, Dragonov's running two. That's the constant example. But that's a, a counter hit move that, in my opinion, doesn't really involve risk unless the opponent is going to risk a very. Uh, uh, a risky side step or walk, which they might fuck up and then get hit because of it. So, I, I see your point. It's just that you need to um, lose a couple of games against somebody really good with her, and then uh, you feel less confident about her. But you know, I could be talking out my ass and she's busted, and I'm just you know I, a fanboy. Yeah, no, I I, I just feel that um, when, when people say that she's terrible, I, I just think. Maybe this would have been true before you could get a legit combo from Moonglide 4 and take them to the wall. But um, now there there really is a reason to be scared of her offense. Um, and there really is a reason to approach her. Um, and that's what she wants you to do. She wants you to approach. But I feel like we're just... She wants, you to, approach. She wants you to fuck up on the approach, but what if they don't fuck up? And what if they go in with something that puts you at frame disadvantage and now she doesn't have any pokes? Uh, she can do down jabs and then they low parry the down jabs. I yeah. mean, we could go back and forth indefinitely, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, like her counter game, like like MYK is, 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 is chiming in the chat. Like her counter game is legit good, like um, especially from her low jab. I mean, her low jab is probably the best low jab in the game in that respect, well, next to Akuma. It's um, well the fact that you can uh, go into like dive kicks and stuff, yeah. I guess. But you know, then if people are good at movement, they can deal with that as well. Mm. Depending on the matchup and whatever. Like I said, it's um, 
it's not completely clear cut, but I wouldn't call her a strong character. Okay. okay. A, a, difficult, a difficult to play against character, uh, for sure. But um, again, I, I, I'd agree with you on wall of stages, but I think she has real untapped potential on wall stages. And I think maybe top 10 is exaggeration, but whatever. Like there are at least 20 top 10 characters in this game. Yeah. I think she's strong on a wall stage. 40 top 10 characters and then a couple of dog shit characters who can't compete. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Miguel. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about Miguel. I, um, like, what would you like to see for Miguel? We, in we talked about it on the podcast when we had Sefi on, and, and yeah. um, I was happy to hear that, that him and I feel so similarly about the character. Uh, I think he has uh, an issue with safety. Um, yeah. He usually has to uh, expose himself either to the risk of being block punished or of being ducked when he mm. tries to uh, apply any kind of offense. He has really good move. His back dash is amazing, but then his whiff punishment is really weak, so he can't yeah, really rely on he can't, defense. He can't, yeah, he can't capitalize off that great movement because his yeah. Punishment so what what we've been talking about uh, a lot of Miguel players from the start is that he needs just better range on a lot of standard pokes, mainly jab string, uh, maybe 2-1 as well, and uh, so that he can use his, his jabs to open up offense and reliably 10-frame punish, which he can't really do right now because of the bad range, and I think mm. that would give him some space to lean into a particular playstyle, which would be a little bit more bulldog and a little bit more aggressive. Yeah. Uh, because now you go in and you try and apply a lot of high octane offense, but then you know somebody ducks something. Yeah. Um, it's not really in favor. My main problem with the stronger characters in the game is that they usually apply their favorite moves without ever exposing themselves to risk. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes a, a war of attrition where if two characters are playing one another, uh, one takes risks and one doesn't, then one is just going to beat the other in the long run. He he got some really really um severe nerfs in, in season three. Like of course the biggest one being his savage down back three, no longer forcing crouch. Uh, yeah. Savage down forward two is yeah. is uh, reduced pushback, so it's pretty easy to yeah. punish now. I mean, I think that I think that's deserved. That was that was kind of ridiculous, especially in, against some characters. Um, I I agree to an extent, but I also feel like a character should have a couple of things that are maybe not ridiculous but stand out powerful. He, yeah, no, I I do agree on that. Yeah. Like your your defining move, like your god. Yeah, so the savage your... mix up was like a thing of his where he could like, okay, I really want to apply mix ups from this awesome stance, the the largest stance in the game. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, but you know, the, 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 he did get the safe um, savage too, and the, the the good thing about that is that it catches sidestep left, and Miguel's yeah. classic weakness is like sidestep left to a crouch, like. Step left crouch beats a lot of his savage, savage yeah. opening, you know, his savage offense. Um, savage 2 mixed up mid uh, from Savage was a, a cool change. Yeah, but I do agree. He kind of feels like he has a lot of okay moves, but he doesn't really have anything that really makes him stand out. That really that puts the fear of life into you. I think I said in a, a video that I released the week before season three came out that I thought Savage down back three was his best move. 
Yeah. Uh, in the entire game because I've been playing him like all month and I'm like, holy shit, Savage down back three. I can like go to its tip range and manually enter Savage mm. and then just chop their legs off and really threaten yep. them and I can mix it. And so the fact that they attacked that specific move uh, was probably bigger for him uh, than we realized. Mm. Uh, he's good at ball bouncing, but that's... You know, is anybody else frustrated with the fact that most of the time when you wall bounce, it feels awesome, but you end up getting exactly as much damage as if you yeah. just walls flat? You yeah, know, a, a smidgen more, but yeah, generally it, it, yeah. it's um, it's more lip service than anything. It just allows you to wall splat from a, a longer distance. Yeah, uh, that's the main thing, really. It looks cool, uh, which matters. Even that, I I, I think this. I, I think it's a bit. I think it looks a bit silly, to be honest with you. It, it just it looks kind of artificial. It's like, but um, I yeah. don't know. Like in general, I want to see less characters flipping and bouncing around in tech, and I'd love to see a more grounded sort of combo system. Yeah, um, I think it's like what um, people are dropping in the comments on my videos every day now, which is nerf everything. No, that I mean, that's that's uh, that's kind of something we can all agree upon. That um, yeah. we said this before that we're in a Tekken five point to DR situation where um, Tekken five came out and it was ridiculous, and it was infinitely improved by a smattering of nerfs to the best characters, which resulted yeah. in Dark Resurrection. So um, generally, I, I do agree that you should try to buff before you nerf. But, you know, everyone's been talking about power creep and we're in this situation where a lot of the characters just exceed the limits of the system. Yeah, exactly. There's that famous, uh, I don't know if it's Core A Gaming or whatever, but there's like a very, uh, one that's like always in your recommended videos on YouTube called uh, uh, Buffs Over Nerfs or something like that. It explains like how it's better to keep buffing things than nerfing them. And uh, I love that channel and that it has amazing uh, production and the guy yeah. who makes it is smarter than I am. But I disagree completely with the message of that video. Depends entirely on what meta and environment you're looking at. And the right. issue in Tekken right now is the strongest characters being so strong that the game becomes uninteresting to play. And so mm. the solution is not to take a few characters or the characters quite a few characters who aren't at that level and bringing them up to that level and then, um, you know, keep scaling and making it bigger. I, uh, yeah. it, 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 when you have outliers that are this powerful, it, the issue is to bringing, uh, issue, issue is trying to bring everybody towards a middle where the average combo damage is in congruence with the time on the clock, the size of the stage, uh, and the size of the life bar. No, I, I agree. And I think a lot of the best balancing decisions for Tekken 7 from Season 1 to Season 3 have been nerfs. Um, yeah. I think I think with Korra Gaming, I mean, uh, JL comes more from a 2D fighter background, and in Street Fighter, they're much more conservative with their balancing adjustments. Um, but Tekken has has frequently gone to a place where, like, these, these characters are just too strong. Like... Tekken 4 was ridiculous. Tekken 5.0 was ridiculous. Um, so it really depends on, I guess, the development team's um, balancing philosophy. Um, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, you know, I think we can all agree that there, there, you know, um, nerfs are needed. 
I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of approaching the end of this list that Dino wrote. Um, Leroy. Yeah, if I think- you want to finish it, let's go. But I, I only play a few characters. It's not like I'm going to have in, in, insider well, knowledge on all this, but we can try. Uh, four more. So, Leroy. Um, yeah. Parry, oh, that's parry, easy. Yeah, easy, right? Uh, parry follow-up punches should be punishable on block. Yeah. And less tracking on his health sweep. I, I think yeah. that's very uncontroversial. I mean, um, yeah. When when did tracking hell sweeps become a thing? Well, haven't you heard? It's very <laughs> very sad and boring when somebody just keeps sidestepping your mix up. So we have to have homing high damage knockdown lows. Otherwise, it's not fun to play. And somebody I, I, made a tweet about that. I, I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't heard about it. But uh, I think you, you you talked about this too. But um. Down 3-2. I think that's the bigger problem. Down 3-2 is the entire issue for me. And the first time I played the character in practice mode, the day he came out, I was shocked by it. And then, you know, everybody always goes to Horong right away. He has something similar, which means it's okay. Um, I think it's uh, a really bad design. And my main issue with it lately is my opponent will abuse it and I, I space it out or something, you know, or they whiff. Mm-hmm. And then I, I try to capitalize with a whiff punish, but because of the uh, auto parries connected to Hermit, uh, the fact that he fucked up and whiffed, yeah, it's you very know, hard to punish. He, he still gets the uh, uh, he still gets the damage. He still fucks me up instead of the other way around, which is an issue. But down three two is huge for me. That the tracking hell sweep, and I, then I think you've done enough damage that he can keep the rest. Yeah, I, I think it's broadly analogous to Horang's down 3-4, and then he can do Flamingo forward 4 to, to punish you, if, if to, to interrupt you if you try to punish him. And for some characters, that string is a non-issue, like Brian can do Fisherman Slam, it's whatever. But for other characters, a lot of other characters, it's a legit pain in the ass. Like, if you if you correctly duck a down 3-4, if, or if, if they whiff it, it's really hard to yeah. punish. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't generally like strings like that I, I i feel yeah exactly you can't say well because this move is like that then that's okay I exactly i mean sentiment. low pokes for me in tekken we talked about what's the essence of tekken but this is a big one low pokes are in a way the alternative to chip damage in this game because if you mm-hmm. keep blocking in a game that has chip damage then you're still losing life over time in tekken mm-hmm. you block by not ducking Mm. and moving backwards, but people can stack lows on you. And then mm. the whole question becomes, when is this person going to duck? And am I going to predict it and be there with a mid? Mm. That is like very close to the essence of a, of a basic mind game in this game. Yeah. But, and then you have big uh, low pokes that can give knockdown, sometimes combos, but they have to be slower and they have to be launch punishable on block for the most part. What we don't have in general is unseeable, really fast, low poke, into frame advantage yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, up, it's anomalous know? isn't it there are not many yeah. characters that have something like that and it's basically just i'm trying to think uh well miguel savage was something like that but again that, that's from yeah, the start there are exactly. mitigating factors to it you know and that's gone now basically uh because you don't get the it's the not gone point. it's still a good move but yeah. it, it's still the low i would recommend out of the stance over march I, of tyranny but it's it's much much worse um like I'm trying to think, laws down back three is, is pretty good in that respect. Uh, but look, yeah. the the ones that lead to the really um, oppressive mix up are basically exclusively Leroy's down three two, um, and uh, Horang's down three four. And and on Leroy, I think it's a bit more egregious because 
Harong has has clear cut weaknesses, in, like as we mentioned before. Um, They're very but, different characters. Yeah, yeah, and he he can't play neutral particularly well, which is odd, you know, because he's supposed to be the kicky guy and kicks are supposed to have range, but whatever. Um, yeah. But Leroy has good neutral. He has really good panic moves. He has it all. So the fact that he has this on top of everything else. Um, mm. we've talked, we've, we've, we've bitched about Leroy before, but, um, he was yeah. kind of designed to be this jack of all trades, master of all trades character. Um, and yeah. I think if you do that, the only way to really make it work is don't make a master of all ta- trades, make him jack of all trades. Fine. Give him everything. I exactly. think it's kind of boring, but make them kind of. That's exactly the way I, I would put it. If you want a generalist character who is good at everything, they have to be kind of good at everything. They can't be the best at everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the problem with with Leroy, and and I think yeah, even if you remove the um, tracking on the hell sweep, then down three two is still an issue. You can sidestep down three two though. Am I? Yeah, am I, but Myk is making a good point in the chat as well, which is I mean I talked about why those lows are a problem in a recent video. Um, when you have good lows, it empowers all of your mids. It empowers your orbital because when somebody's constantly scared of your lows and they're going to duck and you're mixing them up just by standing there, it's why Devil Jin's Hell Sweep is, is, is such a nightmare to play against. And so um, I think he just becomes, the mix-up becomes amazing because of the the oppressive lows. Yeah. No, I, 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 I like it's going back to a statement you said earlier. I, I like how some characters have a defining move. Like yeah, we were mentioning uh, Miguel's Savage Down Four Two. It's gone now, but like you know, your God Fists, your Jin Ford Fours, the character, the moves that really define a character. And you know, your Steve Back One. Uh, I guess Law Three Plus Four Four Nine. Though I hate that move. I think I find it so boring. Um, but yeah, again, you know, if if you want to make Leroy a generalist, then you can't give him all of you can't give him all of those moves. Basically, that's not the way to go about it. Um, so, okay, so we talked about a bit about Leroy, and then the, uh, last couple of characters, Fakum Ram, and, um, Dinosaur's suggestion is, just delete him and announce Tong Yoon from Urban Rain will be taking his place. So, I'm not sure you know who, if you know who, Fergus, uh, I have no idea who that is, but Fergus talked about just removing Akuma, and now we're talking about just removing Fakum Ram, which is... Sounds like super cynical and, and reductive and, and all that, but I have to be honest, when a character design is so like far like with Leroy we can fix some frame data and move some stuff around, but with fucking Rom it's uh, a range issue and a hurt box issue which is tied to the size of the character model. So you kind of have to change that to fix everything else and it's what's this? This this is uh Tong Yoon from Urban Rain. I've actually ever played a. I never actually played an Urban Rain game, but I know that I think Paul and Laura are one of them. This I don't know. This character looks pretty sick. This character looks pretty Which sick. Which one? There's like fifteen of them. It's like a, is this Smash Brothers? <laughs> it's all the same person. I think you could pick like four of the same character. Okay. It looks awful, dude. <laughs> yeah, it does. Don't add anything from this game. Just, uh, I think, bite the bullet, admit that you fucked up when you try to make like a really big-looking character, and just fucking change his body and morph him into something that is shaped like a Tekken character, um, and then uh, 
you have to address the range, and then you have to address the damage, and then you have to... I mean, there's so many uh, things that are wrong with this character that it... it um, yeah, just delete him and add whatever instead. I don't care, but if he, I would be happy with him gone. Um, I, I mean, I think if you were to take a stab at fixing him, um, that that standing three is the biggest problem. It's so dumb. It's a It's it's thirteen frames. Takes up half the screen, and there are a million options yeah. from it. Um, so I think that should be at least fifteen or sixteen frames. It should have a bunch of whiff recovery added to it too. Um. Yeah, but the fucking running Hopney, which is like Dragonov's running too, but with more range and uh, very linear. Uh, that, one, that move, very yeah. But I mean, and then the strings. Um, yeah, the um, problem is like he does strings, right? He's doing these strings and these moves, and whether he hits or gets blocked, he's almost always pushing you to a range where he can still hit you. But his you optimal can't range, hit his optimal range. Yeah, and it's that allows reason. him to ignore frame uh, advantage or disadvantage. He can just keep on attacking. It's yeah. It's the same reason uh, Jack's forward forward one was so oppressive in season one. Yeah, because he does it, and then uh, yeah, he's negative. But you know, you're both at Jack's optimal range again. And if you try to approach yeah. him, he can just you know down forward two or whatever. Um, yeah, and it's very hard to sidestep or get around it. It's just you know you can't just look purely at you say oh this wall this is minus frame so you know you can I have my turn now. No, you have to consider like pushback and optimal ranges and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I it's difficult with, to summarize how to fix the character, but slice him in half and then do it again and see what happens. But he has to be neutralized right now because he's such a he's a uh, he's a turd in a punch bowl. Okay, he's a, a fucking piece of shit and something that's supposed to be like really sweet and nice, and he's just contaminating everything. And and it's seeping into the hearts of the global community, and it's making everybody like suffer in a way that is almost like uh, spiritual. So I think, like, for the sake of the community, uh, you need to uh, do something really dramatic. And if he ends up being worthless because of it, then I think uh, it's just a sacrifice yeah, that we I, have to make. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, we talked about this on the last um, Wave Dash, that, you know, character like... Falcon Ram is basically what would happen if Gigas was good. Uh, if if you know um, a, a very simple character with extremes amount of range, an extreme amount of range, uh, and he also has amazing movement, which Gigas certainly doesn't. On that topic, exactly. um, one of the things that really makes Falcon Rum stand out is his back dash, and yeah. uh, this is probably a huge risk to take for a seasonal update. But instead of nerfing Falcon Rum's movement, yeah. what would you think if everyone's back dash got better? Everyone got a Falcon Rum back dash. So you we nerf moves, but we buff movement. <laughs> right? Buff Tim movement. Nerf <laughs> moves, buff movement. I think everyone likes that. If you take the universe and you put it in a hot dog bun or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah, like you know, it, it's it's probably a massive risk to take for this game that's been balanced for the past five years around this backdash. Um, but I would be all for it. It would it would Give you know. me 10 days and invite me back on the show and maybe I'll have an opinion on it. But there are just so many things yeah. uh, that would change. So many, like what just popped in my head, like Zafina's Scarecrow 1 plus 2. Like if everybody could backdash out of it when she tries to mix it up in stance, 
Well, because right now the only body who can reliably do that is Zafina herself, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, um, it would be such a, a fucking with movement in general it, in the whole it, game would be so massive. So I, I don't have... It would change I the game. No on a very, well, look, um, La- Landon made this great video about Elisa in that she can force other characters by virtue of her excellent backdash. And to a lesser degree, her sidestep as well. She has a great backdash, great sidestep. She can force other characters to play classical legacy Tekken. Um, but, uh, yeah, she can force other characters to play her game. Um, yeah. Whereas they can't. So, for example, a typical offensive flowchart in, in, in an old Tekken game would be a move. So let's, let's, let's break up in chunks. Move punctuated by movement then another move. Um, and the reason you need to do that is because you could dash in with like a down back three and you're at a frame positive situation uh, from like a low poke. And the defender could back dash out of that. So in order to close the gap, you need to do a forward dash. So move, movement, move. But in Tekken 7, because the back dash is weaker, that is simplified to move, move. Because you can't, move out of it it's it, it's hard it's it, it it sounds confusing because we're talking about move and movement um, i understand and- what you're talking about it's it's kind of like the guys were saying earlier how tekken is about having all these options and mm. i think what you're getting at is if everybody had more agile movement then now you open up all of these options and yeah. that could neutralize some of these really ridiculous offensive packages that some of these characters have yeah. Uh, so I completely see your point. It's just uh, I'm thinking of like uh, all of these different scenarios, what might change in matchups. So uh, I'm not smart enough to answer the question, I guess. But uh, I think you have a point, but it's probably something that I you look at when you create the next entry in the series rather than going in and messing with it now because... Uh, I don't know. It just sounds a little bit crazy to me, but I, who knows? Yeah, I, I it, you know it would be a massive shakeup to the meta, and you know characters like Mishima's would be top tier, probably unquestionably. Characters with strong whiff punishers, a character that can um, backdash into a fast whiff punish. And hey, do you know why Mishima's were always top tier in any game before Tekken? Well, Tekken Six, basically, um, and that's when they started chipping away at the movement. And hey. Backdash was really strong in Tag 2 and Mishima's were top tier in that. Um, but yeah, like I probably should have said instead of move, I should have said attack. So a, a classical um, offensive flowchart in all Tekken game would be attack, movement, attack. But now it's just attack, attack. Maybe your your second move in, in this flowchart might be a move with, with innate evasive properties. So if, yeah. you, if you had a frame disadvantage situation, like a down forward one, to a high crush or something, but it, it, you're basically removing this element of it, attack, movement, attack, and just attack, attack. Um, and it's more about just doing attacks and less about linking up, uh, linking them up with movement. You basically have less options. It's less expressive. Um, and if you I dig- think it's super interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, but it yeah, is yeah. something I think uh, you, you talk about, like before you even start designing uh, characters or stages. This is like one of the general like objectives you have when you construct it. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't know. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't think they'll do it. They won't. But um, this is another topic uh, for another day. But uh, if there's yeah. some, if if there's something to this is something I'd love to see in a future iteration of Tekken. So Maybe we also have to be careful because Tekken Tag 2, we talked about it like nostalgic today and how we, we liked some aspects of it, but it was a worse game than Tekken 7, according to almost everybody. One of the main issues being yeah. well, movement was very fluid and some people liked that, other people had issues with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, like, do you, do you have, like, MYK is bringing up um, the Virtual Fighter sidestep system. Uh, and, I, and I talked a bit about this it, like in, in an earlier video. I'd, I'd love to see elements of this brought into Tekken, but not wholesale, because they're, in some ways they're completely incompatible. So in Virtua Fighter, when you sidestep a move in the correct direction, you hear a whoosh, and you have a 100% success rate. Um, it's like binary. The game will, will read, ah, okay, you sidestepped in the correct direction. Okay, so it's like a side crush. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You are completely invulnerable during it. Um, it's either true or false, basically. Whereas Tekken okay. is not like that. Tekken is all about hurtbox and hitbox interaction. So there's a large degree of variance. And that's why it's so inconsistent. Um, yeah. But in Tekken, you can do something called step guard, right? Which you can't do in most of a 3D fighting game. So if you make the sidestep in Tekken too strong, it becomes ridiculous. You can do step guard, step guard, step guard, and... You're taking very minimal risk for potentially massive reward. Um, so I would love to see elements of the virtual fighter system insofar as sidestepping in Tekken is more consistent. I basically want to, if I sidestep in the right direction against your mid poke, I want to get a reward, basically. Maybe. Um, I mean, I guess I'm like an old boring man and a Tekken purist, but I feel like moves are becoming so good and characters are becoming so good that they're neutralizing how effective movement is. So do you buff movement so that movement becomes effective against those move lists or do you try and not design moves like that and you try and tone the, the attacks down so that comparatively movement stays uh, really effective? I would prefer that because that feels more techy to me. Mm. But... What the fuck do I know? Um, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. I don't it's, know. You know, it's a, it's about. I think when going forward with the future of, of, of Tekken, you sh people shouldn't be afraid to kill some sacred cows. Uh, I, I you know is Step Guard good for this game? I don't know. I mean, I I what I'm all I want is a consistent sidestep. I want a sidestep that is functional, um, and for that reason, I would like the whole sidestep system to be re-examined in Tekken. Um, maybe take some elements of Virtual Fighter, but adapt them. Do something new. I mean, it's it's been literally over a decade since the last Virtual Fighter game, so surely we should have learned something about how to apply 3D movement um, and make it work in a video game by now. Surely we have some new ideas. I mean, yeah, who I, 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 knows, dude? You're, you're giving them way too much credit. I think you're playing with fire and what you're saying, <laughs> it could be genius, but you could also roll it out and kill the franchise. Yeah, but you know, we, we were talking like this is uh, touching on the topic about Akuma earlier. I'm glad yeah. Akuma's in the game, despite his warts and all, because he he represents um, a push towards something new. Um, and I, I'd infinitely prefer that they take this idea and batter it into something workable than just saying, well, that rather than just saying, let's stick to this very rigid idea of what we know Tekken to be.
Um, I, I really respect that opinion. <laughs> but you clearly disagree. You're like, yeah. mm. <laughs> which is fine. absolutely fine. That's fine. We're all we're all we're all adults here. We can disagree. Who's the next character? On, who's the next character on the list? The next character is uh, only a few more left. Uh, Nina, so simple. General hitbox issues. I, I don't think there's any any disagreement here. I don't play Nina, and you don't see many Ninas these days. But I'm, I, my my Twitter feed is awash with Ninas doing things and it missing. I I, uh, I remember they they gave her a running three four, running four three for season three exclusively for the purpose of of wall carry, and it doesn't work yeah, half the time. Yeah, they did that to a lot of characters. Uh, Elisa yeah. got it. Uh, Jin got it. Uh, Dragonov got it. A lot of characters got a big thing that sends you di- diagonally towards the wall. Yeah, the flippy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I don't know. I I think Nina is. We talked about underestimated characters. I think I, she has hitbox issues. But if you fix them, I think she's uh, pretty good. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm be frank. I haven't, I haven't seen much Nina. In Tekken Seven, so if 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 you were to push me on opinion on that, I, I I don't want to talk about something I don't really know. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure if you're a Nina player, it must be very irritating to have your you know down forward one kind of glitch through. Yeah, neither of us play Nina, but we can all agree that when a move just seems to melt through something when it should obviously be hitting, then yeah, that's a problem. It's basically a bug, right? So yeah. I agree with that. I don't think she should have the safe orbital limp hand thing. It really annoys me. Oh, up forward too. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I like I, that that, in, in Tekken Five, that was ridiculous. It was such a ridiculous Oki tool. But yeah, I you know again, I'm not really a Nina expert, and I, I don't want to talk about something I'm not very well versed in. Uh, King forward two one. This should be jab punishable on block like Armor Kings in Tekken Tag Two. Forward four two one. one. Is that the, the big the elbow uh, to, to punch? Yeah, yeah. That second um, hit is duckable, right? It is duckable, but uh, yeah. But he has <laughs> four. But but it, it, he has forward two down one two, um, to catch. Right. Practice. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's the one that uh, Margin really likes, and then he delays it and he tries to launch yeah. with the final extension. Right. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And just the reasoning for all this is forward two down one two is really ugly and a scrubby looking guess by the wall. Um, but yeah, I think yeah four two one should be just mainly used as a whiff punisher. It shouldn't be. Uh, uh, you know, it's. I agree I that. Uh, I mean, if you want to regulate King, I, I, the thing that always stands out to me about him is that he has extremely oppressive Oki. So I would probably yeah. look at, uh, at um, changing how much guaranteed stuff he can collect anytime he puts somebody on the floor. Mm. Um, I would worry less about that. Uh, I mean, I'm not super quick because I'm old and stuff, and. Uh, uh, I've I've lived a hard life, but I can still duck four two one. So yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and mix it. I I don't I don't particularly have a, a problem with that move, but it's probably mainly because the Tekken players I play against don't use it. Yeah, it's a small thing. I think I think on this list that came at the bottom, and it's probably you know it's 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 it's, it's very minor compared to the other stuff in this list. So just to reiterate, uh, yeah. pull down forward two should be more easily with punishable. Paul Ford one plus four should be much more punishable on block. Um, that's the part of the podcast I missed, right? 
Oh, yeah, you probably weren't here for that. But yeah, Pull Down Forward 2 is notorious for being very hard to whiff punish and, and being very evasive against jabs. It also it crushes eyes, which it shouldn't, and it has yeah. too much range. Yeah, it's just it's just an ugly, generic move that, you know, Paul is not meant to be a defensive character, but you can see a lot of success with Paul by just standing in one spot and doing a bunch of down forward two. Yeah, he has jacked down forward two, basically. Yeah, it's it's quite, it's really frustrating. But it's really frustrating. Yeah, yeah. And, and going on from that point, Paul forward one plus four, an extremely evasive. Uh, what is forward one plus four on block? It's minus 14 or it's minus 14. Please correct me if I'm wrong there, chat. But yeah, like we, we were discussing that it should basically be launch punishable by the entire cast. So make it minus 17 or even minus 18. Yeah, it's minus 14. Um, so Fine. again, like Paul is a is a aggressive archetype. So him having a ridiculous panic move and a ridiculous keep out move like that. Um, you could call him an aggressive character because his attacks do much damage, but then he's back swinging and laying that thick-ass tracking leg across the entire screen mm. uh, and keeping you out with that and launching you and stuff like that. I think you can play very defensively with him as well. It's just that all the online Paul scrubs don't want to learn how to do a proper back dash on a back sway character, so they tend to attack instead of moving backwards, but yeah, I don't know. Well, you know, his, his, his thing is supposed to be... Um... You know, the demo man, Death Fist. Uh, yeah, you think of attacks when you think about Paul, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to push him towards what his intended archetype is meant to be. Uh, the other ch- change was Elisa's Power Crush, down forward 1 plus 2, make it minus 14 again. Oh, the new Chainsaw one. Yeah, yeah, because it, that that's yeah. a really weird move, because it, it's the only armor, uh, armor move in the game to... Where the armor activates at six frames, not eight frames, and it legit seems like a bug. I asked, I asked um, Cuddlecore, like, is there a reason for that? And she's like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it, it legit seems if like a I had something to do with the fact that, as as far as I know, I haven't looked at it since it was implemented, but it's the same. I think when you're out of stance and when you're in stance, mm. and it might have something to do with them trying to keep it useful with respect to the frame data of her in stance, uh, but then she has the same activation frame when she's not in stance. That would be my guess, but I I haven't looked deep into it. But um, it's a really good move, and I agree that her chainsaws, she can kind of chainsaw Vortex right now, you know? Mm, yeah. No, her, um, her, her destructive form is, is ridiculous. Well, it's not the most powerful offensive stance, but for a character who has such strong neutral and movement... She can steal rounds with it occasionally. She can make yeah. really, really great, strong comebacks. Um, the next, um, what is deemed to be kind of uncontroversial nerf is uh, Heihachi Devil Jin down forward two should no longer launch on counter hit because you shouldn't get a launch for a mistake, mistaken input with EWGF. So maybe okay. we, we suggested changing the input for down forward two and up forward two, uh, reversing them. So you don't have like uh, the classic Mishima player excuse of like the wave dashing into a down forward two and then it launches. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I intended to do that. I wasn't trying to do electric when you, you know they're bullshitting you. Um, yeah. uh, Steve, fairly uncontroversial. One one two shouldn't jail. Doesn't even make sense. What's the point of his one one down one if one one two does? Uh, Did you know that Steve's best matchup in the entire game? I'm not surprised. I, I think Steve against no, it's, Elisa it's is really, really irritating. Funny a good character and everybody talks about how good he is but he eats fat dick against specifically Elisa and Safina in my opinion 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I look at win ratios, I do I do really well against him because I just don't have to deal with his stances and stuff. I just go under and over. I, um, so I don't really know if I uh, I can't comment on nerfs because I don't really struggle. Uh, it's like my uh, apart from Chloe, I don't think I've ever lost against the Chloe. Mm. So that, but I, uh, Chloe, so, but what do you feel like as a Steve player? Like uh, those are dinosaur suggestions, right? Do you think that they're correct? Yeah, I totally agree. I I I, yeah. I would. Yeah, like, you know, uh, Steve 112 being both safe and jailing, it doesn't make sense. Because he has, he has, you know, it, it, 112 should be used pretty much exclusively as a 10, 10 frame Punisher, minus 10 Punisher. And he has 1-1 yeah. one, one down 1, so it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. If, um, you know, the whole point of that is that um, if you want to duck the last hit, the 1-1 one, one down 1 will, will snuff you out. Uh, yeah. The other suggested nerf is... No more down forward two to duck on whiff because that's really really frustrating. Yes, uh, yeah, so you, you can whiff and be safe. Yeah, like we, we were talking about this earlier. Like generally, as a Steve player, you get used yeah. to whiffing moves and not being punished for it because that character is so hard to whiff punish, and yeah. it'll just force Steve players to have stronger fundamentals. And I'll add, I think I don't think Rage Drive two should be able to go into a duck cancel. Because uh, and that will basically remove the mix up on block and reduce the wall carry and damage on hit, and yeah. make it easier to whiff punish. Uh, we talked. Yeah, and, and, I agree completely. That sounds fine to me. Yeah. Um, law three plus four four. I think we talked about that. Um, I think the suggestion was in the end with with the with the group is maybe not even make it uh, a launcher anymore. Make that his his new rage drive too. Make a launching extension into his rage drive. I th- I think yeah. that's. Uh, a fun idea and uh, yeah. unless I'm missing something, it sounds yeah. completely reasonable to me. I think, I think if three plus four, four was exactly was it as it is right now. And it didn't lead to a screw launch. If, if it just led to a knockdown, it would still be a really good move. Yeah. People uh, are talking about it being fine and it is fine. And unless you, um, people can conf- situation confirm it and get the launch. You can, that's you can when whiff, it becomes good. You can whiff confirm it. You can whiff confirm yeah. it. I don't think you can't hit confirm it, but you can whiff confirm it, which is how it's yeah. used. Um, Akuma down three. I think this is um, completely unambiguous. And Akuma down three, we talked about a lot, but also yeah. range on down four for me is big. Yeah. Um, I would I would like, you know, despite what is down four for on, on block, it's like minus 18 or something. But a, a big thing about it is that there's no um, crumple block stun. There's no stagger um, um, block animation, which doesn't make sense in the context of other sweeps in the game. And even though it wouldn't really change the punishment situation for a lot of characters, I mean, I guess, yeah, you could get a delayed hop kick, but it's not that massive of a difference. It, it, it Mentally, it, if, you, if you get your um, sweep blocked and it results in this huge stagger block animation, you'll want to use it less. It's a, it does yeah. more mental damage. Um, and I yeah. think it's a big thing. Stuff like that is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Geese 1 2, less tracking. Leroy, we talked about. Uh, parry, yeah. follow up punch should be punishable. Uh, less tracking on Hell Sweep. Down 3 2. Um, I, I think that this should be uh, combo on count hit only. Um, but yeah. Fakum Rum, just do something about standing 3, make it slower, easier to whiff, punish. Um, bunch of other stuff i mean that's that's just the starting point with fucking rum nina yeah. the hitboxes and then king yeah that's the whole list 
that's the whole list. I mean, chat, do you have any, do you have any objections with any of that? I mean, I don't, I don't think frames. Hey, something I wanted to bring up with you. Um, I, I don't know if, if I'm being trolled without noticing it, but I saw something in the chat earlier. We're talking about Steve's one, one, two, and they're like, no, he should have that because he's a boxer. And one thing I thought was so fucking hilarious when people are talking about uh, Leroy is that he should be the most powerful character in the game because in the real world, the martial arts, the martial art that he uses is the most effective one. Um, As if like, it makes any sense that that should have any bearing on what happens in the game. Um, and again, I've seen so many times, so like the first couple of times, I'm like, that's a pretty good troll comment, but do people actually believe that? I mean, if because if we want to have that conversation, you know, which character in the game would have the most powerful martial art in the real world? I think it's pretty obvious. It's the fucking grizzly bear, right? Yeah. <laughs> or the devil, devil incarnate. Yeah, or, uh, I mean, you know how you see grizzly bears when they walk around and they have that jiggly hump on the back right there? Yeah, yeah. That's not like a camel hump or anything. That's all muscle that is all yeah, yeah. connected to the front leg so that they can dig giant holes. Bears are and terrifying, man. Bears yeah, are- I've seen like a video where a, a, a bear stands up and it karate chops uh, an elk in the back and it breaks its back <laughs> just with its hand like that. Uh, like, it's the bear. Right, yeah. Like imagine putting up someone like Sh- Xiao Yu up against... How much does a bear weigh? Like... <laughs> I... Don't know how much a grizzly bear who knows karate and is that big weighs, but um, I don't. I mean, yeah. Marduk. There are some ridiculously large human characters who also know grappling. Mm. So I don't know, like, if Marduk can get side control. Uh, uh, Kuma has very short legs. I don't think he has a very strong guard. So I guess if he gets him down, but then, I mean, they would. Uh, the I, weight class is different. I I've heard that if you are confronted with a bear in the wild. Uh, yeah. What you should do is don't run, yeah. um, don't make eye contact, yeah. and uh, I think, s- I- am I wrong here? Um, you are, like, I, I, what I've heard is that if it gets you, play then dead. you play and do nothing, because, yeah. you're, because if you're struggling, then it's still in like kill mode, but if you like admit defeat, yeah. then it's neutralized to you and you can move, and you can move on, but I... Yeah, no. I, people in the chat are saying you're supposed to make yourself bigger to try and scare it away. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess, but isn't that for like cats and hyenas? Mm. There's a famous movie. What's it called? Like the the gods have gone mad or something. No, there's like a little kid who's running across the savanna and he runs into like a hyena or lion. He's like a, a native kid, so he knows what to do. He picks up a piece of wood and he puts it on his head so that he looks like a foot taller. I haven't seen this. What is this? It's like a, it, it's a movie about, it's a classic movie about there are these natives who live in the savannah somewhere yeah. and a bottle or some sort of message falls out of a plane, but to them it just falls out of the sky and they see huh. it as some sort of religious thing and, and it spirals out. I don't remember the name. I saw it when I was like 10, but it's very good. I haven't seen this. Sounds interesting. Have you seen any yeah. movies lately, actually? I know you're a bit of a um, movie buff. I'm a big uh, horror guy. What have I mm. seen recently that was good? Uh, we last time I talked with you, we talked a bit about uh, Midsummer. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, because it was well. Last time we talked, it was like a week after the actual Midsummer uh, festival in in Sweden. Yeah. Um, I saw Relic recently. That was good. I've been, you know, I don't watch TV shows, but yeah, 
my best friend up here in Fukuoka, um, he's a, uh, he made me watch uh, this Netflix show called Mind Hunter with him, mm-hmm. which is like about some uh, sort of based on real events with the first people who started doing um, psychological profiling of serial killer, killer mm-hmm. killers at the CIA in the seventies. It's it's really well done. I think it's uh, David Fincher, which Fine. you can really tell. Yeah, no, no, so I guess that's pretty cool. What about you? What are you watching? Um, actually recently i i asked my uh twitter if they could recommend me any anime because i haven't i'm not a huge anime fan there are certain things that i like uh for example i really like cowboy bebop um yeah i really like um like movies from the 90s like akira ghost in the shell kind of like that cyberpunk uh sci-fi era of anime um, but when it comes to a lot of like anime, anime, I'm not a fan. Um, no. but, um, and I got a lot of suggestions. Um, who's, who's, there's, there's a guy I really like. I forgot, I forget his name right now. Um, he's, he's the guy who made, um, ping pong and, and, and devil man cry baby. Uh, I think he's the most interesting figure in anime right now. But anyway, um, I asked my, my Twitter about what they could uh, recommend and, yeah. um, Spag actually recommended me something called Made in Abyss. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Is it about something that is made in an abyss as in created, or is it about a French maid who's getting tentacled in an abyss? No, no, it's it's made in abyss. And made is M-A-D-E. Nothing to do with French maids, nothing to do with tentacles. Well, there are some tentacles, but, you know, it's anime. That's sort of a given. I mean, you know. I was Um, thinking it is Spag. I remember what happened when he went to the Yoshimitsu Discord. No, no, no. What, what happened? Tell me. Okay, I, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but uh, he was going into the Yoshimitsu Discord and he saw on his stream and he saw that they had like a tentacle not safe for work tab. Mm. And um, he thought he, he uh, took his screen capture away before he went in, but there was like a little window left so we got a hint of what people post in the Yoshimitsu Discord, and it was uh, risky enough that we were scared we were going to lose him for a while. Uh oh! I didn't, I didn't actually hear about this. This is, this is the hidden law. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Yoshimitsu. He's he's a wild design, and and his 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 whole um his ending with with Leo in Tekken Seven was uh <laughs> yeah it's, it's yeah. Awesome. Uh, but look, uh, talking about Made in Abyss, I mean, yeah. it, it, it kind of catches you off guard because it, it, it's it's presented as this kind of really cutesy anime with this really cutesy art style and the kids all, it's full of, all the characters are children, basically. And look, I think by the time I finished it, I thought it was an amazing show and I would recommend it to anyone with even the, the slightest interest in anime. But the first couple of episodes... Um, it kind of goes into this really uncomfortable territory where um, like one of the central characters is like, is like 12 years old and she's frequently nude. I can't, I can't watch it then. Well, look, the question is whether it's done for character development or whether it's done uh, to to sexualize the character. No, you're you're completely right. Yeah. And you know, the first couple of episodes I was like, spag bruv you know <laughs> what have you recommended me yeah. but as it went on you know it actually went in, into some really interesting territory and i think this was um 
this is a common uh, criticism, not just of Made in Abyss, but the whole kind of uh, anime industry, and to a larger extent, uh, this is a this is a prevalent thing in kind of Japanese culture. The yeah. the kind of the blind eye to sexualization of minors. Sexualization of minors and the most like disgusting and blatant uh, misogyny you can imagine. Like yeah. I don't want to go there because it's not the kind of thing I like to talk about in like content yeah. and stuff. But I used yeah, to watch yeah. a lot of anime when I was younger. I was a huge fan. That's basically how I learned the language. Um, and then I moved here and I saw what goes on for real in the society where uh, anime is made mm. and my ability to enjoy it went away completely and I can't I even watch it, it anymore. My girlfriend I, recommended a show to me that she likes called, I think, The Seven Deadly Sins. And she was like, it's really cool and we should watch it together. So we were trying to watch it together just last week and there are like two two female characters in it. One is like in a miniskirt frequently being like sexually harassed and groped yeah. by the main character. Yeah. And the other, uh, we are like giantess uh, who's like heavily fetishized. Mm. And it's, it's just to a point where it's like constantly nothing but that. And then like 10 seconds of story. And it, it got to a point where uh, I've almost completely lost interest in the, in the genre at this point. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's sad. And again, I, I, I know how fucking boring it is. To fucking bring up political shit like this when you're talking yeah. about shows, but for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like you know, it was that uh, Bakemonogatari, which is like a really uh, cool animated show with like vampires and shit, and then yeah, yeah. the guy is like mouth fucking his younger sister with a toothbrush, and he makes out with oh a, god, a yeah, 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 I heard about this, yeah, he makes out with like a girl in a like a grade schooler, but it's okay because she's a ghost who's been dead for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you're just trying to like fuck around and have fun and watch, watch what you like, I'm, I'm, I have no problem with it, but I just, yeah, it, you know, I mean, I, you live here as well, so you know what I'm talking about. I, you, I, when I, you think about the fact that the people who made it, this mm-hmm. is probably what they're actually like, then it starts to leave a really bad taste in your mouth. For sure. I, I remember um, when I first came to Japan, actually, I went to Akihabara. Yeah. And yeah. uh, there was, this, this is like this is a pervading memory in my mind. I went to, uh, you know, I went into this comic book store and this, just outside of it, there was this massive poster of like this eight, like clearly like an underage girl, but yeah. like, like drawn in the most, like completely naked, but with like some ribbon around, you know, her her, her breasts and whatever and done in the most yeah. sexualized way possible and it's clearly like prepubescent and yeah. this is just like outdoor in the open a massive poster and i thought how how are you th- why is this here and like I-, I watched a mom holding her kid's hand walking into the store and it's like kids are seeing this you know like how is this a thing how is this how is someone not pointing this out yeah. um and <laughs> I agree completely, but it also just makes me sad. Yeah. I, and Let's just talk about something else, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not this. You know, yeah. people tuned into this talking about season four tickets. It's taken a, a very yeah, no. I think what you and I need to do is I'll come yeah. down to Kumamoto. We'll go and eat some fucking raw horse flesh. 
which yeah. is a thing down there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, so it's not a hobby of mine. It's a local delicacy. And then we'll knock a few back and we'll talk about this then. Let's do it, man. Like, um, yeah. You know, like Kumamoto, um, yeah. where I'm from, like Basashi, um, which is basically raw horse meat is the local delicacy. Oh, yeah. uh, Karashi Renkon, which is uh, lotus root with mustard in it. Uh, Delicious. It is quite nice, actually. Um, and Basashi is, is quite nice. I mean, some people have an ethical um, objection to eating horse, but, you know, um, it's not bad. It's something I'd have every day. Were um, you in Britain when the whole... Uh, frozen you had horse meat and everything oh yeah 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 i remember that didn't really care <laughs> some people got really upset though that at the thought that they'd eaten a, a cute little like they had a little cute little pony in their lasagna and they yeah 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 i mean what's uh fukuoka what is what is it look like ramen of course we have uh, ramen. motsunabe which is tripe in a hot pot which is disgusting yeah uh, but we also have tonkotsu ramen, which is, you know, pork, yeah. pork noodles, which is really mm. great. Mm-mm-mm. Smells like ass, though. It's like a really nostalgic smell for me when you go through this town. You get whiffs of, like, really just smells like wet fart, but it's when they're boiling the bones to make the soup. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a quite intensive process to make that soup, actually. It takes, it's quite, it takes, a, takes a long time. It stinks. Yeah, yeah. You should watch the uh, How To Basic video on how to make it. That's the single funniest YouTube video I have ever seen in my life. I've made like 10 people watch it, including my parents. Uh, If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil what happens, but look up How To Basic Tonkotsu Ramen, dude. I I, I guess I just need to get a a few pork bones in now. (laughs) Where am I going to get? Where am I going to get a dead pig? Um, Watch it on stream, dude. All right, I might do that. might do that. Um, yeah, so I guess it's, it's getting pretty damn late here. It's getting to like, it's getting pretty late, dude. And I have to get into world of Warcraft and do a couple of fucking mythic plus dungeons, like a stupid person before I go to bed. I've, I've never actually, you know, I've never actually gone into an MMORPG. I I briefly played Final Fantasy 14, uh, for like a week or two, but I never got that deep into it because I could feel, uh, I could feel the, the pull the pull of into the abyss, you yeah, know. It's better to not get into it. I mean, I bought it when it launched. I was 14 at the time, and yeah. it's always been in the background since then. It's, it's uh, what do I play? I play, people are going to be upset now. I play a, a dwarf priest and a Pandoran monk. I'm a healer main, so I play Mistweaver, uh, Discipline, and... A holy priest on my dwarf, and then I also have an unholy dwarf, uh, Death Knight, uh, which I think might be what I play for uh, Shadowlands, and I'm playing some blood lately and doing some tanking. I like the idea of a vampire dwarf who, like, sucks blood and gets blood in his beard and shit. Yeah, I, you just lost me, mate. Somebody asked in chat. <laughs> all right man it was it was uh thank you so much for making the time it's great talking for tuning to in topic chat but um you know yeah it's the nature of things it's, it's the nature yeah. of things um but yeah that was um wave dash 13 on quote unquote season four most of it anyway and most of it, anyway. most of it. and thank you so much for tuning in thank you to frame whisperer's feet for bringing me that sweet sweet uh patreon money 
And um, yeah, cheers. Catch you later. It's been great, guys. Thank you so much, Chad.